Let's do this. Just watch. Duncan, I thought I'd be home for dinner an hour ago. Welcome to Highlander Rewatch, the <laughs> podcast where each and every week we talk about another facet of the Highlander universe. I'm one of your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. So the thing that's so baffling about that line is we did literally just see him eat dinner. <clears throat> so like, right. is he going to another murder mystery party? What is he doing? <laughs> I like that uh, murder mystery party. Dinner theater. Yeah. Yeah. Bread. Ooh. All the bread you can eat. <laughs> All the bread. Carbo you know what's funny? I, I never even thought about that. That like, that line doesn't make any sense. He really did eat. Like, that's crazy. All right. Well. <laughs> did he really eat though? He just had some, some vino. Oh, you know, that's right. He's so got he blood is, all over the and food. And there's, there's blood yeah. all over the food. Yeah. That's no good. All right. I mean, an immortal, they... They can't get like communicable blood diseases, so he could just eat the bloody food. That's sure. true. Just get in there. No reason not to. Yeah, I mean, I'm not communicable blood disease. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's that's literally that's the only reason. I could see I this movie doing that, but like uh, him just biting into a bloody roll. Right, and yeah. confused audience members would be like, "Why? Why is he eating blood?" And then like nerdy Highlander people are like, "Oh, they don't He's explain it. He's a Dracula. They, <laughs> they don't explain it in the movie, but immortals can't get like blood diseases." It's like, "Oh, okay." Another confusing part of this movie. Or, I'm sure we discussed this before. Can they get the blood diseases, but then it gets healed? <sighs> well, Duncan does say, "I can get sick or just could die from it." Yeah, that's there true. Those are words he says. I think we all deserve a medal like for. Oh, do, 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 do. <laughs> for actually talking about Highlander uh, in the first minute of this podcast. so That's yeah. true. Our, our, our listeners are probably like, what's wrong with the guys? Right. <laughs> right. Why are they talking about Batman or something? All of, yeah. all of his magic. That's true. I'm like Samson from the Bible. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. I'm weak I, now. Not Delilah. the Samson. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, I don't know. Which, what's another one? Is there another one? I'm trying to I think of know. one. The villain from the Dave Chappelle movie... <laughs> about selling medical marijuana as villain name the villain name there is samson damn what a pull what's that movie called high something shit half baked you talking about half baked yeah half baked that is called samson <laughs> samson i can't believe I remember that yeah, there you not go the name of the film <laughs> that's weird yeah. jim, jim brewer's in that movie i believe that's true i, I was Great. Yeah, it's... Jim Brewer. All right, great, great guys. All right, let's talk about Highlander. <laughs> yes, let's Highlander. Might right, this so be we... the last one? Oh, I kind of ish. Maybe we'll see. Uh, this is now episode nine of our 
nine of our continuing Highlander Endgame coverage. So this this our series of podcasts is what like four times the length of the movie, perhaps at this point, maybe yes. lo- maybe Easy. longer. Wow. According to Twitter, I, I read a tweet once that said, "If you're if your podcast about the movie is longer than the movie, then you fucked up." Oh well, uh, do you think we fucked up, Eamon? No. I mean, mistakes were made. No, okay, good. <laughs> I guess that's great. I'm we had fun making down. them, though. Yeah, sure. it's the journey, not the whatever. That's right. That is saying. Yeah, yeah. that's the exact saying. <laughs> it's the journey, not the end game, or something, right? Sure. Yeah. And, um, okay. Well, before we get into this movie, we're gonna play the old catalog game. Uh, so I'm gonna read a. <laughs> Uh, a description out of the 1996 Highlander catalog, and Colin and Amy are going to do their best to guess the actual retail price at the time of the item. Uh, within 20%, if they get uh, within 20% or closer, they get my respect and get to give their opinion at the end of the episode. This might be the only episode it makes uh, it matters, right? Finally, get to give that opinion. Might be. That's right. All right. Uh, and if they don't get within 20%, I get to give my opinion, which no one wants to hear. Uh, so Ooh. it'll be great for everybody. Yeah, well, that'll true. be no different whether you give it first, last, or in the middle. So you know. <laughs> that's right. Okay, so here we go, guys. Here is this week's item. Boom. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa, indeed. Huh? No rebar. No How rebar. To just some accurately bricks. guess without accounting for the rebar. I know. <laughs> All right. So this is item one twenty one caps. Here's the caps. description. Suitable crowns for the princes and princesses of the universe. Pick, <laughs> pick a hat Ew. that says, what's on your mind? Um, adult baseball caps available with the Highlander logo embroidered in bold red on black wool blend or the Joe's Bar logo embroidered in fluorescent pink on black cotton twill. For kids, a youth cap in white and cotton twill with Highlander. There can be only one silk screened in red. There you go. Wow. That one's only for kids. Non-kids yes. can't wear that one. Yes. But I, I my guess is it's like probably it's like because it's silk screened, right? It's like a cheaper, a cheaper kid kid hat, right? You can't trust these kids with all these hats. With the fancy hat. hats. Yeah. They're gonna right. they're gonna get chocolate all over it. Yeah. Sure. Keith, based on the hat you're wearing, I, I don't trust this advice, but this hat's lasted. This is great. <laughs> this hat's lasted. Is that your key farms hat? It is my key farms hat. <laughs> that fucking hat has been through the ringer, man. It has. What, it's been through the wash what, too. What you've done to that hat. It's been bleached <laughs> unsuccessfully. <laughs> nice. Great bleach so it can look like this child's Highlander hat. That's right. It's it's probably waterproof now. It's so like fucking dingy and greasy. <laughs> when you initially said they're all caps, I was like, but the one in Joe's isn't in all caps. That's true. That's in more of a script. Yeah. But All right. I guess I could guess first on this bad boy. Go for it, Kyle. And I'm going to guess that are, are the kids' ones a different price? It's all the same price? Uh, the kids' one is a different price. Don't worry about guessing Ooh. the kids' one. Let's just guess adults only XXX. All right. Adults only XXX has got to be $24.99 then. $24.99. All right. Is, is my guess. Eamon, how much would you pay for one of these caps? Or do you think they charge for one of these caps? Yeah, I won't say how much I would pay, but uh, for how much I think they're asking for, I'll say $19.99. $19.99. All right. Uh, Eamon, how much would you pay for them? Just out of curiosity. 
Mm, I don't wear ball caps, so zero dollars. Zero dollars. Okay. I would, you, I would. I would. I would not purchase one of these. Would caps. you? Would you wear like a wool cap? I would wear a wool cap. How much would you pay for a wool cap? I know this mm, is apples and oranges, but it is. But it's it's okay. I'll play your game. All right. Um, good. I don't know. Probably like twenty bucks at most. All right, twenty bucks at most. So you pay more for the wool. More for the wool, man. At least, right? one, at least one cent more. Yeah, I'll get I'll get utility out of that in the cold winter months. That's right. And then somebody can read Joe's and say, "Oh, you're a Highlander fan." Yeah, I I enjoy Joe's bar as well. No, there there's. I I wonder how many people would actually be able to identify it because it is just the word Joe's. Yes, right. If they did identify it, I'd probably have a heart attack and die. Sure. I mean, if I saw someone with like a jo- something looking like that, I would ask if that was Highlander related. Yeah. Because there's also a chance it's totally not and they'd be really confused, right? Now, would you ask anybody or would you kind of like look at them and figure out, is, does this look like somebody I can just go up to and ask a question? Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't want to you know un- why what are we talking about guys all right here let's, 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 get these hats. let's, let's talk about these caps they're not hats kyle they're caps Quite anyway right. uh kyle mm-hmm. you guess 24.99 amy you guess 19.99 this is true this is true actual retail price in 1996 was 16 dollars oh which uh so amen you're closer however not within 20 percent uh the cutoff was 19 dollars and 20 cents damn damn at 16.99 it was no, just $16 flat. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, oh, okay. I was like, is that math right? It is. It is right. I used the calculator and everything. Ooh, oh, good job. Calculator. All right. Thanks for playing. Deal. Great job. Wow, that's I'm actually a, that's at, a reasonable the... price for a hat. Yeah, it's not so bad. Because I bet that's like 20 bucks today. And I don't think people blanch, unless they're like really shitty, I don't think people blanch at 20 bucks for a hat. No. Yeah. How much does a ball cap cost these days? Not not if you're at the ballpark because they that's a premium. Well, yeah, I, I, yeah. I guess like I guess I don't know. Depends on what it is. Mm. Let's say so twenty bucks. Branding, baby. Huh. All right, great. Keith, Austin, or shot that you were giving your opinion first on this bad boy. I've been giving my opinion first most of the time uh, in this <laughs> extended uh, extended. Uh, podcast uh series here it's ridiculous okay so we should do a recap uh let's go recap following our caps yes that's right oh yeah how much did you pay for the recap all right who do you want to give it kyle you gave it last time and that's why i shouldn't do it this time amen do you want to do it or i could try it uh i can try it all right you want to all right i'll do it it'll be terrible if i do it should i try to do it as fast as kyle Yes, faster. It's a race. <clears throat> we're, we're in an eating race. Okay. Okay. Islander Endgame. Connor and Duncan go to New York and they get a hot dog. Connor says, watch your back. Connor goes to the antique store. There's a creepy man hanging outside of it. It explodes. Rachel's in there. She dies after she watches some videos of Connor and her doing stuff, which is impossible because they didn't have cameras then, but whatever. Uh, it explodes. Uh, the, Connor is full of shame and goes to the sanctuary where he's locked up and their doo-doo goes into a weird doo-doo trap. Cal comes up. He's an evil immortal. That. He kills all the all the immortals and they think Connor's dead, but Connor's not dead and he has a bunch of motorcycle goons and Duncan goes looking for him and uh, he goes to the antique store and all the goons show up and Duncan fights them and his old girlfriend is there too and she doesn't like him for some reason and it's actually his wife, not his girlfriend and he fights them. <laughs> 
and then he falls out and then the watchers kidnap him and put him in the sanctuary and then he gets broken out by Joe and Mythos who killed watchers and give him his sword back and they go to a cemetery and Connor's there for some reason and Kel shows up and says he's the architect of Connor's pain and they fight <laughs> Connor and Connor loses and Duncan's like what the F man and then uh, Duncan fights uh, uh, Connor fights Duncan Bro, uh, you're really losing uh, momentum here buddy and they, they have sex the, not Connor and Duncan but <laughs> Duncan and his old girlfriend and then she's like what the F and Duncan uh, killed her and she became immortal and she doesn't like that and uh, Duncan cut Connor's head off her right and then Kel killed all the Goon immortals at dinner. <laughs> wow! Very good. All right. Is it, it wasn't as good as Kyle, I don't think. But no, no, that was, <laughs> I was pretty good though. <laughs> uh, I love to see it. So we're now like at the very end. Like this is it. Finally. Yeah, I, yeah. This is it? So at this point, we we now get this like meditative moment, right? We're jumping mm-hmm. into the movie, the kata, right? So uh duncan is in like this empty warehouse like at two in the morning it's like pitch black mm-hmm. and he this does a like cool kata. Op- this is like yeah. the opening credits to the show it is like I-, I did wonder like if this was supposed to like kind of look like that at all or I is it just it that, like oh warehouses all look like warehouses so you know is he wearing he's wearing like a tank top isn't he he is a black tank top very sexy <laughs> right hubba hubba so what do we think of this it's good you know, this gets you a know. shrug. Well, I guess, you know, there's like a, a there's poetry. It's poetry because right. our, our first meeting of Duncan, he's doing like a kata. We see it again. That's fine, I guess. But I don't know. There's really no point. Yeah. I, I mean, I kind of like seeing Duncan do katas just as a thing. Like, he's good at them. Sure. Yeah. He's very He good. makes them work. It's a, a big part of the character. So I guess all of that's fine. But like, I don't know why we've spent so much of this movie watching him do them. I, I, this, this baffles me. Like, I don't, I do. What I does com- baffle me? <laughs> I completely agree with you, Kyle. Like, I love that Adrian brought the Kata thing to the movie, right? Like, that does seem like uniquely Duncan McLeod. Uh, but like, they don't talk about it. And I'm like, what is the purpose of this Kata? Like, they don't lean into like, hey, m- maybe Mac is like really upset about Connor's death and like can't face Kel in anger. So needs to like do a thing to clear his mind, right? Also, by the way, at this point, Dun- Duncan has never faced Kel, which I think is hugely problematic, but- I agree. Uh, yeah, so I, I don't know. I just wish there was like a reason to have this Kata here, right? Like it has to have some like deeper meaning, right? Story-driven meaning. Well, like- at this point, Duncan has gotten the powers of Connor. They should like they should do some type of illustration to show like Duncan's leveled up. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how they could show that in the context of this film, because they haven't really like we we haven't seen like any indication of Duncan's. I mean, I guess Duncan fought all those goons in the but he did okay. Antiques yeah. Yeah, he did like, fine. He didn't lose. He, like, he handled them. Yeah. Against five guys. <laughs> like, yeah. So, I if don't know. Like, like, what are, like, a thing where, like, Duncan was, like, trying to do a move or something. Right. Like, do it in the beginning of the movie. 
and that and now he can do it yeah you know what i mean or something or he gets a rematch against jin k and like beats jin k or right something. you know what i mean like which that's that's perfect amen like there needs yeah. to be an illustration of it right yeah yeah and and furthermore this whole thing like one of the one of the weirdnesses at the heart of this is in a vacuum does anyone think that like adrian paul can't handle bruce Payne? do you know what i mean like right like watching this film do you sit there and be like oh yeah like connor's definitely stronger than duncan like jacob kell's definitely stronger than duncan because of this math problem that joe does right yeah like that doesn't make much sense and right insofar as you're asked to to accept that like even the math adding it up doesn't work either right. so like fighting someone else like jin k or doing something like is part of the logic of the movie like it's asking you to accept this jury rig pres like premise about the numbers but then like you know they leave they in fact power up kel in the final moments perhaps more than duncan gets powered up by fighting connor right, right. like Jin K seems better than Connor. Right. He just yeah. does. Like he seems like a better fighter. Like, so why isn't Kel incrementally that much stronger now, too? Right. Because we only see Connor like fight a bunch of goons. He fights Duncan like 300 years ago or something. And then he gets his ass kicked by Kel, right? Yeah, like just housed by Kel. Yeah. But Connor's supposed to be more powerful than Duncan. And I just don't think anyone buys that either. Like, yeah. Duncan spends his free time doing katas. Connor, <laughs> I don't know what he does. He stands on top of a hill and does, um, like, sword moves. Oh, that's right. He does do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, you know, another doesn't... another way to structure this whole thing, like, we had talked in an earlier episode about, like, this should be a, a team-up film, like a posse film. Uh, like you said, Kyle, like, or both of you, we've all said that, like, there's no way Duncan can take, or Bruce Payne is going to take on Duncan. This doesn't seem to make sense. But, like, it could also be a, like, we're all guarding the king sort of movie uh, where Duncan needs to level up so he can beat, like, five uh, pawns in a row, and he gets injured the whole way. So that, that way, by the time he gets to Bruce Payne, like, they're they're equally matched, there's right? stakes. Yeah, there's some yeah. stakes, but, like, this, this doesn't make any sense. Anyway, whew. Good. I'm glad we yeah. talked about the kata for uh, longer than it was. So. <laughs> hey, they chose. God damn it! It doesn't make sense. Anyway. Hey, then how do we? Then we get kicked off with actually. I like the sound effect on this clap. It's a well echoed clap. All right, five I stars. Know, it was weirdly satisfying. Whoever the foley art, you know, artist was on this, catch yeah. a clap. Do you think because Kel did his own clap? Great question. Yeah, because yeah. now we are just. Duncan and Con Duncan and Kel are now just gonna fight. Yeah, they just show they're, he just shows up. They're just in a place and they're gonna fight. And that yeah. is where we are. Yep. And I guess I don't know that I needed more setup than this, but I sure you did. Come <laughs> on. Yeah. They just right. show up and fight. It's it's just bizarre. Like this he just killed Connor, and now it's like, I don't know, is it 20 minutes later? He's <laughs> jam. Yeah. It's really this is strange. 70 years later. Mm -hmm. uh, just find each other. It is weird, though. It's like even the show, like they'll put in a phone call. You know what I mean? Yeah, something. Like, <laughs> they'll do. Like, something. I'm at the thing. Ugh, if you want to see Lisa B again, come to, you know, 
Wellington Street. Okay. I don't know. Um, okay, so in this fight, like we start in this like church place, right? It's this big grand mm -hmm. place that's under construction. And do we spend any time here or do we just get the hell out of here and go to a basement? We get right to that basement, baby. Well, like yeah. they charge at each other at one point. Yes. Yeah. At one point, at the very beginning of the fight, yeah. they show and up. Bruce Payne says, I never knew you had him inside you. Ooh, <laughs> hot. <laughs> Which all, they are obsessed with that phrase about things yeah. being inside other things. It's like yeah, a I, Russian nesting doll fetish. I can't and decide if I like that or not. What's that? The The inside of you line. Like part of me thinks it's ridiculous, so ridiculous that I like it. <laughs> it's at least another... a little bit funny. Like a lot yeah. of what he does is ridiculous and prompts no response from me. Right. That's at least like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will say one of my favorite tropes in anime is like the two people charging at each other, doing like yeah. the sword draw thing. Does that work here? No. <laughs> They and they are running at each other for so long. Yeah. And they're yeah. just like grunting and howling at each other, like ah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's comical. Here's my problem with this. Like they run at each other and they're in like a hallway. Yes. And then they knock each other over. But I'm like, there was there was no ledge. Here, let's let's watch. Here's here's them falling over. We might we might have to go beat by beat, guys. Uh all right, here the running. Ah, Oh, all right. Go go back further. What a tremendously unsafe yeah. setup. Here, look at this. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, 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 I, I'm not seeing like ledge. <laughs> yeah, you're right. There isn't one. Yeah, it is. It is very unclear where we are in space. Like that does not look. How? Yeah, and now we're like in cool. a basement, which has like a ceiling. Well, and the, like, yeah, there's a like, ceiling. That's this what is I crazy. Yeah, they went teleported. Yeah, that's that's actually floor. watching it again. That's what I meant. Is like they fall, but then there's a roof over where they fell into. Yeah, it's so bananas, it's like, right? This it just fil filmically, filmically. That's not a word, is it? It it doesn't make sense. Yeah, and it's such a bummer. Like, I mean, again, this movie has like, I guess, a low budget, and you mm -hmm. know, probably got screwed a bunch of ways. Uh, mm -hmm. But like, they they had obviously conceived this like bizarre religious temple, and like, mm -hmm. I feel like in a uh, in a better movie, this would be like this final fight would have been set up the entire film because we'd learn about the the architecture of this building, right? Like we would learn that, oh, we're building an altar for whatever, or there's maybe a throne room for fucking Kel because he's like some weird demigod character, right? And yeah, then in the yeah. final fight, we get to like go around this this place. Like it gives us the, 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 the roadmap we're on, right? Anyway, whatever. Ooh, the roadmap, is that? The roadmap. Was that like a, a Barack Obama thing or what was that? The roadmap was that Hillary Clinton. Anyway, I okay, no, no. I don't remember. Good question. Huh? This, the fight continues. The fight does continue. Uh, should I just hit play and we like skip around it a bit, or let's or what, what happens sure. next? Call, I don't know. Call out what you got? All right, let's see here. People can see this. Here we go. <laughs> so okay. they're in this pipe pipe hallway. Pipe hallway, kicking Which leads into like pipe antechamber somewhere. Right. And Mac uh, is just getting like the shit kicked out of him. And 
So are they supposed to be channeling Connor's haircut with Duncan? Ooh. What? Really? Look at, I don't know. I thought this, I rewatched this scene this morning in preparation for this. And his hair is just like so floppy <laughs> all the time. I'm like, are they trying to? Maybe. Oh, interesting. I don't know. Create some kind of visual symmetry with the weird bowl cut that Connor was using. Don't know. Can we talk, can we talk about his, his like shirt and coat? We well, got this it. Is the we're here, we're here in episode nine. Yeah. So what else are we going to talk about? Yeah, they the look brown like, boy throwdown with like yeah, <laughs> they're like glossy. I kind of like them, and I kind of don't at the same time. I I want to feel it. You know, I want to like ask him if I can I feel, feel the it. Material, the material of his shirt. Sure, marks though. I mean, this is cool. I don't know what to say. You know what I mean? Like some <laughs> of it's cool and some of it's not. Look at his yeah, face. no, some of the, some of this fight is fucking awesome, and some of yeah. it is just like a snooze, or I've already seen it. Uh, all right, I'll mm -hmm. play again. We'll we'll move on a little bit more. Duncan, Duncan. Oh, oh, hold on. We got to talk about this. Where? I, I, where? I, I, oh, where did oh boy. I have this in my notes. I have this in my notes. So. <laughs> So what? Follow the camera. We're, like, what? Are, what are we looking at here? Like, what is? What are they trying to tell us to look at visually? So Duncan and Kel go down the hall, and then the camera just kind of drifts upwards. And Eamon, I think it's to what you were saying. Like, where are we? Like, I think they're trying to yeah. say we're gonna go upstairs a bit, but there's no stairs. Like, it, the camera just points kind of randomly at the ceiling. Yeah. So strange. Nope, we saw some of this. Sorry, guys. Boop, 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 boop. Here we go. Boop, 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 boop. Yeah. Up so there. And they're then, going like and, and then the camera's just over here like what are we like staring at the wall and now we're somewhere else like she's yeah. louise like is that supposed to tell us like the fight's just going all over the place <laughs> right that kick what do we think fucking cool yeah adrian man adrian paul is awesome oh he got a nice and now we're up on a catwalk yeah all right i also have to yeah, like how I have no idea how they got up there. Uh, in the the DVD, they teleported. <laughs> did you say teleported? Can they we teleported? Can we tra I didn't mark that right now. I didn't. Teleporting. You do that. Like, okay. He doesn't he teleport in the trailer? He does a few times. He he teleports in the movie for God's sake. All right. Damn. On the on the DVD commentary, right? The producers talk about they're like, we filmed it in this warehouse, and continuity was a huge like point of like uh like they were like we wanted to make sure the audience knew exactly where the characters were every step of the way and i was like are Wrong. you crazy like, <laughs> also that's like why you film in a random factory like this is like filming in the woods like you can just point the camera kind of anywhere and it's like oh it kind of looks like the same place like whatever right. and you just film around yikes this is cool yeah like some of this is interesting this is, yeah this is good I like this. I like the lunge. Yeah. Uh, oh, and Kel's like, bongo. <laughs> and like, one of the things that I never understand at any point of this is like how injuries work in the context of this movie. Right. Because Duncan the is straight up, he's like in the superhero. Okay, and now, <laughs> now we're just falling again. We're just falling again. The, like, that's the thing that's so nuts about this is they've already done that. They already decided to have a thing where the, the main character falls from a height. Right. Get here. And yeah. they do it again for some reason. And I don't, I don't know if this is supposed to mirror Highlander 1 
or just to, to be a device to get us to a location, which is how it's used in Highlander One. Mm-hmm. But like, I would argue that at least in Highlander One, like we're up on top of the studio, the Silver mm-hmm. Cup building, and like they use that whole location to great effect, right? Like we're climbing up on scaffolding, right? There's like uh, the, they flood the whole thing. There's a fight underwater kind of thing. Like there's all this stuff, and then we move on to like a new location. Like this doesn't take advantage of like where it is. It's just like let's just go to a new place and a new place, like. I don't well, know. We spend no time in that that the, yeah. the weird religious center. In Highlander one, like the final battle is on the Silver Cup building, and you have that big iconic sign, and then they fall into this like nicely lit dark room where there's a huge window behind them, and you can see all of New York City illuminated. Like that's a cool, like evocative place to have a fight. Yeah. And then even in Highlander two, the final fight is in a cool looking place. It's right. in like this weird room with a big beam going up. So it looks cool. Highlander three and this movie, they're just like, eh, we're just in like a, a, a abandoned warehouse with right. steam flying all over the place. It's just this like, doesn't seem that abandoned. There's steam everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, it's not like cool. Like the first, yeah, far be it for me to compliment Highlander two, but like, those had like iconic looking yeah. final battle locations that are awesome. It's and visually this, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. This I'm just kind of like, I've seen this. Yep. I've seen this already. Like, it's not like the move. The to me, the movie should be like should have the oomph. Like, this is a movie. This is like bigger. And this right. is just like I've seen this on like in six seasons of Highlander. I've seen them fight in places like this. It's right. just kind of kind of dozens of times. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I will say where they're about to go is pretty cool, though. I do yeah. like this is this is, I think, the only kind of place in this that I think is like, oh, at least this has like a look to it. And like, mm-hmm. uh, all right, let's move on with the fight. Oh, ouch. That is a good impact. Deep impact. Yeah, good impact. Boom. All right. And is this where we get recycled footage? And now we've yeah. already seen this. This is this okay. is unforgivable. All right, this is I, I'm gonna stop the share right now, and I know I've shared this story before, but I'm sharing it again because it's actually in the Highlander podcast now. All right, when I first saw this this movie, got it from the because I didn't see it in the theater. I, I don't think I was allowed to see this movie, but whatever. Anyway, got the double. You, were disc. you under Were you under house arrest? Yeah, I was under house arrest. <laughs> yeah. um, anyway, this movie or this movie came out what in the year 2000, right? Uh, so the DVD might have been 2001. Anyway, early DVD years, right? Like a DVD player was like a new thing mm-hmm. in our house, right? And so Ooh. getting this like DVD was like cool. Like, oh, like there's all these new features. There's like hidden menus, like super you great. Put the disc in. You put the disc in, right? The you can tell all the younger out. listeners how a DVD works. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, very important. This? All right. Anyway, point is, is that when it got to this part in the thing, I was like, oh, shit, the DVD is skipping. It's scratched or something. <laughs> and I am I am not joking. I am. I should have written a letter to, to, to the company. I, I'm not joking. I spent an hour, an hour trying to clean the disc, putting oh it back God. in. It kept. <laughs> and I was like, it skipped again. It skipped again because I was like, I was a Highlander nut. I was like, I need to watch this movie like complete. I'm missing something. There's some scene. It's not going to work right. And then I finally realized that like, oh no. my God, they tricked just, me. Just reused footage. Yep. Ugh. I wasted an hour on that. Anyway, back this to is, this. This, this fight. is like, did they even do like, they did this on the TV show sometimes, but I'm, I'm just like, wow reused fucking footage yeah in a movie a movie and also like what do we need this footage for 
What's the reason we we get to this location? Why oh, did they it's cut cool. to this? I forget. Padding, it's baby. Cool. It's just padding. Yeah. Padding, Spin man. Kick? Paddington Bear. Paddington, Paddington Three. <laughs> Is there a Paddington Three? I think there's crazy. Yeah. Paddington Endgame. <laughs> Paddington v. Madeline Dawn of yeah. the <laughs> Okay. Oh, fire. And now, like... So this is, like, where there was, like, an Whoa. end point before, and he just runs away. What's happening? I don't know. Unclear. <laughs> this is right. kind of cool. This is, I think this right. is cool. Like, this, 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 this feels neat. This set is rad. And reminds me of like Big Trouble Little China. Yeah. Also, I like that this like. Highlander three. <laughs> I dig this that this like impacts the fight too, like because they've got all this stuff. Like it actually changes the way the choreography is done. Like that's cool. Would you say it's off the chain? <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> this is no. In a minute, chain. they're going to be on the chain. Oh, sure. they're on the chain. <laughs> but like, I could watch a fight primarily set in this. Yeah. That's a good shot. I like that shot. And I think some of this was like taken out of the theatrical version, right? Or was this entirely out of the theatrical version? Anyway, crazy. Like, Duncan goes on a little ride for his sword. It's it's also I don't know what just happens. Like, it happens to be only one, one and only one chain moves and it's the one with his sword in it. Yep. And then there's this. So now we're like changing levels again. So we started on some elevated level in a church. We fell to a basement. Then we're up on a scaffold. Then we fall maybe two levels into a, a sub-sub basement. Then we go up a chain elevator ride, right? Just to the regular sub-basement. Yeah, like all over the place. All right. On the chain. On the chain. That's it. That's that's like part one of the fight. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So we got, we got some good stuff, and we got some recycled footage. Yeah. I, I will say that might be the better part of this fight. It is. Uh, because the climax of this involves some interesting choices. I guess we should talk about it. Man. Yeah. All right. Let's let's talk. So what happens next? So the next scene, we, there's like a little interlude. So Mac is getting like, uh, and this was like part of the clip at the top of the, the episode. So Mac is like bandaging his leg. And then, like from an office building across the street or something, this the the skeevy watcher is there with a sniper rifle. <laughs> Who is this character again? Why do we yeah, care no. about this character? Yeah. <laughs> so that was my first question. Also, I had watched the theatrical release twice before watching the producer's cut. Uh -huh. It was just how I had done it because sure. it was more convenient for me to play HBO. This does not happen in theatrical cut. This is all out. So when I saw this in the producer's cut, I lost my goddamn mind. Because <laughs> I was like, who is this character? I assumed he was one of the untold thousands that Mythos slaughtered breaking, <laughs> breaking Duncan out of Watcher HQ. And also yeah. like, what's he here to do? Like, why isn't he, and why would he consider shooting Duncan and not, you know, Bruce Payne? <laughs> yeah. The guy responsible for right. this whole fucking mess. So, me. all right, let's let's get into like. Oh, also, like, <laughs> says, do we want to say like Joe shows up and kills him? Yeah. So yeah, let yeah finish it up, Eamon. So what happens? But, so then, so Joe comes in and 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 they're like, Bleh, and he shoots him, and then he right. says, "Merry Christmas." Yes. Yeah. This this doesn't make sense unless you've seen the 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 rough cut. Because in the, 
in the producer's cut, Connor doesn't drop off the Christmas tree. Right. There's no real mention and, of Christmas, right? And there's no, yeah. yeah, there's no real Christmas decorations or anything. It's just, yeah. Well, th- there are Christmas decorations in the office, which is strange. Right. Yeah. Uh, Very strange. So the story of this, so I'm going to play, this is the alt cut version, or excuse me, I always say alt cut. I'm sorry, the rough cut. Uh, so this the is the Snyder reason, cut. The Snyder cut. The, the reason this yeah. is so confusing is because this scene was not supposed to take place here. And this is supposed to take place during the Connor fight. And it's during uh, the day. And the idea is, yeah, like right. you said, like why would he kill Duncan if Kel, like Kel's right there, shoot Kel. Uh, it's because the watcher dude is trying to like start the sanctuary up again. And he wants to shoot Mac so they can take him in. That's the deal. So this is what it looks like in the, the, the rough cut. So here's Mac on the roof uh, after he killed Duncan during the day, which is strange. Yeah. Again, I don't know if they were going to like all uh, like, you know, uh, change the, uh, you in here to look at all this Christmas you know. shit. Jesus Lord. Yeah. What are you doing here? What are you doing here? Just watching. Huh. Yeah, well, don't interfere Just again, Joe. We, we got to talk about Joe's pocket. What are you going to do, Matthew? Pump him full of bullets and drag him back to the sanctuary? Second I'm time's a charm. What's wrong? Was he always English? What you're doing? I think so, maybe. It's inhumane. They're just pieces on a chessboard. They're not human, huh? I need a reason, Matthew. <laughs> this is crazy. It's for the good of us all. At least there's something to this, though. Because we have to. It's that simple. Try harder. Well, how about this? Oh! Look look at Joe's pocket. (laughs) Like, why is it sticking through already? He's perfectly... Did he cut a a coal in his jacket for the muzzle? He cut a a gun hole. Don't you have that in your jackets? (laughs) Yep. Don't you cut holes in your pockets where you can oh. stick a gun? <laughs> and then there's the like a bullet shot. Gun at him. Yeah. This is amazing. This, I laughed out loud when I saw this. What? Are you crazy, <laughs> man? What? Oh, shit. All right. This is this fucking is so nuts. Cool. This is crazy. <laughs> this is our hero character, Joe Dawson. Fucking gangland execution style. Like, popping off some guy's dome. Wow. He's- Peeling his fucking skull back. <laughs> oh, I've been doing that. It's Why is he crazy? No way, man. Can we watch that again? Do you really want to watch it again? Yes, I do. Okay, I will. I will. And then he says, "Merry Christmas." Unbelievable. All right. Merry oh Christmas. God, that is. You there's... just want to see uh, him shot again? Is that? I just that... want to see Joe shoot that guy again. All right. <laughs> yeah, well, that's crazy. That that, that gun hole is crazy. <laughs> gun hole. Well, like they did not think that through. Well, how about this? Oh, douche, douche. <laughs> This is not in keeping with Joe's character at all, right? Oh, I, I guess I don't know. <laughs> Shit, Jesus Christ. Like, he shoots Horton. Are we True. supposed to think that this is a Horton-esque figure? But, like, the, the movie doesn't give, doesn't, like, let this, this isn't a payoff to anything. We needed more yeah. of conversations and arguments with them about yep. two philosophies. Like, I mean, hell, I don't even know what the Watchers are coming into this movie, right? Merry Christmas. No. So like, uh, yeah, yeah. All they really seem to do is run the sanctuary badly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, they didn't. They, there's, there's no legwork done. Uh, so this is crazy. Um... Just like unbelievable. <laughs> that, this, that this is how they treat Joe. Yeah. 
Where's Mythos? Well, he's gone. And I, you know, he's he was out of the movie since the graveyard. And if, you, yeah. if you're watching the theatrical release, that is also the last time you see Joe. It's it. It's done. That's right. Wow. So I guess That's it's crazy that he has something else to do. I don't know that yeah. this was the thing, but. I mean, it's crazy just not to even have them come back at the end and like, oh, you made it through. Like, I mean, there was always yeah. that in the series, like Joe waiting alone in the bar, right? Mm-hmm. Being like, I don't know if Max coming back from this one. Like, well, at least fucking that. That seems cheap. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. All right. So let's let's continue with the fight. We're now at a whole new elevation because why Ooh. not? Uh, elevation. All right. Ooh. And this just happens. We just cut to this. Like, Kel yep. just shows up. And they're uh, like, like, they look now like they're not, they are on like an elevated position. Yeah. Like they're yeah. above the rest of the building now. I gotta say, I love the way Bruce Payne fights. I like like that he's like really relentless. Uh, he feels like an unstoppable force, which I think is cool. Yeah. So, so he's like, I'm going to do the same thing to you that I did to Connor. Right. Which, why, I guess. I guess uh, uh, they continue. The fact that he's just a loon continues to do a lot of work. Right. Yeah. Because it's like, why does he care? Like, all right, Connor's dead. Yeah. Good job. I mean, I still, like, I, I, I'm, i like, left wondering, like, what's the story of this fight? Like, why is Duncan here? Like, what's Duncan's motivation? Like, is it I, just revenge? I think, I, I mean, I don't wonder that. No? I mean, you yeah. just think he wants to stop him because he's a bad guy. Well, I think he wants to stop him because he's a bad guy. And I do think that Kells did, did destroy Connor. Like, right. Did successfully destroy him. Like, he's back to, Connor made this sacrifice so that Duncan could come beat him. Sure. I'm, so. I'm like, I just wish there was more, like, I wish they told us more about it. Like, I want to know, like, real motivation why Mac is here. Like, you won't do this to someone else or, I don't know. Like, they don't even say anything. Mac just shows up and it's like, I'm here to kill you. I don't like it. Uh. <laughs> All right, moving so, on. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. You've inherited this curse. And then Kel gives him Rachel's necklace thing. All right. Uh, uh, which I guess, like, he either assumes that she's dead or that she's going to be the next victim. So then we get Eamon's favorite line. Yes. All right, here I'll go. Jacob Cow. Oh, wait, did we did it, did we miss it? Oh, here we go. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Jacob Cow. <laughs> How many times does he say Jacob Cow? Revenge. Like two or three. Ooh. We see all these clips. But there so like go. I guess we're supposed to think Duncan has a reason now. Jacob like Cow. Like a reason to protect his loved ones. Revenge. Well, see, there you go. I mean, like, doesn't that, no offense, Kyle, doesn't that kind of go against what you were saying about, like, he's got a motivation? It's like, well, well I, just, I just mean within the context of this fight, like, why he does better. Like, this is a, a turning point in the fight. Sure. I I, absolutely. So, like, but see, like, this is why I'm so confused. Like, what's the motivation to begin with? You say this is a turning point in the fight, right? But then I'm like, I was like, well, what was the kata for, man? Like, what was all this shit in preparation for if, like, Mac wasn't going to put his all into it until he got this? Like, I don't know. I feel like nothing has context to make this, like, interesting. Uh, yeah. I don't know. All right. I'll never bring you a redemption. <laughs> 
Alright. So now we're about to get the return of the move. And Amen, this might have been a way that like they could show Duncan's growth, is that like because he beat Connor, he can He can the do the move. Right. Like maybe he never got it, but now he does. I'd be home for dinner an hour ago, but this is very impressive. There's that line from the opening. Come on, what are you waiting for? I'd be delighted. Uh, so, <laughs> so like, crazy. I don't know. How do we feel about the way the special move is deployed here? Because Kel obviously oh. has impressive. Kel knew about it. I or guess something. so. Yeah. Or it's just so good or what? Like, to me, this is why Duncan needed to face Kel earlier. Like, these things need to be separated out into more fights or something like mm -hmm. duncan needs to go try the move and be i mean this is like karate kid right like mm -hmm. we get the crane kick in the first movie and then what do we do in the second movie daniel the drums that are just punching right right just pummeling yeah. someone to a pulp but like there's at least the the, the acknowledgement like hey you know that thing you tried last time like can you do it again like yeah. oh it doesn't work i need to to learn something new and it's I like i need to level up Right. I mean, like all these things like should have been rearranged, uh, I think, in the script, perhaps uh, to, to make some more sense, like why it builds in this particular way. Well, this and is why, we... like the Highlander writers needed to watch anime, because this is like, <laughs> this is anime territory. This is like Dragon Ball Z. Mm -hmm. Goku has like the super Kamehameha mm -hmm. and now that doesn't work anymore. So he has to go do the Kaioken and then that doesn't work anymore. So he has to do Super Saiyan. And there's like a journey that he takes to like learn these new moves to defeat the new big enemy. And it's and in this, it's just like, I don't know, like whatever. Sure. <laughs> yes, you're right about this. This, this is like well-defined <laughs> territory and it all just like comes down to like, I guess it was all just a misdirect. Like, I don't know, the move never really mattered. I no, guess it didn't. The move teaches or the move somehow enables Connor to force Duncan to kill him, but the mechanics of that are strange. It's, this also, movie is broken. Huh? This movie's broken. Yeah. Also, this move seems very easy. For a move that was billed to us as literally unstoppable, like nothing happens here that couldn't be accomplished with without this little hand blade. He just blocks it. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Like this does not seem hard. Like, it seems like anybody should be able to do this. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. So, it is a cool hand blade, though. So this gets, like, gross. This is violent, right? Yeah. This is this is the part that really leads me to wonder about how the wounds are supposed to work. Because he's about to stab this guy, like, 50 times. This is oh, horrifying. Oh. oh. Yes. Wouldn't his guts be, like, <laughs> falling out? Oh. That nice shirt is ruined. That's yep. the true crime. That is the true crime. No, the he true still crime hasn't buttoned at the top, though. Brown silk shirt with black pants. <laughs> Uh-oh, what's this about? His voice changed. Connor. Okay. The so. game isn't over yet. Oh. Okay. <laughs> okay. His okay. face was so changing. <laughs> Okay. Again, the the first like this is the second quote turning point in the fight. Like mm -hmm. the first yes. the first one is when his loved ones are threatened and it seems like he gets better. 
And now, after being stabbed a million times, he seems to again have some kind of level up here. He gets after being stabbed a million times. So, like, yeah. I don't know what's supposed to trigger this moment. And second off, we are about to do, see multiple like video effects to put Connor's <laughs> face on Duncan, and it looks like it like those jib jab cards. <laughs> Like it's that level. Like it just kind of looks like Connor's floating head is put on Duncan's shoulders. It's Snapchat filter technology. It yeah. is. It's this it's, didn't turn out as I think they hoped, right? Yeah, this just does not. They would have been better off just using the voice as the only touchstone if they wanted to go this route. Agreed. Because this and, and just, have have Duncan's face like covered in shadow or something. Look, it did it again. There it goes again. Yeah, like it, well, also like. I mean, I know their heads are like very differently shaped, but like <laughs> Lambert's like projection face is too big. Right. Yeah. It's it's like yeah, it like doesn't Kyle line up said, right. He looks like he looks like a super deformed like chibi character or something <laughs> like with the big head. But are we supposed to think like Duncan's now like using his combined Connor and Duncan power? Is that what we're supposed to get from this? I think Maybe. so. Yes. And now why didn't he just use that the whole time? Or is this his like Trump card? I don't know. Trump Check this out. So there's another bit in this. Uh, let me stop the share here. Uh, stop. Hashtag stop the share. Uh, stop the share. <laughs> Bruce Payne was good in that scene though. When he when Duncan when Connor talks, his like face was good. Yeah. Well, here's another thing I find broken in the movie. It's like when does when does Duncan take on Connor isms to defeat Cal? And like our first opportunity for that, I think, was like in the kata or something, like something in preparation. Like, what does Duncan have now, like spiritually, that's gonna get him over the edge, right? To to beat Cal. That that doesn't happen. Uh then we have this moment where like there's the heart and like he gets up and his face like changes. It's like, oh, what's this change? There's another instance where they deploy this thing. Uh, and it's again, I'm like wondering like, well, yeah, when does Connor kind of take over? Like when does he get the extra mojo? Uh, and weirdly also in the DVD cut, the producer's cut, they crop the shot. I have no idea why. Uh, and in the theatrical cut, it's much clearer. Uh, but here's Duncan's stance um in the fight with Kel uh and this is done earlier this is before he gets stabbed a bunch of times and you can barely really tell what it is but if we look to the next one here you can see it wide I'll zoom in this That's is like Connor's the Connor stance. this is the Connor stance right yeah. but they don't make like a moment of this it, this happens in like an instant this flies by and you can barely see it happens uh but yeah I don't know if people remember from earlier we showed the uh yeah, the Connor really stance. iconic shots of the mid part of the movie is him in that stance squaring up against yep. right he does it every time so yeah here it is in uh highlander one for people if uh they don't remember there's the connor stance and duncan does it i think that's pretty cool like that they incorporated it that. is uh but guess what uh the choreographer <laughs> efron incorporated it and the movie decided to ignore it because they don't know what they're doing <laughs> anyway yeah it's like i was like oh shit yeah the using the good work efron is good he thinks about these things and then they just don't highlight it that's right and so and then also the way he wins this fight because he's about to win this fight he basically it's basically the end of leader of the pack yes 
he does like a backflip. This n- mm-hmm. not at all hampered by the multiple stabbings. Right. <laughs> Use insight. Bless you. And then uh, proceeds to just decapitate him, and the fight's over. Oh, oh, this looks rough too. This is like a green yeah. screen bonanza. <laughs> but you know Ooh. what? This is awesome. Also, never thought Kalia was going to be a callback. In yeah, this why is Kalia? Yeah. Oh, because when he what is it? Is it in the the cemetery? Does he say call call me or something? Mm-hmm. What is that? Yeah. Because that's when like Duncan gets put on the knock list or whatever it is. Yeah. Weird. Uh, so like there is there really is no moment where Duncan is actually in control of this fight, <laughs> right? Like no. there's no moment where the tide turns really. It's just that we get this Connor beat and then all of a sudden Duncan just wins the fight and it's right, a, right. and it's like it's like it's fairly unsatisfying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Couldn't they even have just been like. I don't know, Duncan, uh, and I don't think we mentioned it, but when Connor like face appears on Duncan, he says, "What's the matter? Don't you want to be inside of me?" So he like throws it back, back at him. That's yeah, that's not good. But I'm like, you know, Kel's like, "What?" But then it's like, could they could they be do something like, "Whoa, Duncan's using like this is another this is another anime trope that this movie could have." Uh, benefited by like when when there's a fight in anime and the two main anime characters are fighting the side characters are always like watching on the side and they say like oh like he's doing this like so like joe could be watching the fight and be like oh duncan's using connor's power to like (laughs) right 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 right. turn the tide or something you know what i mean like yeah as corny as that sounds like give us something yeah because like i said he just flips over him and kills him and that's the end yeah there's no there's no real setup for it if you blink you'll miss the connor sword stance stuff right i think legitimately quite clever um yeah and once again i'll come back to like what's the story of the fight like to me i'm like is this a story about someone who wasn't confident who learned to be confident you know what i mean like all stories all these sort of fights have some sort of like symbolic meaning and i'm like what is the symbolic meaning of like duncan overcoming Kel? Nothing. It's just a back. It's just a, a flip. That's it's it. The thing. Like it doesn't happened. mean something more, right? Like, oh boy. So let me get a quickening. Oh, do we? Oh boy. It's very right, evocative. We... It's funny, Eamon, that you mentioned Highlander two because we do get like this Highlander two style pillar of light mm-hmm. that rips up through the sky, and then separately, Duncan gets struck by lightning. Holy moly, guys! Yep. Here I we know. go. This is the quickening. This is crazy. This looks like a PlayStation 1 video game. Yep. There's like water, like the TV show looks better than this. What is up? The Mummy Returned. Yeah, it is The Mummy Returned. Oh my God. So The Mummy comes out and now Duncan has to fight The Mummy. Oh, wouldn't that have been great? I would yeah. have appreciated. Look at these, to be like these electric of like the dragon imagery from the first one. Like, yeah, right. Okay. The quickening. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> this is this is very, very not good. Very yeah. not good indeed. 
And again, yeah, nothing about this feels like Tonic. So it's just footage. like, we barely even see the skyline. Yeah. This is all like green screen. The camera angle doesn't change at all. I mean, like we just see Duncan from the front. Then like a shield. What is like this? Coming from Duncan to change the weather? I just don't <laughs> understand. Yeah. Not yeah. Good. So what? Yeah. Uh, for those who the, who the head see... is cool. I like the head. Wait, what head? The head that comes out of the water? The 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 big head that comes out and spits up lightning. You like that part? Interesting. It's, it's something. That's okay. I don't know. I'm it's just something. confirming. You're allowed to like what you like. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, in like in Highlander one, all the fucking like weird evil faces and dragon shit is awesome. Like that's one of my favorite parts of that movie. And it's all like hand painted, like yeah. somebody painted all that and it looks really good. This is horrible. <laughs> do you think this, uh, to, to be fair to this, do you, how do you think this looked in 2001? It, it probably looked. Like if, if you saw this then, yeah. like stuff from this era, CG from this era really oh, yeah. does age poorly. This is, this will by no means be the only victim of that. So what sure. would we have been thinking at the time seeing this? I still don't think I would have dug it. I think I would have thought that the like speed, like there's some like, again, music video aspects of it, like the sped up footage and like- The sped up footage really bugs me. Yeah, it's, I don't know. Uh, and again, like, I just feel like regardless of the effects, like I, I, I don't give a shit about this. Like this doesn't feel like a culmination, like the way Highlander one does, like nothing, mm -hmm. like, I mean, some people I I, I, I agree with Eamon that I like the the visual flair of Highlander one at the end. Like I like all the the dragons and it's it's cool that it's like cartoony. Uh, some people don't like that. I understand. Mm. Like I think some people would make the same argument about Highlander one. Like oh, doesn't it look cheesy at the end with all the the dinosaurs flying around and shit? Uh, I would say like I don't care because the story's cool and it like the music culminates and like it, it's bigger than just the effects, right? Yeah. To me, this like can't this can't transcend poor effects. Uh, I don't know. Well, and in Highlander one, like the final quickening, like you, you, you had this cool shot where like, like Connor's really far away, and the camera fucking like zooms in, and it's quiet, and then he says there can be only one, and then like all hell breaks loose. I'm like, that's cool. That's like what the whole movie's been. Yeah, I mean that that building up to. Bad. Yeah. Yeah. And all the fucking buildings explode, and and this is just like <laughs> right. Water squirts up. Whoa! Yeah. How cool. Whoa. Yeah. Also, the the end of Highlander One's exciting too because it's a bit of a mystery. Like that's the end of the mm -hmm. game as it's set up in that movie, and this is just some fucking dude. But like, yeah. In the first one, we're not sure what the end of the game even means. Like, so that's like exciting to see it unfold. Like, like you said, Eamon, Like, I think all hell breaks loose is a cool way to describe it. Like, it's uh, right. it's very captivating in that way. Like, we don't know mm -hmm. like if this will be good or bad, and it seems bad. All this sort of stuff. I don't know. Hollow, Hollowman. Ooh, the hollow man. That's right. All right. So, so any any other thoughts on the the end of this this quickening here? No. No. I mean, okay. It it just looks dumb. bad. Yeah. It's like we've seen at least a dozen quickenings from the TV show that are better than this. Yeah. Yep. Probably more. Yeah. Um, and when we're talking about the fact that this is a a movie, that's pretty telling, I think. Yeah. And you know what? Also, huge. I mean. <laughs> Adrian Paul, we've commented on the podcast regularly that like sometimes there's guest stars on the show and they have to do a quickening and it's like, well, they're brand new to Highlander and 
have to use swords and do all this sort of stuff. And then like, oh yeah, you have to flail around and get struck by lightning. And you mm. can tell like when some guest stars, like it doesn't quite like look great, right? But when Adrian does it, it's like, man, he knows how to like sell this shit. Like his look great. Mm. Uh, and- He's working hard. I don't know that this looks great, but- Well, no, but that's that's my point is that like, Adrian knows how to do this and it doesn't save like it's not like they had someone who doesn't know what a quickening's like and like mm -hmm. Adrian I think even knows how to like stagger his like performance in a quickening like for 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 dramatic effect like when to get hit by a bolt of lightning like he'll make these dramatic dramatic like movements really quickly uh I think he gets it and like that that doesn't save this which is a bummer yeah. so nope nope Nope. Honestly, though, the final quickenings all suck in the movies, except for Highlander one, in my opinion. Like, none of them are good. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they don't. None of them compare. Like, sure, no, they certainly don't compare. That's very true. yeah. Yeah, I get with that. So, all right, so Denouement number one, the ending of this movie number one. Kyle, yeah, take we it away. Need to separate that because we get radically different endings for these for this film. Yes. So, which one do we want to do first? I guess let's do the theatrical cut sure. which people can see on hbo now yeah so we just cut to a green screen <laughs> right? duncan is like in front of some nondescript rolling hills that i think we're supposed to think are in scotland sure yes but there are no visual cues to any of the familiar places we've seen before or like it's green cloud sword or any of that stuff this looks fucking horrible yeah it looks really bad like it looks all looks unstuck in time and space right now apparently uh, on the dvd commentary they said they could they like this was like they wanted like a few more days for this and they couldn't get yeah. it all done and this was like their great disappointment of the movie which i mean it, i don't know yes i mean the fact <laughs> that it's the final shot of the movie really does leave a bad taste in your mouth yeah like, this yeah. is the last thing you see right yeah. and it's it looks awful and this it's just looks... like Connor's dead. The end. Is yeah, it? it's like completely tacked on, right? Like, I know some people are getting tired of listening to a shit on this movie, <laughs> but th this is horrible. I would have rather this not be in the movie than be yes, in the movie. A thousand yeah. percent. Just because it, it there, yeah. and if you're gonna have the voiceover, like, don't come here. Yeah, yeah. this is awful. Like, yeah, it's like an insult to Adrian's performance. It's it's just like. It's bad. All right, here, let me, I'll play. We'll watch some of it. We have Bonnie Portmore. Which they really rely on to do some work here. But like, yeah. it's not connected to fucking any, uh, like, <laughs> I know we're at the end of the movie and we're like, I'll lose my mind. Where's but, like, Queen? Where's Queen? Where, like, but Bonnie Portmore has not, in the show, Bonnie Portmore is used first in, is the first episode they use Homeland, right? Yes. Okay, so like, we have tied the song. I mean, I guess like it's the only- It's Scottish... in Highlanders 3, right? Oh, that's true. But it's also like it, it's equated to like him going home. And I mean, I guess it is here, too. But like, I feel like this movie doesn't set up the language of Bonnie Portmore to be like deployed in this way. Like, I don't feel like I have a connection to this song uh, if I hadn't seen anything else. Like this movie doesn't prep me for like this movie moment at the end where like the beautiful like, you know, Scottish song comes on. I don't know. Why, why is the movie ending with Kel's harmonica song? Oh, I wish. All right. Yeah. <laughs> But the even that, the just do just do this and t leave out that Scotland like. All right, and then we get this like <laughs> this like cut up cardboard Photoshop yeah. <laughs> grave. Yep, this is rough. Yep. And that's it. 
That's it. That sums up Connor's life, beloved husband of Heather. Like, I don't know. Like, what is this fucking movie about, man? He's just in the ground dead. This is bleak. Having, and like, defeated. Yeah, like, bleak. I, I don't know. There's nothing triumphant about Connor's sacrifice in this movie. Right? Yeah. I, I, am I wrong in that interpretation? It's just not to step on final thoughts, but it's a moment of defeat, not a moment of triumph. Like, Duncan looks seen. miserable. I, I'm yeah. sure like he should be miserable. His friend is dead, but it's like, just like it, yeah. it reads as suicidal, not heroic. Yeah. Right. And like Connor never has a moment of like redemption or new meaning to his life. He never he's just beaten and broken. Like Kel beats him. Mm -hmm. So Connor gives his life to Duncan. Yep. That's it. Monster. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, my robot vacuum started yelling at me. Okay. Uh, Robo vacuum. Yeah, he, he's just beaten. And what a disappointing way for this beloved character to go out. And then for the final movie to be like this really chintzy send off <laughs> is right. just, it really highlights that disappointment for me. Yeah. Because well, like Connor for all his weird noir aspects in the first movie is like a very beloved character. And this just feels like such a letdown. Yeah. And like, we've, we've sat through three movies with this guy, like overcoming adversity and like, you know, finding who he is and blah, blah, blah. And then it's just like, yeah, he, he's dead. <laughs> right. It's that's it. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, I, I imagine we're going to have more to say about this aspect of it. Yes. But this is not the only ending to the film. Yes, right. Okay, so let's let's now jump into the producer's cut. And so I'll play this little clip here. Uh, let's see. Here we go. This is wild. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, okay. Wild stuff. So now we're back at, like, the Millennium Dome in London at this, like, Cirque du Soleil thing, uh, which is like almost not interested in. <laughs> right. Yeah. He, like, he just, like, this is so strange. Look at this. Like, he's walking with his hands in his pocket. Like, this is the most stoic looking, like, well, there's a little so fireworks weird. display behind him. Yeah. Like, so this is the Millennium Experience show, I guess, uh, at this, 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 uh, entertainment complex, I guess is what you could call it. This is depressing. Yeah. Back into the buzz. Who's there? None other than Kate somehow. On scaffolding, because that's the theme. Because we need more of that. It's not scaffolding, it's stairs. Whatever. They're scaffolding after the stairs. Oh my god. And this is so boring. This is slow. It's so long. Look, and we just walk and look, walk and look, yada yada yada. And so like why are you here? Why are you here? Oh. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. This is not her voice. Everybody everybody is ADR'd in this. So mm -hmm. the first ending of the movie, the theatrical ending of the movie is a chintzy piece of crap, right? It like it barely looks yep. like it should be on uh, a projector screen. And then the second end of the movie is all ADR. Like this is crazy. So I'll turn it up so people can hear. But uh, I don't believe Adrian or uh, Miss Lisa B speak in their voices here. As in, so why are you here? You hoping you'd find me? 
For whatever reason, Kel made his choice. So, uh, what now? Trust. What? You can always trust me, Faith. <laughs> that is not him. So, uh, that is not him. What now? Trust. You can always trust me, Faith. Faith. He's dead. Interesting. I thought we'd give Kate another chance. Fuck! What the fuck? Uh, all right. He's so, he, he's eighty yard earlier in the movie, also. Yeah. Not yet. With what a different actor. You hold on to it for me. For me. We've got plenty of time. Okay. So he. Okay. Romance ending, I guess. Why though? This is this also, is crazy. We see we see her necklace get broken. Yes. At the dinner scene. So are we just supposed to think Kel like took her locket and let I her live? So. And I, didn't kill her. That doesn't make any sense. Nope. <laughs> I mean, that's just so weird. Like it's, it just feels cheap. It yeah. just feels like dumb and exploitative and like, oh, give the people what they want for no reason. Yeah. And let's not hire the lead actor of this movie to to do his lines. <laughs> I mean, my theory is is that they, you know, uh, since this was done in post, right? Because they so they released the movie, they probably paid Adrian for his time. And they were like, mm -hmm. well, we're putting together the DVD and the sound isn't so good in that last scene. Can you do some ADR? And he probably said, "You better fucking pay me more." And they said, "Nope, we can't do that because this is an Islander movie. And we have no money." Uh, so that's probably what happened. I don't know. Probably. That's my guess. Like, I this mean, is so rough to watch. Like the end lines of a movie be delivered by actors that aren't in the movie. I remember the first time I saw this ending. This is like the first ending I saw when I first watched this movie years ago. I was just like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> Fair. Like, I hate it. Yeah. I yeah. hate it. Yeah. Okay. So we now talk about the third ending of the movie. Let's uh, do boy. it. Okay. okay. So this is in the the rough cut. Um, oops. One second. Snyder here. cut. The Snyder cut. Um, ben here, I'll ask you a question out. while we're while I'm getting this clip set up. Uh, what do you guys have a preferred way you want want this movie to end? Like I mean, like without imaginary? without changing the entire movie uh, to a different movie, which would be preferable. Uh, but like the pieces that are on the table, or or if you had to kind of write a little bit of a new ending, like how would everything leading up to this point, roughly this story, kind of how how should you wrap it up? I mean, the send off. I think that what makes the most sense is this send off ending to Connor. And what's that? To Connor. I guess. Okay. And and maybe to Kate too, but that Duncan reunites with Mythos and Joe and like these other people you care about so that there right. can be actual emotion in the scene and not like a voiceover or something. You know, Kyle, that's a really good point because uh, we did say uh, that a turning point in this was when 
Kel was like, you've inherited the curse, right? And Duncan's like, no, like you won't fucking mess with my family, right? And it's like, yeah, yeah we got to see that family. Like we need to know who Duncan is protecting and why. Like there's some stakes, right? Like yeah. it doesn't yep. have to be a damsel in distress, like hanging from a, a billboard or whatever. Mm -hmm. But like, we need to know that like Joe's in danger, Mythos is in danger. And like, we don't really feel that uh, and why we should like love them because yeah. we're supposed to, right? Duncan does. Yikes. All right. So here we go. Third, third ending of this movie. Oh, this is the wrong one, guys. Whoops. Uh -oh. Whoops. How dare you? I'm so sorry, we guys. All, we vamped for nothing. I know. Vamp again. I like your, your vamping song, Eamon. That's my vamp jam. All right. Vamp you don't need to vamp anymore. I fixed it. Here we go. Oh, oh. <laughs> so again, this is this is the rough cut. So th these effects are uh, not the end. Like placeholders, right? Or... Uh, although this almost looks better than what ended up in the movie. So that's mm -hmm. wild. But... Bad-looking Duncan walks away. Oh, yeah. oh, oh the Christmas yes. tree. Yes. Oh, Christmas tree. Oh, Christmas tree. Oh, Christmas tree. Oh, Christmas tree. This is so dumb. <laughs> so is that even Adrian Paul? Probably not. Think? Probably not. God bless this man for what? giving us the Christmas tree. See, he's inher well, he's he has inherited the curse of delivering Christmas uh -huh. yeah. Hot dog, too much ketchup. <laughs> I mean, what what is like? What is this ending? Like, this is so different. Yeah, I think this is no one knew how to end the movie. Is what we're yeah. witnessing. That's it. Then the credits are That's supposed it. to roll. That's uh, it. That... So Duncan just walks away into the city. You know, uh, back into the fold of things, right? So I mean, I like it better movie. than the theatrical ending, I guess. Yeah. Though I guess the, the Christmas tree delivery is out, so this like definitionally won't work. Mm -hmm. Right. Because this is like the errand that Connor had to run that he wasn't right. telling Duncan, right? right. Like, Fact. Which, why? <laughs> and, then, and then if he didn't tell Duncan about it, how does Duncan know about it now to do it? Well, yeah. now he knows because well, he, knows he, he ate Connor. Oh, right. So he, he knows all the errands. Connor's, wow. yeah. Watch your back. <laughs> wow! What a uh, what a what a movie! I, yeah, I I mean I don't know, man. Uh, Highlander yes. Endgame. Oy. Well, we're not playing a game, so Keith, I guess we should just dive right into your opinion of this. Okay, so this brings us now to the end of the the movie, the the nine episode journey. We to finally get here to made give it. Final thoughts and. What we think of this whole movie uh, in general? I don't know. Uh, I'm so kind of surprised this is our longest. Like this is longer than the. It's not that much longer though. It's only like two episodes longer than our Highlander one, which yeah. is that's that's not that much. We did some stuff in this one we didn't do in the other ones. Sure. Yeah, so, I, I'm curious what made also, this one longer. This is very indulgent. We were goofing around a lot. Sure, yeah, but I, I think also true. like this this episode. I'm like, I mean, Highlander one starts it all, so like everything's fresh, like. So we talk about things as they're presented to us, but this movie, like we're drawing from three Highlander films previously, 
six seasons of a TV show. Like there's all these things informing our discussions, which I think mm-hmm. really uh, made this thing big, bigger than the uh, mm-hmm. the original podcast. So, yeah, but, yeah, uh, baby. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> how, how's this sound? Because we have ba- we have let's let's be honest, bash this movie a bit. Uh, we are, I think, part of a, a group of fans that aren't crazy about this film. I know fan, fans do like this movie, uh, mm-hmm. and frankly, there's things I like about it. So why don't we talk about like our favorite parts first? Like, what's the stuff sure. in this movie we like? What do you guys? So like? I'll That's go a first. Worthwhile exercise. Yeah, and sorry to interrupt you, Kyle, but no, just saying. But uh, I'll say. The first, the first, first, first time I saw this movie, as I probably said on this podcast before, I was in a bar in Philadelphia and it was just on television. And I didn't really, like, we didn't, I think we just started the rewatch thing, but I was like, whoa, Endgame's on TV. And like Duncan and Connor are together in a movie. And that's very cool. And I'm still excited to see that, even when yeah. I rewatch this movie that I don't like very much. <laughs> right. But that's cool. And like, I like it. I like that this exists and it's, it's kind of awesome. It's like you're playing with your toys and like your toys are together and like Batman and Superman are in a movie together and blah, blah, blah. And that's, and that's just, that yeah, my favorite they, part of this they do the, when Connor and Duncan both, why did you say that name? <laughs> uh, why did you say Mothra? That's how <laughs> Godzilla versus Kong ends, right? Why did you say Mothra? Why did you say Mothra? And then Mothra comes out and the, the, the little girls are on Mothra. Um, but that's cool. Like, that's a cool thing, like, yeah. to, to see your characters and then the movie people and the TV people and blah, blah, blah. And that's that's just neat. So I'm glad they could figure this out and make it work. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And, you know, I, I agree that that is the highlight of this movie. And similarly, like, and building on that, I like seeing Joe and Mythos. Like, these are characters I care about. I want to see them on the screen and I want to see them doing stuff. And the fact that they're there actually is, like, kind of fun. Like, that is kind of cool. I'd say in the context of the film they actually shot, like, the Connor-Duncan showdown is, I have some some issues with it, but it's, like, it's emotional. It, like, it makes me feel something about these characters I like seeing them together. It's surprising to see them interact in that way. Like, you know, there are very likable things about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and it's like, you know, people were probably asking this question. People still ask this question, but like, who would win, Connor versus Duncan? You know what I mean? Like, that's just like, that's Literally a, cool a question I've never thing. wondered because the answer yeah. seems obvious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Am that's, I wrong about that? Tr- no, you are not. If we're if we're just taking the evidence like as presented, as we said before, like Adrian Paul's like a fucking killing machine. He's like, <laughs> that's right, that's right. Yeah, what if we determine he got like twenty percent of his kills just on Highlander, like season three or something? Yeah, of his like, entire lifetime. Like, it's it's bananas. It's, yeah. Just because, like, oh, who wins, schlubby noir man or Kung <laughs> God? Right. Yeah. It, it would be like like Philip Marlowe versus Commando. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it just it just doesn't seem in proportion. Right. Every episode, Duncan's like pumping iron and going like, <laughs> and Christopher Lambert is like, "Oh, I'm going to get a beer." Mm. Right. I got to feed the, my fish. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have to abandon my son in the desert. Yeah. That's right. Uh, I'm, John. <laughs> things I like about this movie. Um, it's cool to see, like, I think they do an incredible, 
seeing well seeing some of the failures of this movie i'm already i'm like let's talk about the positives i'm like seeing the failures but uh really demonstrate i think how great the show is like uh especially in the 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 flashback arena which is what i wanted to remark on that like the show does such a great job with the flashbacks on like a tv weekly tv show budget uh it's nice to see the few flashbacks we get here like have some like film qualities to them like the lighting there's like mist like it's cool to see connor like silhouetted on the battlefield when he meets duncan for the first time uh even though i find that scene to be like kind of pointless it's like it's just it's it's kind of nothing yeah. uh but it like it looks really great like i love the the style of it uh i also love that we get to see connor go back to his village that's maybe a mm -hmm. favorite part of this uh like we learn a bit more about his past like what made connor connor uh and finally, like, I do like the concept of the sanctuary. Uh, I think mm -hmm. that's interesting. To me, it seems like a two-part season uh, episode idea. Like, because the season did, a, or the, the show does a really good job of exploring, like, these different facets of immortality. Like, oh, like, mm -hmm. maybe the Watchers try to stop the game. Like, uh, that's interesting. And I feel, I just feel like that's, like, a thing that's for the show to explore. Uh, I don't think it, it has enough, like, room to breathe or the context to, like, make sense in this film, so. I like I that. That's what I like about it, though. Heather and um, uh, what's his daughter's name? Why am I forgetting? Rachel. Connors. Rachel. Rachel. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. I like that they're back. Rachel. Rachel. Rachel's back for a hot second and then gone, which and is then, a bummer. Like I'm, I'm okay if she like maybe dies in the beginning. Well, I mean, we do fridge her, which is a whole other conversation. But like, mm -hmm. yeah. If we then got to see about her, like we find that somebody in Connor's life died and then maybe there's some more flashbacks with her so we can like, you know, get connected mm -hmm. to her a bit more uh, or learn about their relationship. But like, we don't see that. Uh, nope. Like maybe we could have a young Rachel or something in this movie. Should be cool. Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't know. Uh, but actually speaking of fridging, that's perhaps a good topic. And I'm only bringing this up because I think uh, a ton of people hate when we do it. So I don't care. And we did it on the first movie. Uh, but we uh, rated the Highlander series like on the Bechtel test. Uh, yeah. So how does this movie like fit into like treating like women characters like they're real people and not uh, objects to be blown up like Rachel and every other like person in this movie? Rachel explodes without dialogue, basically. Yeah. So and, Rachel gets fridged within seconds. And then Kate is like a weird sex trophy right. for Mac and Kel to argue over. All and right, that's so, like it. Those are the only two female characters in the whole movie. Right. right? Okay. So here's the Bechtel test. It's three questions. So one, does it have two or more women in it who have names? Yes. Yes. So that's Rachel and Kate. Oh, Kate has two names. This the test does not account for, for her having two names. Wow. So this thing's this thing's so, doing aces. All, so far, it's <laughs> going through the roof. All right. Do they talk to one another? No. No, they don't. Oh, you're right. No. And then the third question is, do they talk to one another about something other than a man? No. Well, they already failed the second one, so. Right. Faily, faily. Faily, faily. So, yeah, hey, this... but that first one, though. Boy, yeah. oh, boy. And this, also, if you, this if you movie need... hits it out of the park. And if you needed further evidence of uh, this movie's treatment towards women, it includes the line, a woman is a temple built on a sewer. So, like, yeah. it can also go fuck itself. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's like not great in this in the lady department. I no, uh, the lady department. It's not what, good. It's just when I saw you, when I found you, you were a whore. Uh, a whore. <laughs> all right, let's talk about this movie. Let's let's like break down more of this thing. Like I don't know what what do, what do we want out of this? What hasn't been said? 
I've I've said most of my piece about various parts of this movie. The one thing that I wonder about that I don't know that we've talked about directly is th there needed to be a moment when Connor and Duncan fought Kill together, right? Like there should have been a moment where they actually tried cooperating. Yeah. And it didn't work mm -hmm. for some reason. Like maybe Connor is just like, I can't like, I've been in a sanctuary for 10 years. Like I have like the immortal quickening juice, but like, I just don't, I'm just not sharp enough anymore or something like hell they could even make like the connor sacrifices himself to duncan be part of the fight right with Kel. like they fight Kel together it is not working and that is connor's readjustment in the middle of it and that could be the the equalizer or something right one of or, may that route. or maybe it's just even adrian paul like fights Kel and loses as well mm -hmm. you know what i mean like something yeah I always feel like in a weird way now watching, having watched this whole thing again, like I think, oh, geez, I think I watched this like eight times. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it almost feels like Adrian and Connor's role should have been reversed a bit. Like, you know, we're like, oh, in what world does it make sense that Adrian would lose? Like none, cause he's a Kung Fu God, but like maybe he doesn't have like the willpower to win, right? Like, because like mm -hmm. at the end, I'm like, we were talking about like, well, what does Connor like bring to the, the table here? Like. Con like Duncan effectively takes the soul of a defeated suicidal man like yeah and it's like and that's gonna help him win like he just got a bunch of like sadness I you know like I feel like it should be the opposite like maybe maybe Duncan sees what happened to Faith and he's like oh I mean I don't know I mean they probably should dip into the well of forgive us our trespasses and like have somebody like Kate's kind of that uh what was the character's name Keen like, look what you did. You ruined my life. And Matt can be yeah. like, oh, shit, I fucked up. Maybe I do deserve to die. Like, it wasn't right for me to do this. And Kel's after me to hurt Connor, so I should give up. Uh, and, you know, Connor... Also, like, doesn't he say in the speech to Kate on the elevator, like, Connor taught me one thing, and that's, like, our gift of immortality. And it's like, well, if Connor's yeah. the one who taught it, maybe you're the te the, the student that forgot it, right? Like, yeah. you need to be retaught. Also, that, like, reestablishes the mentor-student relationship a bit more, right? Uh, and, you know, Connor's last lesson to, to Duncan can be, like, take my fucking mojo and, like, get the will to beat Kel, because that's the thing that's holding us back. I don't know. I don't know either. There's just, I don't know, there's, there's something that feels very jury-rigged about this decision, and I feel like there were a lot of different ways they could have gone about it differently or better or tried to fix it but just the way it all plays out is just unsatisfying because connor just goes out like a schlub like <laughs> he just goes out like a piece of shit like i i don't i'm being serious like i don't particularly he's okay in the flashbacks but like do you like the character of connor in this movie no He's hardly in this. I mean, like, he doesn't have a character in this movie, does he? I mean, he just gave up, and that's, like, it. Like, I don't know. Yeah, like, he doesn't, like, the modern Connor doesn't grow or change or, yeah. or do anything. So it's just, like, I don't know. I find myself, like, kind of disliking him and not feeling warmly about this sacrifice because that's not how it reads. Yeah. And it's not, it's not like the character we've known for three movies you know what i mean like correct it's something else yeah like would he really just lock himself away and like vanish 
from all his responsibilities. Right. I mean, maybe at the beginning of Highlander one, he would, but he's like, but that gets into all the continuity stuff of this right. bullshit. And like, yeah. you know, I'll say also that losing the, the Kel subplot of like building a religious institution or whatever he's doing, like that he has some sort of like global goal or some, something bigger, right. Than just screwing mm -hmm. with Connor. Like that also, again, makes Connor's sacrifice, like just feel weird. It's like, this is all just personal stuff. Like when someone sacrifices themselves, you always think like, well, it's for the greater good. It's for something bigger than them. But like his sacrifice enables Duncan to kill Kel. And the only villainous thing Kel does in this movie is harass connor so it's, yeah, like, it's like the story is too close yeah right too close exactly yeah well it's yeah like kel the like the kurgan it's like we can't let the kurgan win the prize like because then the world will be plunged into darkness forever i don't really know what the stakes are in highlander 2 <laughs> like i mean i guess we don't want this guy to win either but like yeah rug but that's not right. really like they don't really talk about that you know what i mean like yeah it's weird and like why his goons like why does he have this following like the goons are just a write-off like a it's mess. just yeah it's just wow millions, I like, of, millions of dollars discussed guys millions yeah. of dollars <laughs> i just have a weird dollars like you know we've talked about these highlander things for like six years at this point yeah people like like this movie and like a lot of people agree with our review i'm not discounting them and a lot of people disagree and i'm just i'm i'm just kind of like do they like it just because this is the thing like this is the highlander this is more highlander therefore like this like is <laughs> i don't want to sound too dramatic but it's like it's like borderline insulting. <laughs> yes. I, I kind of, I'm, yeah. I'm with you, Eamon. Like I kind of, I know people like this movie too. And there are elements I like, and I don't know. I mean, but when I try to think of how I approach the movie, I, the only thing I like about it is that it is more Highlander, right? Like, yeah. Like, and like you said, even like insane. you like seeing Duncan and Connor on screen together. I do too, but that's only because like, there's no other opportunity to see it. Like, do I wish right. Connor and Duncan were on screen together in something else? A hundred percent. Like something better than this or another episode of the show. That'd be great. Like, but like yeah. my, my wants to like, like elements of Highlander don't make this a good movie. Yeah. Like, I can still be like, I love Highlander. It's cool as shit. The concept's awesome. Adrian kicks ass in this movie. Uh, but, like, I don't like this movie. This is stupid. <laughs> yeah, and it's, like, also just not a well-made film. Yeah. Too, like, it just, which to me just heightens everything. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It, it, in some ways, it takes every plot point that I have a problem with and then when you marry it with like the jib jab heads mm -hmm. of Connor and Duncan, to me it like amplifies those. Like it makes it makes me feel like the the people making the movie like I, I don't know are insulting me a little bit. That they're <laughs> yeah. like they're like you won't you like Highlander so you won't notice. Like this mm -hmm. won't bother you. We can still get your money anyway. Well, right. It's good you bring that up because I think this is the perfect time to read a letter from the producers. Uh, so this was unearthed recently uh, by our friend uh, Ewan McNulty, who some of you may have uh, seen on our uh, 35th anniversary show. 
And so we were discussing the other day the Highlander official website from the year 2000. And uh, here it is on the Wayback Machine. And the producers wrote a letter to the fans. Uh, and so maybe this will be the last thing we leave you with today uh, before we move on uh, and do some reader mail and some like uh, second opinions and you know reviews from uh, newspapers at the time, all that sort of stuff. Anyway, so uh, the producer said, the legend continues, Highlander Endgame. Dear Highlander fans, we feel in our hearts that with Highlander Endgame, we have delivered to you a film that is uh, one of genuine Highlander storytelling in which we take great pride. Do not be deterred by those critics who do not understand the nature of the Highlander legend. These very same critics savaged the original Highlander classic film as being too disjointed and confusing. Together, we can keep the spirit and legend of Highlander alive by supporting this new film. Thank you, Peter Davis and Bill Phantom. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah right? Not to, not to bring politics into this, but this is like a very Trumpian <laughs> letter. And that's all I'll say. <laughs> but just like, that's weird. Also, like, yes, the original Highlander film was savaged. I think we can all agree unfairly. Also, because well, a lot of those critics got a weird cut of the film, which I guess yeah. perhaps the producers would also argue happened here. But true, but this I think their cut this, is weirder. Movie, so. No, nobody has been proven wrong by savaging Highlander Endgame. I'm sorry. <laughs> right? Like, well, that's very true. Yeah. Like, you know, I've bought this movie multiple times on many formats. I think I am allowed to say, like, the critics were right. Like, <laughs> right. I mean, also, they're like, the critics don't understand the Highlander, like, legend. It's like, well, I hope I do, and I don't like this movie. So, yeah. you know, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I mean, again, to each their own. I mean, if people want to enjoy this movie, like, go crazy and enjoy it. Like, enjoy and it. also, if you, don't, if you don't agree with us, totally fine. Write us at HighlanderRewatched uh, at gmail.com, and you can share some of the reasons you disagree. Uh, and that's fine. Like, I, and I am, I'm also, I hope I'm not sounding like... Uh, you know, pedantic or something saying all this stuff or just like, oh yeah, write us in, like, just tell us why and we don't care. Like, no, really, if you like this movie, cool. Uh, and like, don't let our uh, unenjoyment of this movie, like interfere with your enjoyment. Like shut right. us off and go watch the movie and have a great time. Uh, that's yeah, awesome. true about everything. Like you're allowed to like yeah. what you like. Yeah, Other uh, people not liking it doesn't stop you from getting sure. whatever utility you're going to get out of it. That being said, I think we like looked at this film pretty critically uh, over the past couple of weeks. Uh, and yeah. like, you know, I hope celebrated the things that make Highlander great uh, and the things that we hope a new Highlander movie can be in the future. Cause uh, mm -hmm. you know, I think they just kind of missed the mark all over the place on this. Uh, as, uh, as they said in that letter, uh, they don't understand the Highlander legend. I think the people that made this movie don't understand the, the Highlander legend, you know? So there's, a, there's definitely an aspect to that. Yeah, for sure. Well, like I watched, I watched Mortal Kombat Annihilation recently. Which is a oh, you mean the one with Christopher Lambert? Yeah, that's right. right. Yeah, that one. Yeah, which is similarly like kind of a cobbled together sequel mess. It's very maligned by critics, rightfully so. But I actually like thoroughly enjoyed watching it. Like I had a really great time. And like, I, I can't say that with this movie, with Endgame. Like, I like parts of it but I'm not like having the time of my life watching it. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, it, significant question here. You could, just because you br brought up Mortal Kombat as an example, is that, I don't know what your personal level of attachment to Mortal Kombat is. Mine is, 
I don't know, low, I guess. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I say as someone who Me really too. likes Mortal Kombat and has, has lost a lot of hours to Mortal Kombat games over my yeah. days, like, whatever. Yeah. Uh, right. <laughs> right. Does that increase your ability to enjoy a movie like Mortal Kombat Annihilation? Is the <laughs> fact that we are so close to Highlander part of what upsets us so much about this? Like, are, are we actually being unobjective because of our level of like knowledge and scrutiny to the rest of the source material? That's a good question. Yeah, I, I wasn't overly attached to Mortal Kombat. I had some like childhood fondness for the characters, uh, but I'm by no means an expert. So that's, that's a good point. That, that could yeah, be a like, factor. I don't know how to factor that in, but it's something we should yeah. acknowledge. Like, yeah, or are we yeah. being a little protective of this thing in a way that we maybe would be? I, we're all people who also enjoy bad movies. Oh yeah, yeah. that is a that is a true fact about mm -hmm. the people in this call. And yet, <laughs> yeah. something, even if this is a bad movie, as we allege, something stopped us from getting like genuine joy out of it. It would seem. And yeah. what is that thing? cobbled together gobbledygook <laughs> uh so a thing for us to perhaps meditate on i suppose so i mean i think i can acknowledge the things that like i probably am a little hung up on but like that doesn't erase some of the other stuff though like you know like i think I, we've tried to look at this thing from all angles like what would i be aware of like we were talking about that early on in these podcasts like if i had never seen highlander before what's the scene tell me and we were having trouble coming up with those answers and that's true. You know, I, I don't know. Uh, also, I mean, we'll go over some reviews in the next episode. Uh, but like those people are pretty detached from Highlander, uh, you know, and a lot of them had seen the original. Uh, at this point, it's kind of a cult classic uh, in the early 2000s. Yeah. Like, I think it had arrived at a, a place where like people knew what it was. Uh, and those people didn't find it uh, to be that enjoyable either. So I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I have a question, like uh, not to go back too far but like till the day we are reborn what's that about huh <laughs> i mean it's one of many teased and abandoned themes and themes in this movie like all the religious stuff yeah i mean technically isn't she reborn when <laughs> duncan horribly <laughs> see like all right so let me i'll delve right. i'm gonna rant and rave about some stuff real quick as i'm want to do on this show uh Oof. but so I really, I think our, our original Highlander podcast is, is pretty good. And I hope we gave people a good way to like, look at the film. Right. And I think one of the things we talked about in those reviews was that like, there can be only one is like a more dynamic line than what it appears. Right. It is not just like the rule of the, the game. Like there seemed to be a thing about balance and oneness with nature. Right. And like, and also then there's this like meta level of stuff where like, Oh, all these like souls are coming together into one person. Right. Like, uh, so there's something like interesting about that line, right? And I feel like till the day we are reborn has that like potential, like so much of this movie does. Uh, mm -hmm. Like there, till the day we are reborn has the potential to be like a, there can be only one sort of unifying line to this movie. Like it can be about like, hey, she's physically reborn when he's, she's stabbed. There can be some element of like, well, can you change who you are? Like, how are you reborn as a person? Does Connor get reborn and have to like take on a new life and like all these like things. And like, it's not a theme of the movie at all. Nope. Uh, likewise, the thing we did talk about was this notion of like Kel being like the antichrist. Uh, and we haven't like sum, summed that up too much. Uh, I think that's awesome in this movie. Like to me also, that seems to be a cool follow-up to the symbolism in Highlander one, which is like, there's a white dragon, uh, a black dragon, like this, I don't know, the, this duality thing that's going on. Connor definitely seems to be a Christ figure 
mm -hmm. the first one. Like he, he poses in a Christ pose a lot. Uh, I think some of the other things, like they even say like God fights on our side and it's in reference to Connor. Uh, it's pretty cool stuff. And to have like Kelby, like, oh, he's the opposite of that. And Kyle, you mentioned like that he's like religious and is it this twisted like reversal thing? Like all this stuff is really cool. Uh, and I feel like that's not explored at all. Like, or, or it's not given, that should be like the driving force uh, to like the narrative is like, is he the antichrist? And like, what do these things represent? Like, I don't know. I just, I never feel like this is about a battle between good and evil. Like Cal, Cal just fizzles out as a bad yeah. guy. Like they set up all these kind of weird, almost threads, but then it's like, no, he's just obsessed with getting revenge on Connor and he's crazy and evil and he'll just yeah. do, do bad things. Yeah, there's just not enough there there. Mm -hmm. like, yeah. The motive being just for dubious reasons he wants to kill Connor it does not intrigue me at all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, like, drug. yeah, all the cool stuff they like kind of set up about him like doesn't pay off. No. And they, they also have this neat element that they come from the same village, which is cool. Like, I, once yeah. again, like the show dealt with philosophy more than this obviously is dealing with. Right. But like, what about that? Like, what made Connor believe people can change and like live a good life, yada, yada, yada. Like, both these people came from the same place, but like their lives went in different directions. Like, that's something this movie could be about, like following them through time. But no. Well, yeah. And they're all yeah. hot. Like, they're all Highlanders. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> yeah. And like for some reason, this guy becomes like maniacally evil when his starting point is perhaps as like a, a decent enough priest, right? Yeah. And he seems to like, in in at least one of the cuts, he seems to be like sorrowful about this. Yeah, yeah. He like I think we're supposed to believe that when this movie, like not when the movie opens, but when the chronologically we see him for the first time, that he is like, for lack of a better term, a good man. Yeah. When when this opens. And then yeah. that becomes no longer the case, I guess. And he, he becomes like a Kurgan clone. Yes. That's, that's the other issue with these movies. And I don't know if it's a producer thing, but like the bad guy is always like just like a kooky bad guy. Yeah. Like, who just does bad things for no reason. And Again, crazy. They had six wacky. six years of a TV show with different villains that showed that you could have captivating people uh yeah and they they, they they forgot about that whoops yeah whoops yikes all right let's wrap it up amen how many uh last suppers would you give this movie <laughs> Ooh. so i will give this two and a half two and a half two and a half last suppers interesting i'm very curious if that is higher or lower than your uh, the other uh movie reviews we did Ooh. Ooh, I actually don't remember. What I don't remember either. Me neither. Mm. Mm. Uh, uh, Kyle, how many uh, like bubbly uh, quickening faces would you <laughs> would you give this to me? This gets one and a half bubbly quickening faces, baby. <laughs> All right. <sighs> this movie is just such a letdown. <laughs> like, I just like I feel it in my bones. It's that how disappointed I think I end up being by this movie when you view it in retrospect, just because it's all just laced with this poisonous knowledge that it didn't have to be this way. <laughs> you know what I yep. mean? And I honestly think almost every step of the way, maybe it's not the story I would have wanted to tell, but with relatively minor changes, most of what they tried to do here could have worked. 
like most of it could have landed and instead it's just kind of insulting and like slipshod and confusing and at times like actually angering yeah and i i just have a hard time like i would rather throw on highlander 2 i would rather throw on highlander 3 than watch this movie i like both those movies more than this movie That is a hard pill to swallow because I think Adrian Paul does great in this movie. And I love Duncan. And I think he's working very hard. So it like pains (laughs) me to say it, but like, because like he's my Highlander, he's my dude, and it just does not fly. Yeah. (sighs) Wow. All right, Keith. (laughs) How many uh, 80 yard deleted scenes would you give this movie? Um, sadly, less than the movie contains. I'm giving this, I think, a one. I'm giving it wow. a one, baby. Yeah, uh, Kyle, I'm glad you brought up Highlander 2. Uh, I'll incorporate that into my final thoughts. Uh, you know, like, it's funny. We we don't like Highlander 2, but for a variety of, like, completely different reasons, right? Like, Highlander 2, I, like, there's just story choices that, like, it's like, uh, that's crazy, right? Like, that they're aliens or whatever. But, like... I never think there's a science fiction dome. (laughs) Right. Like it's like, to me, I'm just like, they, they, they made a movie on the wrong foot. Like they, they just got off on the wrong page, right? Got off on the wrong page. What what am I talking about? They got off on the wrong page. So, but like at no point in that movie, am I like, where are we? Who's talking to who? Is, Is that even the actor's voice? Like, those sort of things. Also, like, there's some really great... Co- I mean, there's all sorts of good stuff in that movie, too. Uh, overall, much like Highlander Endgame, I can appreciate all the cool stuff in that movie. Uh, but I'm like, yeah, it's not a very good movie. Uh, but, like, Russell McKay, I think, directs the shit out of Highlander, too. Uh, and they have a lot of yes. problems. But there's, like, some really cool se- beats in that. There's some, like, iconic imagery, which is cool. Uh, it's kind of all out of left field, which is why it makes it so strange. Uh, you know, and people have often said that, like, well, if it's not a, if it wasn't a Highlander movie, it'd be a lot better. I agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's not, like, the problem this movie has. This movie is broken. Like, story, the story doesn't quite make sense. Like, the, the editing and directing, it's it's, like, it's all over the place. Uh, and it's really just a shame. I don't know. Uh, so I think this... We haven't seen the source in a very long time. Uh, I am very excited to see that. Uh, but this is like, for me, maybe my least favorite Highlander movie, uh, which is a bummer. Uh, I don't know. I actually like, there's some, I think like the look of Highlander 3 is pretty cool too. Like there's some great sequences in that. Uh, yeah. And, and, and I wish I had like better stuff to say about this movie. Like I wish there was more stuff I could pull and be like, oh, that scene is so cool. Like at least there was that cool, like car chase or this or whatever. I don't know. I don't feel like it has it. And also, like, we enjoy quoting Highlander 3 fairly often. Do you think mm-hmm. we're going to be, like, pulling quotes from this movie? Nope. Like, You want a hot dog? The first line of this movie? <laughs> yeah, like, we're not, like, we don't even have good jokes about it. Maybe that's our mm-hmm. fault. Like, maybe we should have been funnier over the last bajillion episodes. But, like, <laughs> I just don't even feel like I've got anything in the chamber, like, as a result of this movie. Let my man Jin K handle it? <laughs> Yeah. Is that something? Yeah. Thanks, Damon. Yeah. Dash. (laughs) Well, this is this has made me check out the full Damon Dash film catalog. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, wouldn't that be great? (laughs) The Woodsman and all that stuff. Yeah. What an uplifting film, The Woodsman. Yeah. About pedophiles. (laughs) Starring the Hollow Man himself. The Hollow Man himself. Very Hollow Man. Mm -hmm. Kevin Bacon. Right. 
All right. Well, uh, I hope everyone's enjoyed our so far nine episodes. So we're, we're going to be doing, we are doing more. We're going to be talking about the reviews of the time, second opinions, mm -hmm. uh, which are very fun. Uh, and of course, reader mail. And again, I'm sure people have a lot of opinions on uh, our coverage of this movie. And maybe we got some stuff wrong. Maybe we missed some stuff. Maybe you got some cool trivia to share. Uh, write us at HeimlanderRewatch at gmail.com. Uh, and we will do our best to read as many of those emails on the air or parts of them and all that sort of stuff. Uh, so stay tuned for some more Endgame coverage. It's not over yet. So we can't some wait. Never was. <laughs> yep. It's all Endgame from now on. Wow. Great. Yep, anyway, yep. thanks everybody. Like We've been your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. Bye. 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 Welcome to the Highlander Rewatch Podcast, where each and every week we talk about another facet of the Highlander universe. I'm one of your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. And Classic welcome. Return to form right there. Classic. That's right. Classic. All right. And welcome to episode 10 of our Endgame coverage. We're now an exclusively Endgame podcast, and that's all we're going to ever talk about. That's right. 10 episodes so far. Uh, how you guys doing? Good. Living. Happy to... Talk about Endgame. Sure. I'm sure there's lots we haven't said already. Isn't that true? So, lots. No, actually, we're, we're actually going to be predominantly hearing about what other people have to say, I, I dare say, this go-round, right? That's right. So uh, this episode, so we've already gotten to the end of the film. Uh, in this episode, we're going to be talking about a lot of uh, reviews at the time. We're going to talk about the budget of Endgame, uh, how it performed at the box office. Uh, we're going to talk about some uh, maybe hot takes, some second opinions that we might agree, not agree with. Uh it's going to be something, and we're going to play a little game at the end, too. It's going to be great. And also, uh, I'm going to dip back into the uh, the movie a bit, because I think there's some some uh, some dangling threads that I'd like to talk about. But Some things somehow left unsaid. Somehow. Sure. I, I imagine in a year and a half, there'll be some weird bonus episode uh, that's about, like, <laughs> you know what? Like, I got more to say about Endgame, but... Mm. Mm. Some, uh, some, some... Dangling huckleberries. Huckleberries. What are those things called? Goose. Reds. Dingleberries. Dingleberries. A dingleberry. <laughs> Eamon, yes. what's a dingleberry? Uh, I'd rather not go into that. No. That's no. a that's a rare first. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, really. Okay. Fair enough. Well. Well, all fruit is great. Um. Love fruit. <laughs> we love fruit. Dingleberries matter. That's um, right. Okay, so. Uh, why don't we start off with a little bit of a game, okay? Uh, so we're going to be talking about the Highlander budget. Uh, I know, right? Uh, so let me bring this up here. The Highlander budget. The Highlander budget. All right, so Kyle and Amy, you're going to go head-to-head, -head and you are going to try to guess, uh, much like our catalog game, like what was the budget of Highlander Endgame? Uh, and like we normally do, uh, 20% uh, or closer to the actual price. 
And I don't know what you win this uh, episode because there's no way to give your opinion first. Uh, so I guess you just get respect. So let's good. do it. Good, good, good. Uh, Eamon, how much do you think Highlander Endgame costs to produce? This is filmed in 1999, released in the year 2000. Uh, I'm really <laughs> bad at these kinds of things. Uh, I'll say... $15 million. $15 million. It should be noted for the record that, Eamon, you're also bad at the catalog game. So yes. Yes, is, it's important this, to know. This is fine. I'm bad at all games. All the games. I'm just yeah. teasing. Kyle, how much do you think Highlander Endgame costs? Uh, this feels like a movie you can't, like, I don't know that you can make a movie on this scope for less than, like, 30 million bucks. So I'm going to guess that. Sorry, 30 million dollars. 30 million. How many? Wow. So and if, that, if, if that's hard to realize how much money that is, imagine like a dollar times 30 million. And that'll yeah, be okay. some So sense. imagine 30 million by multiplying something by 30 million. Yeah, right? It's a lot. Okay, actual retail, actual retail price of Highlander Endgame, which I guess is true, uh, is 25 million. Wow. So Kyle, you win. Congratulations. Yeah, it's pretty close on that one. You were. You did a great job. Thank you. Congratulations, sir. I, I feel like action movies, like you always think they're gonna be cheaper, but any kind of action movie, I just don't I just don't see how that happens. Like I feel like you can make like a two low like a two or three location drama for five million bucks. But. Totally. Yeah, once you start blowing something up, you yeah. gotta up the price tag, right? I hate that poster so much. Uh yep, it's not good. Why right? ever would you have issue with this poster? I'd did like you, to know how much the did poster. Did you edit cost. edit this at all, Keith? That poster? No, that is yeah. like, isn't that great? Like his, uh Why Connor McCloud's sword head... behind the the other sword. Do you I see don't... that? Connor's I do. Is like... yeah. You know what? Random other thought that didn't come up before. That is not Connor's haircut in the movie. And no. I'm gonna go ahead and say I would enjoy this movie three percent more if that was his haircut. <laughs> Because he if he looks, didn't have that weird Prince Valiant haircut or whatever it was. Right? Yeah, yeah. he looks like a Victorian school child for half the movie. <laughs> yeah, this is like the lasso tool uh, gone amok in Photoshop with like Lambert's head. It like, it just looks like copied and pasted right on there. Yeah. It's yep. crazy. Very good. Very good indeed. Yeah, and, and 20, of course he's 25 not... million worth. <laughs> Yikes. Um, okay, so let's compare. I thought it'd be fun to compare the budget of Endgame to the budget of the other Highlander properties. Uh, yeah, right? So let's talk about Highlander. Do you guys remember how much Highlander costs? No. We'll turn the whole thing into a game. You guys can just shout it out. This is very, isn't very official. We can move along. Uh, uh, say it. 20 million. 20 million. Great. Moving on. So it was $16 million. But of course, that was wow. filmed in 1985. So I went through and I did, uh, I adjusted all the, the budgets of the movie, movies. Uh, so the thing that's crazy is in 1999, the film Highlander would have cost $24.75 million. Built slightly less. Right. Which isn't this crazy. Like it practically has the same budget. That's as nuts. Highlander Endgame. And so, like, I don't know, it, it makes my brain, like, freak out. Like, wait, like, where does all that money go? Like, I suppose Christopher Lambert must cost a lot more for Highlander Endgame than he does... Yeah, but you're not paying Connery. You're not paying Connery a million dollars for a few days of work. Uh, yeah, I, I can't... I don't really know um, what the I deal is. I mean, they is. shot in fucking 
cheap ass Romania. That's the other thing is like, I actually thought about going another layer to this and being like, okay, so we're going to adjust for inflation, but we also need to adjust for each country that these films are done in because like 25 million in like Romania gets you somewhere different. Uh, same thing with Argentina for Highlander too. Uh, so I don't know, man, this is crazy. Wild. Yep. Yeah, they actually filmed in Scotland, New York, and London for the original one. Uh, London and New York are expensive places to film, so I, I don't know what's happening. Um, all right, let's talk about Highlander 2. How much do you think this bad bug cost? Uh, I bet this one cost $30 million. Oh, $34 million. Oh. They really dumped some money into this. Uh, I mean, of course, Highlander 1 was like a cold hit overseas. I shouldn't even say a cold hit overseas. It did well overseas. Uh, Random question. Does a helicopter ever appear in the movie? Highway uh, I think so. When they break into the dam, I think there's a helicopter. Okay. Mm. Wondering about mm. that chopper. That's right. That iconic kind of chopper. Exciting helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. Moving on. So if Highlander 2 was filmed in 1999, its adjusted budget would be $43 <laughs> million. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. That's magic expensive expensive indeed the I think fairy three. tale ending <laughs> who's got a guess uh 35 oh 32 35 oh it's going up all right um also i'd like to take uh this opportunity to mention i should have mentioned this at the top of the show uh that this is a video episode of course if people are still you know listening to these as podcasts super cool but there's a lot of visual stuff now uh so you can watch it on our facebook page or subscribe to our youtube channel which like we've had for a long time but like now we're regularly updating it with uh these brand new videos so uh check that out and subscribe High Industry was $26 million. Oh, okay. oh that's, that's right. Good. And it came out in 94, filmed in 93. Um, okay, so in 99, Highlander 3 would cost $30 million. So still a higher budget than Endgame. Uh, now we get into some other stuff. So let's compare all the Highlander budgets. <laughs> Here mm. we go. Ba-boom. So you can really wow. see. Oh. Like, this is an impressive infographic you have made. Thank you. This is like we're looking at the shield generator presentation. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, so here you can see there, uh, the budgets are in dark blue and in 1999 is the adjusted budget if everything was equal in 1999. Of course, this isn't adjusted for the uh, locations it's filmed in, which is crazy. Uh, yeah, isn't this weird to see? I don't know. Uh, any thoughts initially on this? We have another chart too. Highlander 2. It's insane to me that boy. effectively the cheapest movie to make was the first movie, which is by far the best looking movie. Yeah. Like even, not yeah. even just in terms of quality, just in terms of uh, like overall quality, just in terms of what the movie itself looks like, which sure. is ordinarily something you're buying with your budget. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's not close. Nope. I would say Highlander 2 has a chance of looking pretty cool, except like the special effects, like all the weird dome effects and stuff like that, like really drag it down. Uh, up until when you get like that, like the renegade or whatever the, the producer's cut is that like they redid the effects. That looks better. Uh, yeah. But there's crazy. also good shots in that. The film quality's high. <laughs> right. Uh, so we did a little Highlander PL. I thought this would be fun. Oh, good. Uh, <laughs> Does this account just for the box office or worldwide other sales? Uh, this is worldwide gross. Worldwide gross. Worldwide gross. Oh, uh, so boy. our budgets are in <laughs> in purple, and the gross is in pink. Uh, 
to, to me, a thing that seems really interesting about this is that the gross is almost equal across the board. Isn't that weird? Like the budgets have changed drastically. Uh, to me, this seems to be like, hey, there's some core audience that likes Highlander and no one else does. Like no one else is seeing these movies. But also some of these movies are like wildly different than each other. So I don't know. So does this mean that <laughs> all of these movies were flops in yes. the theater. Well, I think kind the of. box office flops. I think a lot yeah. of them would have ended up making money. Mm -hmm. When you yeah, that's for sure. Like, it's not like Highlander did not make money to some degree. And it's also curious to to wonder like who made the money. Like, when the movie loses money, uh, you know, other people could pick up the slack with like a little merch right on the side. Uh, yeah, but I don't know that like canon. Like I don't know who is the, who it is that catches that. Like, exactly right. So that that's kind of interesting to think or about. Canon films or hmm. right. And so finally, uh, we can get a look and see uh, <laughs> what this all looked like in terms of the percent budget loss. Uh, so Highlander lost nineteen percent of its budget. <laughs> Highlander two lost nearly sixty percent. I know. Highlander three is forty seven. And finally, Highlander Endgame is forty nine percent of its budget lost. So this Dang. is like this is like a gloomy tale, guys. Of Bananas. Like the history of like Highlander, right? And then we have one more film. Right. Granted, it was a made for TV movie. <laughs> so good it couldn't be released in theaters. Mm -hmm. That's right. Uh, so there we go. That's that. That's zany. Wow. I love it. It is zany. Thank you for the maths. You're welcome. All these little graphics, Man. very fun. Okay, so uh, before we hop back in, well, I should say before we get into like all these second opinions and reviews, I did kind of want to jump into the the movie a little bit more because I was actually listening to our episode from last week, uh, and I said to myself, I was like, you know, I don't know how much we really talked about like the last bits of dialogue because I think I screamed fuck really loud and was just upset. <laughs> Which last bits of dialogue in which cut? <laughs> exactly. I uh, was thinking about the uh, at the Millennium Dome in London where Duncan and Faith slash Kate have like a convo. And uh, so for just like two seconds, I kind of just wanted to go over this dialogue. Uh, Eamon, do you want to like recreate this with me? We could do a little reading. Sure. I'll be Faith because you do okay. a good Duncan. Okay. Okay. So th these are... The, the actual this is the actual dialogue at the end of the movie this is how the movie ends so i'll be faith so why are you here you hoping you'd find me for whatever reason kel made his choice so um what now trust you can always trust me faith <laughs> you're doing the adr yep faith is dead i thought we'd give kate another chance and then Duncan tries to hand me this fucking talisman. And I'm like, not yet. Till the day we are reborn, you hold on to it for me. We've got plenty of time. And then blah, 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 we kiss. What is up? What is up with this, guys? Like, for real. What? I like that in the script, they change Faith's name to Kate. Right? Faith is dead. Right? That's crazy. So, like, there's a lot to talk. I mean, I don't say there's a lot to talk about, but maybe there is. Uh, there isn't. Shut up. <laughs> I like what did we ever talk about? Like, Kel made his choice. This is crazy to me. Like, we what just, is we what did like, he make his choice? What does that what does that line mean? He made his choice not to kill her, clearly. Well, he could have made his choice to kill her. 
So I don't understand. Like, like what is that about? Bad. Like, well, what do I gain? What do I gain mm-hmm. from that? That that Kate has no agency. Oh yeah, I remember now. Like what? Oh yeah, that she's alive just because Kel wished it so. I guess yeah, it's just so weird. And like I don't know. Like this is a movie that starts with Duncan's. The first line of this movie is, "Oh, what do you want on your hot dog?" And like one of the last lines of this movie is, "Oh, now what?" It's like that's what you're at. Like that's the the question for the audience, right? Like what yeah. what now after after all of this nonsense? Like where does any of this go? And it's just like it's all garbage. Anyway, uh, like I don't understand why does Kate give him the pendant back? Like what is this saying? Did we ever really discuss like what what is happening right now? Are they getting back together? Yes, but Was she doesn't want the not indicative of that. But but like but in what capacity? She's like, I want to like fucking hook up with you because like the sex was bananas. It's crazy, right? Everyone saw it, right? It must have been wild. And now she's like, all right, we can hook up more. But like, you take your little jewelry back. I don't want a gift, right? Like, I don't understand what this is about. Why can't she take the little pendant back? I don't think that she can't. She wants. She's like, I think she's signaling that they're gonna be together for a while. So like, you hang on to it for me. But they're gonna be together. What's he got in his pocket? I don't understand this at all. Maybe I'm completely insane. Kyle's reaction. You're way overthinking this. I don't. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it either. (laughs) (laughs) It's bad. Oh yeah. I I mean, I think that's the that's the problem. Okay. They they just like shoved that in at the end. They were like, I don't know. (laughs) It's so just. I just. Uh, it's just so upsetting. Uh, Eamon, you used the word insulting last time, I think, to mm-hmm. describe some of these things. And I don't know. I was looking at that again and just being insulted by like what the film was giving me. Um, but I did also want to mention one other thing. Last episode, we did talk about the Bechtel test. And we were like, mm-hmm. oh, we got like Kate and uh, what's her name? Who's the other person in this? Uh, Heather? Rachel. Rachel? Okay. Well, see, this is the thing. I don't think we mentioned all. There's four women in this movie. Rachel, Heather, Faith, Kate, and is there someone else? Why am I thinking there's a fourth? Probably is, and we're just so. being idiots. Oh, or... Connor's mother. mother. Yeah. Oh, right, Connor's. Mother. I do want to mention because we did talk about Rachel is fridged at the top of this movie. Mm-hmm. All four female characters in this film are murdered on screen. Like that's crazy. Like so, I do want to yep. mention that. Like, what is up? Like, what? All four, wow. All four murdered one, on screen. Well, one gets not murdered on screen. Oh, that's right. That's She's not true. murdured on screen. I'm sorry. <clears throat> so only three. three only three are murdered on screen. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's just it's just so weird. I don't know, man. We yeah. <laughs> one one gets burned at the stake and yep. explodes. Mm-hmm. One is exploded. One is exploded without bomb. being burned at the stake. Yeah. That's right. And, and one, one just gets her head chopped off. Dead. <laughs> one in, all, in an alternative universe gets her head chopped off. That's and another right. One yeah. inexplicably, inexplicably, inexplicably lives. But she gets stabbed by Duncan. Sure does. In all versions. <laughs> so one woman gets killed, murdered twice in this movie. <laughs> right. Depending That's on the right. depending on the cut you watch. <sighs> all right. Well, I think it's time to read some uh, some reviews at the time. Uh, so I've sent Kyle and Eamon some uh, some reviews uh, that were done. Uh, when do you, you guys want to kick us off? Sure. Uh, I can read this Entertainment Weekly review. Oh, I love it. So who wrote this? When did it come out? What's the skinny? Oh, do we want to talk about the Rotten Tomatoes score? First? Hell yeah. 
So it got an 11% from critics. 11. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and what's the audience give it, Damon? 38. 38%. <laughs> so this is like not performing well in either category, but like really critics do not like this film. Yeah. Uh, By any metric. So this is from the publication Entertainment Weekly. Written September 15, 2000 by Lisa Schwarzbaum. Those in the cult will be thrilled that Highlander Endgame, Connor McCle- that in Highlander Endgame, Connor McCloud, Christopher Lambert, weather-beaten star of the movie franchise dating back to 1986. Weather-beaten. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. And his fellow Klansman, Duncan McCloud, Adrian Paul, beetle-browed star of the syndicated TV franchise, dating back to 1993, engage in a vein-popping showdown to see which immortal will bump off the other, thereby achieving a quickening of multi-orgasmic proportions. Not what the movie's about. (laughs) Those who aren't in the cult of this popular genre fantasy not only won't understand what the previous sentence is about, but may also wonder what's so great about perpetual life if it entails schlepping from one badly lit, cheesily art-directed, peat-bog-colored centuries to another spouting <laughs> hollow dialogue like honor's not in the weapon it's in the man <laughs> this latest chapter in the saga of the scottish superheroes their claim banner might read ageless since 1518 and their ongoing time shifting sword clanging martial arts oriented battles finds the two brethren up against the evil jacob kell bruce payne a renegade immortal kell's most potent weapon it turns out isn't his cutlery it's the hysterical, hot villain inflections and with which Payne declaims very, very long speeches <laughs> about how difficult it is to stick around, but with the endless numbing sameness of it all. Isn't that the everlasting truth? D plus. <laughs> oh, boy. Wow. All right, so what do we think of that review? Do we agree with uh, points in it? Do we disagree with anything they said? Um, I, I mean, mean they're, they're pretty spot on. I mean, they also like clearly don't get it though. Totally, yeah. right? That I think that is a problem. With, I think that's part of that is a problem with this movie, but it's also a problem with the way critics are going to interact with it. Mm-hmm. Like this movie doesn't do a great job of setting the table for people who don't know a lot. Right. But also this person's like very clearly disdainful of the source material. In some sure. Way, right. Like this person doesn't really care to get it. So like, you know, in some ways, I, I feel weird sticking up for this movie that we've spent like nine episodes slagging. But you know, there are some of some aspect of that is unfair to me. Agreed. Totally. Yeah. And I think like it's interesting to as we read these, like that notion that uh, you know, who is this movie for? And people that aren't familiar with Highlander, like how are they gonna? What's their take gonna be? Because we wondered if we were too close to it, and we're being unjustly hard on it because of that uh so anyway shall we read the next one kyle you want to read the next one it's a short one sure. this is just a little blurb from the, the new york, york post, post. <laughs> in 2000 its story is so incompetently constructed that long lulls between nonsensical action scenes make you wonder if it was written by a prepubescent fan <laughs> holy Damn. smokes yikes from the Compliments of the New York Post. Yep. Part of that I agree with. I mean, I don't know. I remember scenes in this, and I was like, this reads like fan fiction, man. This is like not so. Fan fiction, baby. Very <laughs> fan fiction-y. It is. 
All right, I'm going to read the next one. This is from the San Francisco Chronicle. Uh, this is by Edward Guthman. And this review came out on September 2nd in the year 2000s. The article is titled, Off With Their Heads, Highlander Hits a Low. <laughs> Yikes. Aww. Highlander Endgame tends to leapfrog the epochs with glib dispatch. 16th century Scotland plays a big role with the final showdown taking place in 2000. One of the benefits of time travel, well, it's more like a distraction, is seeing the wigs, costumes, and facial hair pieces that get pasted on Paul. An adequate actor with romantic Douglas Fairbanks looks. Paul is the saving grace here, and he has a hot sex scene with full-lipped Elisa B, playing the woman he makes immortal so he won't be alone. You force I, I, I strongly agree with the premise that Adrian Paul is like a, a bright spot in this film. Yes. I think he does very well in this movie. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I don't know if he had like hopes that this might be his transition to the big screen in some way, but he certainly put in the effort as though it was. Yeah, definitely. He is the bright spot. Uh, Edward continues, you force this on me. She accuses him century later. The numbing... Uh, <laughs> oh, uh-oh. Kyle's dog is going crazy. The numbing sameness of it all. But don't expect philosophical ruminations on immortality. Samuel Beckett, this ain't. Directed by first-time movie maker Doug uh, Aronox. I can never say his name right. Arnias. I have no idea. Uh, Highlander Endgame is a video game come to life, structured mostly from action scenes that achieve the numbing sameness uh, that Lisa B <laughs> laments. This formula is simple swordplay, martial arts, anthem rock music, and the occasional throwaway lines on the order of hasta la vista. Even the sound effects get tiring. How many times can you hear a sword being clanged, yanked from the earth, or sink squishingly into quivering flesh without getting bored? Wow. Yikes. That is not something I picked up on is the, the sword clanking. Oh, I hated it. It's it's the sound effects in the TV show have like better quality than I think mm -hmm. the sound effects in the film do. It's weird. Uh, like just like the, the, the it's just like seems tinny and like it doesn't have like the grandeur that like I don't know even Highlander one has. Uh, but yeah, it's very I, strange. I, the blood sound effects in this are very like. <laughs> yeah. What are they like, Eamon? Ew. Okay. Yum. And there's also like a genre of film that like that exists in, right? Like, I mean, a lot of like samurai movies have that sort of like over the top, like squishy sound effects and blood and gore. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Mm. Mm. No either. But also this person mentions Anthem Rock and that to me makes me think that they're getting this a bit confused with like Highlander 1. That this like is like, because I, I don't hear a lot of anthem rock uh, in this movie at all. I hear none. I think it's like all weird techno music. Yeah, like, is yeah. there? Like, what is that even in reference to? No. So another instance where I think the reviewer is probably like maybe drawing uh, some comparisons to the original. Like, it just exists in their head. And they might be coming at this movie a little bit negatively, too, I think. Maybe. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. All right, Eamon. Yes. This, la this last one we can divide up. It's a little long, uh, but this is the New York Times review. Uh, I can't even believe they reviewed this movie, but I guess they review all the movies. Um, it's pretty nuts. I don't yeah. know if they review all movies. This this might have the stink of like when they reviewed Guy Fieri's restaurant. <laughs> right. right. But like, because like they knew what they were doing. Like they were being snooty assholes about it. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm, I'm assuming that's what this is going to be, but we're doing this fresh. I have not read this before. So, all right. 
Failing New York Times by Elvis <laughs> Mitchell, September 2nd, 2000. The rules have been broken. One of your kind has gone renegade. The good guy immortal Duncan McLeod, Adrian Paul of the Clan McLeod, is told in Highlander Endgame. The evil immortal Jacob Kell, Bruce Payne, has gone on a rampage. And such an earth-shaking event hasn't transpired on Earth since, well, the last Highlander movie. When the evil immortal Kane had to be stopped by good guy Connor McLeod, Christopher Lambert of the Clan McLeod. Is that Kel- true? Like, is Kel on a rampage? Is that what this is? I guess. I guess. I don't I think know. so. I mean, we were left wondering what the hell is he doing? <laughs> like, Yeah, I, I don't know. All right. Sure, rampage. He's on a rampage. He's I think that's accurate. He blows up a building. He assaults the sanctuary. He uh, does all that other stuff. Sure. Uh, Kel wants to torture Connor for all eternity because Connor killed his father centuries before. Though, to be fair, Kel and others burned Connor's mother at the stake. To be fair. Yeah. Although Endgame is only 95 minutes long, there's so much exposition that some may find it as confusing as the Samuel Beckett play of the same name. Very, uh, what a overly literary, literary <laughs> reference. Yep. Oh, wait, uh, from the New York Times, you mean? <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> In the Highlander mythology, immortals walk the earth. They modestly refer to themselves as the seeds of legend. Each time one is killed in battle, his head has to be cut off, leading to a light show that could be right out of an Ozzy Osbourne concert. His spirit and power entered the victor. I'm sure there's a lengthy monograph on the homoeroticism of Highlander Ho somewhere at the Sarbonne, and Endgame lets Kel jokingly allude to it. This may be the only thing that will keep those unaware of the Highlander mythology interested. (laughs) The New York Times is positing that if uh, if you don't know much about High, it's like if you don't know much about Highlander, you stay for the gay illusions. Is I guess so. Story? Like, huh? What's the, this all about? Come for the sword fights. Stay for the gay. Stay for the sword fights. Yeah. <laughs> right. The sword all, right. Fights. <laughs> all right. I'll continue reading, and then uh, Kyle will take over in uh, two paragraphs or so. Uh, the mythology began in the 1986 film Highlander, which has the distinction of being one of the most over-directed films of that decade. Huh, interesting. I don't agree with that. Uh, the camera flies around so much, you assume the camera operators were being paid by the mile. <laughs> wow. Uh, Mr. Lambert stare, uh, starred in the sequels, which lost whatever uh, sprightliness the first one had, perhaps because the quality was in, uh, embodied by Sean Connery p- playing Mr. Lambert's mentor and, more absurdly, a Spanish a Spaniard with a Scottish uh, lilt. Uh, the appropriate accents are a big part of Highlander. Connor seems to have been singled out to be an immortal because he uh, has the least convincing Scottish accent in the country. <laughs> Mr. Connery's gargantuan, jovial presence, uh, he seemed to be in on some private joke, was glimpsed briefly in the second Highlander, where, it cam- where he had a cameo that was such a brazen attempt to bring in an audience that he seemed to be uh, cashing his check on the set. Uh, the <laughs> other sequels have become increasingly grim and, uh, was this, dollarous? Dollarous. Dollarous. Uh-huh. Uh, it's no fun having to live forever. That's the theme of Endgame. And to set up this picture, the producers used endless flashbacks because the audience, uh, unfamiliar with Highlander movies and the spinoff television series. Wait, what? What is this sentence? 
Uh, and to set up this picture, the producers use endless flashbacks because the audience, unfamiliar with the Highlander movies and the spinoff television series in which all the immortals seem to have moved to Canada have <laughs> to be brought up to speed. That's very funny. I, I yeah. think that line's funny. Uh, that all the immortals have moved to Canada. Yep. All right. Uh, Kyle, do you want to read the last two? Yeah. Connor, looking about as miserable as anyone who has lived for several centuries can, has gone into seclusion for 10 years, a revelation that means the movie's sequels apparently never took place since they were set in the, the 1990s. Endgame doesn't even bother to be consistent with its own phony past. He leaves the sanctu sanctuary, called Sanctuary no less, to join Duncan so that together they can keep Kel from being the last surviving immortal. The immortal creed is, there can be only one. There is so much exposition that Mr. Paul, whose impish Duncan was the protagonist of the television spinoff, doesn't even appear until 10 minutes into the action. And the action is the best thing in the picture, taking place in warehouses and abandoned buildings that make the film look like, ooh, don't know this one. <laughs> Einsterzende Nobaton? Don't, I don't know. There we go. New York Times reference. Yeah. It's nice to see that mindless violence back in a B picture where it belongs. And the swordplay is impressive. When Highlander sticks to the hand-to-hand -hand battles and doesn't try to offer deeper thoughts on the life of an immortal, it works on its own terms. No one explains how the two Britons, Connor and Duncan, learned sword fighting techniques that look Japanese, but it's probably pointless to ask you any questions here. And that is the review. That's it. What do we think of that one? Uh, I don't know. It's like obviously so snooty in its way, but then it like does circle around and is like, but you know, if you take it on its own terms, it's actually okay. I don't yeah. Know. And it's weird. This, this uh, review seems perhaps the most like cognizant of the Highlander universe, like and how it exists. Although within that, I feel like they get some stuff like wrong. Like, Dunkish, like Adrian Paul's impish Duncan. Would you think Duncan is impish? He's playful at times. But I mean, I think most of the time we're like, Duncan is super stoic in the show. And like, we need Richie there to like pull him out of it. Is he, I don't think he's super stoic in the context of this movie though. No. You deal with him a lot. He's very playful in all the flashbacks, which is also- Oh, that's true. Like young Duncan. And modern Duncan has like very emotional scenes. Like modern Duncan is like, Connor, don't kill yourself. Faith, I love you. So That's right. So forth. All right. That word I tripped over, I shit you not, is a German experimental music group formed in West Berlin in 1980. So thank you, New York Times, for, for being utterly inscrutable on this one. Wow. Very good. <laughs> what a snooty review. But, you know, they give it props at the end. Hmm. Of the review. They do. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting how like varied these these reviews are, uh, I think. Um some truths certainly in there. Uh so but there's some other second opinions. Uh most of these obviously lean towards being like, I'd say negative, right? Um sure. However, uh, and we didn't we weren't crazy about the movie, but we thought we'd uh read some second opinions off a variety of websites. Uh from people who uh, loved this movie. Uh, so I thought this would be fun. Um, so well, on Amazon- to, to give voice there, uh, we've flagged several times that there are people who adore this movie. Yes. Uh, so maybe at least like, you know, acknowledging that and giving them their due is okay. Though I feel-, I, feel I think we're gonna be laughing through some of these, right? 
What's that? We're going to laugh through some of these, right? Oh, I think so. But. Okay. <laughs> okay. So on Amazon, uh, 67% uh, gave this five stars on Amazon. Only 3% gave this one star. So you can see, uh, I mean, for whatever these like, you know, amalgamated sites are like Rotten Tomatoes. Like this is a very different metric than what's given to us on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, also, I just want to point out how th that's even more stark, I think, than it looks. Because I think on most on most product review pages, there's like it's like bimodal. There's like a ton of five stars and like a ton of one stars because like they're the only people who get on there to write anything. Is right. like you're either super jazzed about it or you fucking hated it. That's true. Um, so the fact that the negative is only three percent of this is interesting to me. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. So here we go. Uh, let me correct my screen here all right this is uh titled there can be only one and this was reviewed on november 6 2001 Ooh. even though i have in yet the wake to 9 11 they wrote this <laughs> <laughs> that's right so yeah really get into their mindset here uh <sighs> crush nation um even though I've yet to see Highlander 2 The Quickening and Highlander The Final Dimension, this film is just as good as the original film. <laughs> Jacob Kell is on par with the Kurrigan as the one of as the best villains that Connor and Duncan McCloud have ever faced. The visual effects were done very good compared to the series. <laughs> no, they weren't. Yeah. The, yeah. Act, the acting and choreography are done very well. If this film had any downfalls, there would be two of them. Colon. Number one, Duncan and Faith sex scene. <laughs> That's in caps. <laughs> True. It has good edit editing between the scene and the past and the present. And the woman playing Faith is great looking. <laughs> oh boy. But I'd rather watch Kate Winslet's nude scene in Titanic than look at Adrian Paul's naked rear end through half of that scene. And since I'm Christian, I really shouldn't watch this scene much at all. <laughs> I shouldn't. What? I like the weird contradiction of like, well, first off, I'd rather see those Titanic titties. But right. second, I'm a Christian, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, so, and perhaps a bit of like homophobia thrown in right in the middle of this. Like, yeah. I can't look at Adrian's naked butt. Like, what? Ones. Um, all right, I'm and number two. <laughs> number two, the death of Connor McLeod. This is the part of the movie that bothered me the most. Connor is my favorite Highlander character and was the one in the original film. It was sad that he died, but it was more sad that Duncan was the one that killed him. Even though it was inevitable, it's still sad to think about. Other than these minor problems, Highlander Endgame is a movie that all Highlander fans shouldn't be without. Grade A+. Plus. <laughs> I like that they're describing the most important plot point in the entire movie as a minor issue. They're like, minus this right. minor issue. Yeah. Ooh. He says Connor is his favorite and he has, hasn't has even seen all the Connor movies. Oh, that's right. Yeah, like that doesn't make any sense. I've seen one film with Connor and that's it. Wow, whatever, man. Woo! Very a weird. plus. This movie's not an A plus. Very weird. Uh, Fans hate me. People I'll, hate I'll me. I'll read the next so two much. of these because these are, or the, the next three of these because they are kind of of a type. Uh, Go crazy. And very short. Yep. All of these are five stars. Uh, this reviewer writes is a good one. <laughs> uh, 
Powder a game. The last one for Chris Lambert with Adrian Paul is a good one. I love this on my Amazon seven inch tablet. <laughs> Which, cool flex. They have a seven inch tablet. Like, wow. isn't that like the size of a phone? That's gonna <laughs> like, so that's going to look terrible. Uh, <laughs> it's like the David Lynch thing. If you think you've seen a movie on your fucking phone. <laughs> so good. Uh, I'm going to skip one and loop back. Number four, gift for husband. My husband wanted this DVD. Five stars. <laughs> wow. Very good. Uh, My husband this wanted one, this. Which I think we can all agree to. Five out of five stars. Review name, five stars. Only comment. <laughs> At least Adrian Paul makes it tasty. So they're going, they're going head to head with tasty. that first review who was who is not down for the Adrian Buns. And this person is like, more more AP Buns, please. Yeah. More AP Buns. <laughs> AP Buns, that sounds like a chain. Let's make it happen. Come, come to AP Buns. All right, I'll read this next one. This is another five out of five review. Amazingly epic. Amazingly cool. This is written on December 12th, 2004. Attention, spoiler included. So if you oh. haven't watched the movie yet, don't listen to this part. One of my favorite movies, no doubt. A Welts skilled director although some scenes are quite cl clumsily directed what except they write clumpsy yeah all the the uh the the grammar is all left the same like this person could not put a space between any of their commas it's insufferable is that like the nutty professor sequel clumpsy yeah, the clumpsy. yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. right christopher lambert at his best <laughs> at his best and an epic but also cool plot the martial arts are great too, and so is the music. No, unfortunately, <laughs> the movie lacks in the acting part. The main good guys are great, but I found the bad guy and the watcher too <laughs> angry. Okay. What? I agree. All right, fair enough. But who knows? Maybe it's the director's fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who knows? Maybe he told them to act that way. What do you, sure. What do you think about that? Do you think the director told them how to act? No, I don't. Yeah. Also, <laughs> not like, really. I like not means, like a well-skilled director, but some schemes are, are are clumsy, and maybe he made the actors bad. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. I would also like to correct a wrong essay about this film. <laughs> a wrong essay, which I believe must be corrected if you want to make the right decision to buy this film or not. This is the spoiling part. So everybody, yeah, plug your ears if you haven't seen it. What is said by many about this movie is that the game ends, leaving the character of Adrian Paul. Don't remember his name right now. <laughs> How can he not remember the name Duncan? I, Who this is his, this is his favorite movie. Without knowing the character's name. Anyway, please continue. <laughs> that is completely wrong. The movie gives you no such information. Adrian Paul's character 6,000, what? And more year old friend is still alive. What? <laughs> oh, Mythos. <laughs> or at least we don't learn anything about him dying. And our, of uh, course, what? There is that new scene in the end where we learn that Faith is still alive. To my opinion, this part is called Endgame because the game ends for the original Highlander played by Chris Lambert, the main character of the movies, when he dies. Anyway, if you like epic, cool, and our course martial arts, buy this movie now. <laughs> no! Wow. What a review. Was there a lot of confusion that the game was supposed to be over at the end of this movie? 
I, we, we had some Facebook comments of people saying they thought that's what this movie was about. I'm like, where did you get that from? I guess it what line of dialogue implies that like we don't even know about the game in this. They don't even talk I mean, about the, that. The movie is called Endgame. To be game. fair. But yeah. like uh no, no. And no. like I guess in in the context of the movie, Mythos is still out there somewhere, I guess, but Faith yeah. is assumed to have died, be dead. Right. So I don't know. I, I still don't think there's much reason for people to think that. And certainly the producers didn't think that because they made another movie that wasn't the end. So like, I mean, yeah. I guess that's the Highlander thing the whole time, but like. It is the Highlander thing the whole time. <laughs> thing the whole time. Sorry, guys. All right. All right. <laughs> also, I can't get over like the director. They say the director's terrible. The acting is sometimes clumpy, but it's like, but still five out of five. Like it's, yeah. per it's perfect. Like. I don't understand. Why, why, what's confusing about that? All right. Okay, next one. Clumpsy, um, clumpsy directing. <laughs> clumpsy directing, yeah. All right, this Hercules, one. Hercules. This is from February 27th, 2001. Five out of five stars. Um, as a film fan, I will confess that Highlander is a brilliant piece of work. And hence, I'm a fan of it. Yeah. <laughs> I love this chicken or the egg scenario. It's a brilliant mm. piece of work. And hence, I'm a fan of it as a film fan. Therefore, I found Highlander Endgame enjoyable though I feel that some of the character development was a little underdone. A few of the villainous henchmen I would have liked to have uh, seen more work, uh, work done on. I would have also uh, have liked to have seen more development between the two McClouds. In the franchise, it is explained that Connor, about 100 years older than Duncan, trained him in the ways of the immortals. From this mentor-student relationship, a deep friendship formed that made the two like brothers. As a fan, I knew this. So a scene towards the end of the film, which I won't give away for those uh, who haven't seen it, reaches its peak as, a ver as very touching and significant. Someone unfamiliar with the series might find it a tad confusing. Fans will also find uh, welcoming some familiar faces from both the first film and the TV show, but I won't give away any of their cameos either. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. Uh, despite very secretive. <laughs> yes. Despite these shortcomings, however, the film itself is quite good. The well-choreographed action scenes alone are worth the price of the DVD, and both Lambert and Paul deliver performances that are so powerful, so sincere and moving, that even a non-fan will be touched by their delivery. <laughs> Truly, wow. these are two of the finest performances of the year. I use uh, the use of scenery is also Oscar worthy with good <laughs> Scottish Irish tunes to back them up. Irish tunes, summing it all up. This is the perfect ending to a nearly 13 year franchise and all Highlander fans should drop what they're doing and flock to go buy it. I applaud the writers and the director for their effort here. But most of all, I applaud Christopher Lambert and Adrian Paul for their masterful performances. Wow. Having been tackling their roles for years, they've got the part nailed. And their presentations here pay the ultimate tribute to a fantasy franchise that has reached epic proportions. Proportions. In the end, there can be only one, and this is the right one. This film is the right one. There we go. Yikes. I, I, I will note that in the year 2000, in order for one of these gentlemen to win an Academy Award for, for Best Actor, they would have to be Kevin Spacey in American Beauty. Or Denzel Washington in The Hurricane. Oh my God! Yeah, uh, 
Yeah, I definitely give the Oscar to one of these guys over Denzel fucking Washington. Yep. Yeah. One of the uh, greatest if, actors. if one of them was considered a supporting actor, they'd have to be Michael Caine in Cider House Rules, Tom Cruise <laughs> in Magnolia. Oh, which wow. Is one of my favorite performances of all time. It's amazing. Uh, or <laughs> Michael Clark Duncan in The Green Mile, or Jude Law in The Talented Mr. Ripley. Yikes. Wow. This is like a fairly, that's like a fairly stacked category. Yeah. Yeah. And these guys blow them at those losers out of the water. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> You're not uh, wrong. It's a brilliant piece of work. Hence, I'm a fan of it. Hence, I'm <laughs> a fan. <laughs> but All right. We should acknowledge that people do love these movies. Yeah. Uh, we are having some fun with some people who are a little over the top in section for them. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. It's a thing that people love. It's a thing. Right. It's a thing. As good as always. <laughs> the names of these. Highlander, the Highlander quote series are an extremely creative saga. <laughs> I hope it never dies. I am a female. And even though all the fighting scenes, there is enough rope, even, even though with all the fighting scenes, there is enough romance and fantasy for the ladies to ponder and wish for in real life. Oh. I really enjoy the past slash present switches throughout the movie. We know which one this this review is talking about, clearly. Oh, yeah. Uh, and they keep you tuned in to the whole picture and the whole centuries-long storyline. This movie is not for the analytical mind, nor for the right-brainers out there. Your left Ooh. brain needs to be turned on to reach for the fantasy of these movies and series. Wow. Uh, this, this is a very horny review, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. Not I hope for the right brainers. As much as I do, the movie is very, very entertaining, and I hope to see more films in the future. I sure. hope to see more <laughs> films in the future, like in general. Yep. No Highlander films, yo. Oh. Oh well. <laughs> well, we um, get one. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I have a problem with this. Like, not for the right brainers out there. Like, what? Like, I, I, are there fantasy movies you like, guys? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have to be like overly analytical to enjoy them? Like they're just cohesive stories, right? Yeah. <laughs> and that's why we enjoy them, right? And they have like fleshed out three-dimensional characters that are like, you know, maybe relatable. Not maybe. for the right brainers, Keith. Yeah, not no. We we can all demand uh, you know, quality out of our entertainment, I think, but that's me. No, that's not allowed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right, Eamon. All right. This is this so from IMDb, the mm -hmm. Internet Movie Database. And this is different. We're up in the game here. We're going from five stars to 10 stars. That's right. A lot the of stars. Are twice as high. Yep. Yeah. So this is a 10 out of 10 review. Very underrated, brilliant performance. Warning, spoilers. And this is from Garrett KVDH27 <laughs> in October of 2005. Yep. Fantastic end to the game played by Jacob Kell and Connor and Duncan McLeod. Don't think it's an end to the game, but let's see where this goes. Yeah. The fierce hatred between two past friends, friends, F-R-E-N-T-S, Connor and Jacob reaches an epic climax in which Connor and Duncan must become one to defeat Jacob. Lisa B also had her part, but wasn't that impressive at all. <laughs> okay. Okay. Actually, I highlight the performance of a beautiful woman, 
by the fact that she was another one of the cast. What? A beautiful woman, it says. Not a beautiful woman. <laughs> this is, it's, this is, all right, go on, Ava, sorry. She looked pretty, but that was all. Jacob Kell betrayed his best friend, Connor McLeod. Were they what? best friends? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and then I guess they when, were friends. And then when Connor tried to save his mother, helped. What? The people of Ho were trying to burn her. <laughs> Whoa. All right. Yeah. Connor then killed both Jacob as his priest father <laughs> and infuriated Jacob swore revenge. Connor knew that he was immortal. <laughs> okay. But also that a simple chop of his head would take that away. <laughs> his great brother Duncan fought in the Great War. Okay. <laughs> then Connor. Then Connor picked him up and explained to him about his immortality. The two brothers lay in collecting immortal kills and were both about 360-something of confirmed immortal <laughs> kills. What? But Connor also knew that Jacob Kell was getting stronger and stronger with a total over the 620 confirmed immortal kills. Kell's ultimate goal was to get revenge on Connor by killing everyone who meant something to Connor. <laughs> And then to complete his revenge by killing Connor as they would be only ones left to make humiliation even worse. In the end, he would be stopped by the brotherhood double of Duncan and Connor, who became one. Overall, the Scottish passion was great. And the mix in styles when people fought showed great strength in depth. That's why it is a mystery to me why this movie is so <laughs> harshly underrated. What? It was a great movie and truly endgame. My score, 10. <laughs> wow. I, I, I think this gentleman might be German or something. Yeah. That might account for some of like the weird phrasing here. But I like that he just summarizes the movie and is like, that's why it's a 10. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's the, like, the this plot... 10 out of 10. Yeah. The plot of this movie makes it a 10. Yep. Yikes amazing i, I like, like the phrase double brotherhood double of that that's a good, yeah. good turn of phrase <laughs> brotherhood double wow all right next um can a sequel be better than the original this is from what? august 2001 um people who bash this movie have probably <laughs> not even seen it or don't remember the first one well Ooh, wow. yeah right yeah. highlander part two was a joke Part three was a bit of a redemption, but this one has it all. It's the perfect combination of the series and the first movie with a really well-written storyline, <laughs> some great memories from part one and a killer climax. The characters have been throughout what? thoroughly, thoroughly work it out. Thoroughly worked out. Oh, okay. Whatever. The Highlander concept has not been compromised at all. And to put the icing on the cake, they found a really good looking woman that, oh, nope. Uh, I would recommend this movie to anyone who's into the whole Highlander thing, <laughs> but also to anyone who's just into good action movies. Um, yikes. Wow. Uh, I also don't understand this. Like the Highlander concept has not been compromised at all. The premise of this movie is like you fight on Holy Grant, like oh, you can double up fighting people. You can have a brother double, double brother fight up. Brother. Like this is crazy. Have the, they the, seen the first movie? Jeez. The concept has been very thoroughly uh, <laughs> fucked up. Yep. That's so funny. Uh, all right, two all right. more. 
All right, we're 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 coming through to the end of these second opinions. Uh, there can be only one movie that is warning. <laughs> major plot spoilers. You have been warned. I assume that's it's, how they wanted this read. Yes. Spoliers. <laughs> it's French. Spoliers, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a fan of the movie series, I enjoyed this movie thoroughly. I would de- definitely recommend <laughs> seeing the movies that lead up to this movie first. Skip the second one, though. <laughs> what? So just see one other movie. Yeah. yeah. Christopher Lambert has been the Highlander since forever, and he can act. <laughs> I enjoyed his performance in all the Highlander movies and was crestfallen when the battle between him and Adrian ended in his death. Aww. Adrian Paul is the new face and I honestly hope will be around for quite a while. His acting and fighting skills are extraordinary and really make the movie worth watching. The quote evil guy can be summed up in a few words. One of the best villains ever. <laughs> the plot was slightly confusing at times. You sort of watch it with a Highlander fan from both the movie and the TV shows. Also be sure to check out the DVD because it explains some of the confusing plot conflicts. <laughs> I enjoyed this movie a lot and would recommend it. What? Wow. Are you crazy? So this is a 10 out of 10 review and you have to watch it with a fan of the movies I, and a fan of the TV show. Yeah. You, Who you could... need two friends in order yeah. to enjoy this movie. Which also, we have two friends. Look. That's true. We figured it out. Yeah. We're doing great. We met we met this person's requirements and we saw all the other ones, but we didn't skip the second one. So That's true. Maybe that was our problem. Maybe if we had skipped the second one We'd feel different. We would love to see you. Even Mm -hmm. more than we do already. (laughs) Okay. All right. All right, Haven. The last one. This is it. The last one. This is 10 out of 10. It's a success. (laughs) This was written in July of 2001. This is without a doubt success for the action adventure genre. It brings good entertainment, lots of superb fighting scenes, and also a good story. Why it didn't do better with the audiences is a mystery indeed. I dare you to say this movie doesn't stand back for successes like what? Stand back for successes like Mummy Returns and Tomb Raider. Sure, both are quite entertaining, but the point is lost somewhere halfway through. Endgame keeps its point and the real value all the way. What? This is a film about heroes. Heroes that change the course of the world. What? In the end, I must say Lambert and Paul did a great job. I look forward to see more of Adrian Paul as Duncan. Well, you get your wish. <laughs> That's right. One more go around. Wow. What? Movies like The Mummy Returns like lose their steam halfway through, but this movie keeps it going? Yeah. Yeah, I don't get it. It's also funny because this one aped its its final scene from The Mummy Returns. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. It's an interesting Scorpion, Scorpion King, though. Scorpion but, King, baby. Isn't he true. in The Mummy Returns? Sure. The Rock and a, on a big monster scorpion body. Oh, that's right. That that animation looks great. Speaking of early 2000s, like computer-generated uh, special <laughs> effects. Yeah, those are good. 
Tomb Raider. I've never <laughs> seen the tomb, any of the Tomb Raider films. I believe there are three of them, right? There are. There's two from the uh, the original cast, and then there's a reboot. With Academy Award winning actress Alicia Vikander. Yeah. I don't <laughs> think that movie did too well. I did not see that movie. I did not either. It mm. didn't look that good. Mm. Well, there we go. I remember the internet complained that her breasts weren't big enough. Uh, big enough for what? I, <laughs> I, I don't know. They're, bon- they're boners? I don't know. Like, grow up. All right, grow up. This is also, like isn't a. Is she an undead mummy? Is, undead that, mummy. is that canon? Is that it? Is that Tomb what Raider is? Yeah. Oh, Tomb Raider. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, not the mummy. Oh, okay. Sorry, I thought we were back in mummy land, but even Tomb- worse. Oh, they Tomb- rebooted that too, right? They yes. did. Tom Cruise, baby. That's right. Tom Cruise. Magnolia. He wasn't the mummy, though. He was just a man. Just a man. Just mm-hmm. a man. <laughs> All right. Well, that was fun to, re- uh, to read some of those, I guess. Uh, I guess I do apologize for people out here who do like this movie. But again, like, I don't know. Like, I don't like this movie. And I think we have pretty good criteria for not liking it. So, uh, and also, I think we should all, you know, it's okay to have high expectations for like films. Like, I don't think we all have to. Sorry, I'm like getting defensive, clearly, because I like am bugged by this. But like. I don't know. We all don't have to be like, just because it's Highlander, I have to love it. I don't. Whatever. It's okay. I don't know. Hey, I'm a big Batman fan, and I don't like every Batman movie. Let's talk about them. Rate them, Eamon. What's your your favorite and least favorite Batman movie? I got to know. I got to know. Everyone wants to know. Oh, boy. Uh, So full disclosure, I haven't seen Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. Okay. Oh, and uh, just out of curiosity, are we including like animated uh, stuff in this? Uh, or does it I need would, a theatrical release? There's like Ma- Batman Mask of the Phantasm. That's like, I'll say, good. I'll say, if we are counting theatrical releases, my favorite is Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Mm. My least favorite is probably Batman Forever. Okay, interesting. I've been meaning to rewatch those because you've mentioned that you like uh, Forever more than, or you like Batman and Robin more than Forever. Yes, I used to hate Batman and Robin the most. And when I saw it in the movie theater, I cried because I hated it so much. <laughs> and I was like too old to do that. I was like 13 or something. Kyle, do you have a bat, bat ranking? Oof. You know what? The, the movie that actually jumps out at me is like the most disappointing. Like I was too old to cry in the theater for it. But uh, I hate 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 dark knight rises yes i i detest that movie <laughs> and, and despite the fact that i'm obsessed with the bane voice mm-hmm. like i that actually legitimately brings me a lot of joy but i hate that movie <laughs> like that might be my second least favorite batman movie it's uh, a mess <laughs> i really don't like it either yeah, See, but it's, it's okay. We can like other Batman movies, and it's okay to not like a particular no. installment. No, we're not allowed. <laughs> Do you feel you... safe? Uh, What's your favorite, Kyle? Ooh, my favorite one is probably either Mask of the Phantasm or the OG Tim Burton one, um, for very different reasons. The the Best of Phantasm is the best Batman story. OG Tim yeah. Burton one is just like a weird visual feast that's bananas. <laughs> like that movie, the the first two movies in that uh, are so much more insane than I ever gave them credit for, but in a way that I'm like just in for the ride. They are legitimately insane movies. <laughs> yeah, 
I'm like they are not good Batman stories either. No, I don't. Yeah, think. right. But they are interesting movie making. Yeah, that I enjoy. In Batman 1989, a movie I also really like and could watch every day. Do you own uh, it on Blu-ray? I do. Good. Mm. The first, the first thing that happens to Batman is he watches two people get mugged and doesn't save them. Then and he then gets he, shot. Yeah, and he gets shot. <laughs> and he gets shot immediately after an American Express ad. Yeah, that's true. I'm like, cool, Batman. Good work. Yeah, wild. Keith, wow. what about you? Oh wow. Um, you know, I I gotta say, I love Batman Begins. Like. Uh, yeah, I think it's like it's part of me does like it more than the Dark Knight. Uh, I think it's like a tighter story. Like I have some problems with the Dark Knight, like fourth actor. I'm gonna however long that movie goes on for. Uh, uh, but yeah, Batman Begins is really tight. Uh, it's got like training montages that I love that are very Highlandery. Uh, least favorite Batman movie. Ooh, uh, I mean it might be the Dark Knight Rises. Uh, mm-hmm. Although yeah, hold on. We are counting. I, I thought guess, I was having a Batman v Superman, all that sort of stuff. I mean, Batman v Superman counts. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, those those are like, I, I, are they my least favorite of the Batman movies? Like, I just am like, they don't even feel like Batman movies to me. I don't like them, but uh, yeah. whatever. I don't know. So I'll say, uh, Dark Knight Rises. Wow. All right. Mask of the Phantasm is very high on the list, though. But I love that movie. Highlander. 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 Sorry, guys. Highlander of the Phantasm. All right. Well, that was a fun distraction. Um, let's play a game. Ooh. Ooh. Okay, Kyle and Eamon, we are going to play a game. Uh, so we kicked off this episode with a bit of uh, a small game uh, about the budget of Highlander. Uh, so I thought it would be fun to play a game where we talked about uh, how much money these films made uh so to kick us off how much money do you think highlander made highlander endgame didn't you show us that as part of the first thing as part of its worldwide growth uh yeah i did and i forgot about that so we already know that it made (laughs) 12.8 million dollars uh that's our baseline 12.8 million dollars uh so the way this game is going to work and also this is going to be a a pretty uh easy going game so i don't want to hear any gripes about rules Rules I might make up as we go along. I don't care. Uh, but we're going to go. I'm going to uh, show you guys some pictures of movies that came out in the year 2000. And your first thing is just shout out uh, what the name of the movie is. And you get a point for that. So whoever guesses first on what the movie is, uh, just from a picture of the, the, the fucking movie, uh, you get a point. And then you both get to guess if you think that movie made more money or less money than Heinrich. so there's no like it's not like a speed round or you're not stealing points you both can just guess more or less uh and then i will reveal the answer sound good love it sounds good all right so so this is all domestically okay so round one and remember shout out uh, as quick as you can what movie uh the picture is so wait this is domestic because yes the other one was worldwide gross so well uh i think i maybe oh you know what i might have adjusted for domestic whatever it's it's fine who cares? Shut up. <laughs> Ooh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Eamon gets a point. More. Right. Eamon thinks this made more money than Endgame. I, Kyle. I also think this made more money. Okay. The, the best ans- nominated film. It is. Ang Lee. This movie made 12.2, so less money Damn. than Endgame. Nobody That's gets crazy. a point. Isn't that crazy? What a good movie. 
with it's a swords. brilliant movie. Yeah, uh, if people like uh, movies with swords and sword fighting uh, that has like a comprehensible plot and like <laughs> scenery that's not like CGI'd, hey, check this movie out. All right, next, remember to shout out the name as soon as you uh, think of it. I, I I actually bet that that movie made more, but oh, you did. Uh, what? Wait, Amon, you oh, guessed this, more, right? This is dude. I think we both did. Oh, okay. Yeah. Ooh, I think Kyle Is got it. it. What'd you say? Dude, where's my car? That's correct. Oh. All right. Did this movie make more or less? More. More. Eamon? Uh, I will also say more. Uh-uh. Oh. Yes, more. 33 wow. million. So you both get a point. Look at these two assholes. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that movie in the theater, guys. What I know, so why I, 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 I don't know. You go to a movie and it wasn't, it was. I remember, did you like it? No, I hated it. And when I left, <laughs> the people I was with were like quoting the movie, and I was like, I want to die, I hate this so much. Anyway, here we go. Next, The Grinch. All right, Eamon. I mean, these are very easy to get that first point. All right, yeah, more or less money. More, yeah, I say more too. All right, you like, two would be. More. Correct. How the Grinch oh, Stole Christmas God. is the number one uh, film of the year 2000. How about that? Yeah. So it made 20 times more than this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? All right. Moving on. Next round. Oh. There's more to that title, baby. The Clumps. <laughs> yeah, right. All right. Kyle gets a point. That's we weird think? that we talked about the Clumps in this episode. I know. Isn't it weird? That's such a photoshopped image. I mean, it has to be, obviously, because Eddie Murphy can't sit next to himself. But sure. <laughs> uh, Wonderful. It's definitely made more. Yeah, it had to have, right? Hercules, Hercules. <laughs> oh, of course it made more, yes. Mm, All right, it is now tied up. You guys are uh, going strong, five to five. This was that for all the marbles. That grand grandmom clump. <laughs> sure. This is being John Malkovich. Mm -hmm. Oh, very good. This is tough. I'm gonna say less. I'm less. gonna say more. Oh, less and more. This this could tie it up, but oh, less. Hold. How did this movie make so little money? This is such a good movie. Okay, now there may be a flaw. I I, I realized this morning. <laughs> Kyle's like, you fucked up the game. I I know. Can I guess? Can I guess the flaw? Yes number of screens these movies are released on no i do have that uh, list i uh, i think the flaw might have been and i didn't realize it until this morning when i was looking at like the full list of movies that this movie might have come out the year prior and was mm. popular and stuck around and in the year 2000 only made this much money Ooh. so like or came out in 99 and was only in like showing for like a month or two in the year 2000. So I screwed up the game as usual. I'm seeing Gross USA is 22 million. Gross USA. Well, well, whoops, whoops, I messed up the game. Moving on. <laughs> Eamon knows this one. Ooh, good dog, the way the That's right. All right, more or less. 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 Kyle? I actually have no idea what this movie is, so I'm going to follow Eamon's lead. Well, another movie with swords, that is good. And this made less in the year 2000. Yes. Ghost Dog is one of my favorite movies. Everyone should watch it right now. There you go. 
or else. So we featured two movies with swords that are very good. Uh, it's uh, Ghost Dog, The Way of the Samurai, Little Nicky. <laughs> yes, Little Nicky. My or brother, less. my brother Cassius hit me in the head with a. This definitely made more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but then say, is it made more? All right, this movie made thirty-eight million dollars, so this did pretty wow. well, I guess, right? My brother Cassius. Oh, Oh shit! <laughs> hey, what is this? Battlefield Earth, Earth baby. That's yeah, right. All right, well, more I or less. This made more though. Uh, say it, say it. Less, but more. Oh, more. <laughs> what a movie! Everybody should also see this movie. Sure. It's horrible. This is what do we think? Brother, where art thou? That's right, Kyle. Oh, brother, where art thou? More this or less. Made more money. Amen. Yes, more, more, it's a more, George more. Clooney film. What? So you I messed up. I, I, there's no yeah, way this movie made a million dollars. So I wrecked the game. Obviously, uh, I was doing this yesterday. It was it was a very long day. Uh, moving on. <laughs> this is gonna be a hard one to guess. Oh, uh, 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 Dr. They, T and the women. Yes, <laughs> Dr. T and the women. More or less yeah. money than Highlander Endgame. Um, uh, more. More. More, more money. Wow. Mo money. Mo money. Mo money. Mo money. Why do I know this movie? <laughs> I know it too, man. Right? It's yeah. kind of weird. Uh... Yeah, I have no clue what this movie is. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, get... Oh, this is the Flintstones too. Colon. Rock Vegas. There's a little Close. bit more to it. Viva Rock Vegas. That's, <laughs> That's right. right. Is it really? Yes, yep. it is. This, and is it true that none looks like a porn parody? <laughs> none of the original cast returned. No, that's Isn't a, that a that's bummer. A travesty. Also, Billy Baldwin or whatever the fuck as Barney is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so, huh? No, Rick Moranis. All right, Awful. more or less. The more. I'm gonna say less. More. Uh, all right. <laughs> I think there's only one or two more. Here we go, guys. Here to guess how much money Oh Brother Where Art There made. Uh, probably a whole lot more than what I put down, obviously. Uh, it probably made like $60 million or more than 72. that. 72. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, you know what? This is why I shouldn't be making the games on the show. And I should just make poorly done like bar graphs. <laughs> <laughs> it was still fun. Sure. It was fun. There was, I, there was images. There were. Uh, let's say Eamon wins. I'm looking oh. at the sure, let's say it. I don't know. It seems like he won by maybe two to three points, Kyle. So good job, Eamon, for winning the broken game. Yeah. Thank you. End game. That's right. You've now won the game. Ooh, what's it say on the bottom of Kyle's mug? Letting everybody Harry see. Potter. World of Harry Potter. You should put, we should put uh, secret messages on the bottom of our cups for, for Ooh. listeners. That's a good say, idea. Help keep Let's say, like, help me or call yeah. the police, right? That's horrible to joke about, but... You uh, <laughs> all right. Well, that, that brings us to the, uh, I guess, the end of this episode. Uh, I don't know. How, how do we want to, like, put all this in context here, guys? Like, we've read some bad reviews. We've read some good reviews. Or we've given bad reviews. Uh, we've read some good reviews. Uh, I don't know. What's the... What's the where does Highlander, uh, you know, land? The legacy of Highlander. Or how do we rate these all at this point? We were rating Batman movies. Where's Highlander Endgame stack up? 
right now. Oh, that's we got a good four idea. Highlander movies, and I guess if you want to include the show in there, what else? And we've watched Highlander: The Search for Vengeance, so that's mm-hmm. like six properties, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I'm still prepared to say that Highlander: The Search for Vengeance is the second best Highlander movie. I'd agree with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this, honestly, we haven't watched the source yet. Might be my least favorite. The source Agreed. might be your least favorite. You're saying? No, Endgame might be. Oh, 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 I see. Of the ones we have we have done so far, um, obviously, Highlander, Highlander, the film slash the series are like neck and neck for number one, clearly. Sure. But the uh, yeah, I, I I feel like if I'm just in, if I was ever just inclined to watch something Highlander, this would be the last thing I would turn to. Sure. All right. Like, I'd rather watch Mario Van Peebles' weird antics or the insanity that is Highlander 2 than, than kind of trudge through this again. Right. How about you, Eamon? How's, where's yeah. this one fall? This is also my last. My last. I'd say Highlander 1, the series, Search for Vengeance, Highlander 2, Highlander 3, and then Highlander Endgame. I think I agree with that uh, that assessment. Yeah. yeah, I largely endorse that. Yeah, huh? And I, I I rewatched all of these movies recently. Oh, cool. And uh, yeah, it's just yeah. What was that like? One. Tell tell us about like what what it was like comparing like Highlander three to this. Highlander three and this go around was a lot more boring than I remember it being. Oh, interesting. Like it wasn't like bad or anything. It was just like kind of like this is kind of. Like Highlander 2 is still insane to watch. Right. And there's like interesting stuff, but it's still like really bad and incomprehensible. But like one is still like the best. Sure. Simply the best. Simply the best. Better Better than than all the rest. That's right. Huh. What about you, Keith? Uh, I think I would agree with your assessment, Eamon, that uh, the the original movie, Search for Vengeance, 2, 3, Endgame uh, in order. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm very curious about where the source falls into that. This because, like, I feel like much like Endgame, like it's like the, it's like this the whole cycle repeated, right? Like this is mm. like the reboot, right? Like now it's Highlander with Adrian Paul. What's the sequel gonna be? Like basically like Highlander two, a dystopian future. Like it's weird that it's uh, going back to that. So I'm I'm curious to see how that shift uh, changes my perceptions of it. Like I might like it more because it's just so crazy different. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. Wild. I don't know, but uh, no, I don't know. It's a uh... well. I mean, well people, we're gonna... people like this movie. And <laughs> I know we fine. keep saying that. Uh, yeah. It is fine. And so next week we're going to be reading from you, the fans. Uh, so we've got a ton of reader mail, and we're going to be going through that. And people are going to bring up different points, and I don't know. We'll try to try our best to react to them and give our takes. And uh, but yeah, obviously this this film uh, exists in a I, I don't know. Is it a weird place in fandom, or is it a place that like I think we brought talked this, about this before? Like, what other fandoms are like on the wane? It would seem, and like. What's the reaction to other properties in like the canon, right? Like, does everybody just like like it because there's more of it? I don't know. Huh. It's an interesting question. Yeah. Like, did did people feel that way about like, for instance, like the Star Trek Next Generation movies? Which it, honestly, for me, it's been a minute since I've seen those. But like, I feel like the quality on those dipped a bit uh, at the end, uh, in my recollection. But like. Star Trek was like on the wane end in the middle too. Okay. Okay. In the middle too. Uh, But like Star Trek is like a franchise was like going through some changes. I think in like the late nineties, early two thousands, like 
you know, pre-reboot, all that sort of stuff. Like, and now we have all these Paramount Plus shows and whatever, uh, or, or not Paramount Plus, CBS, baby. Uh, CBS All Access. Right, but I, I, I don't know. I wonder how people, uh, the fans treat those those films and that fandom, I suppose. You know, they see their flaws and are like, ah, fuck it. Or are they like, you know what? Like, it's more Picard, so I'm on board, right? And yeah. sure, I love Picard. Well, there was that new Picard series. Now he's got people, his own show, so. People like that. I think so. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Anyway, <laughs> I'm looking forward to tackling some reader mail next week. Uh, it'll be fun. And uh, yeah, uh, I hope this hasn't bummed anybody, you know, pissed off too many people, our podcast on this, but I don't know. They'll live. They, they yeah. will live, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. Like Highlander, they will live, right? That's on right. and on and on. Uh, very good. Well, we've been your rewatchers. Thanks a lot uh, for listening. Uh, I'm Keith. This is Kyle. And this is Zayman. Bye-bye. Bye. Welcome to the Highlander Rewatch Podcast, the podcast for each and every week we talk about another facet of the Highlander universe. I'm one of your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This, this is, is Amy. Kyle. Oh, I, I mixed up the the order. What's that? I mixed up the order. I just wow. went for it. Was just... it you or was it just me asleep at the wheel? I don't know. <laughs> it was you asleep at the wheel. You stared ahead so <laughs> blankly. I was like, I think Kyle's computer froze. No. I was reading an email. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> relating to this very episode. That's right. It's a spoiler. reader mail episode. That's right. And yeah. our first spoiler of the day. This is a reader mail episode. Uh, great. <laughs> so this this is probably going to be our last uh, Endgame email. Email? This Endgame is, episode. I'm going to kill myself. So. <laughs> this is our last Endgame email. Yep. This is it. <laughs> what a journey sure, it's been. I'm sure everybody's very sad that we won't be talking about Endgame anymore. Sure. I mean, taking two entire months to talk about a single movie is yep. a bit much. Yes. This I, is a little self-indulgent and no. a little excessive. Mm-hmm. And many of you have informed us of this fact. I know, right? <laughs> but many have also agreed with us. That is true. There are two I, sides to this yeah, coin. An Endgame, if you will. Oh, the Duncan side and the Adrian side. Adrian, the I just said the Duncan side and the Adrian side. Sure. Yes, the two sides of every coin. The Duncan <laughs> side. This yep. is the upside and the downside of each Schwartz. Yeah. yeah, there was no, there was no uh, Endgame commemorative coin, was there? That's a bummer. That would have been awesome. You flip it, and there's Adrian on one side and Duncan on the other. <laughs> sure, right. <laughs> the, I would have loved that it. as a two, for, for as a two face coin. Yeah. Uh, two face. We do. We got a lot to get through. We don't have time to muck about talking about Two-Face. Nope, but we do have a product to talk about. Uh, So we're going to play a very quick uh, catalog game. Although this isn't really a catalog item, but it's uh, newly appeared. Uh, So (laughs) 
here you guys go. I'm going to show you this uh, this item, uh, and we're going to play it just like normal. You have to guess the uh, the actual price that this uh, item is being offered to. Uh, this is for sale on Amazon right now, okay. uh, and if you get within 20%, you get to read the first reader mail? I don't know. That'll, that'll be the prize this week. So uh, here we go. This is the item we're going to be talking about today. The Corda Decapitated Kyle's face. A Corda Decapitated Head Prop from Highlander 2, The Quickening. What do you guys think of that? The fuck? This is a horror show. <laughs> I love this. I want this. Uh-huh. And if you don't remember when this was in the movie, uh, you know. Whoops, I can't click. There it is on the ground, Ooh, right? Nice. Yeah. What yeah, do you think? Is this the first one he kills, like kind of by accident? Yes, I think so. Because the other one is, oh, is this on the train tracks? Or is the second one? I don't remember now. Here's a side view with his little porcupine head. Wow. <laughs> right. Good God, this is nuts. This uh, is crazy, bananas. And there's Horrifying. no real like description for this item other than like it's a prop from the movie. Uh, but as you can see, there is one review, which is perhaps the five stars. Five stars, which is the best part of this listing. Uh, so this is this is listed by some sort of prop warehouse, or, like some collectibles place in LA or something like that. Uh, I guess acquired this and is trying to sell it. So, uh, <laughs> yikes! This is like this is this is like Highlander meets like. Jacob Marley like this is like <laughs> this <laughs> this image would like haunt you at night and tell you about like your past deeds it's horrifying um this image is haunting me right now <laughs> yeah you gotta say I'm presently haunted okay but here is the uh the review it reads I played this part and I am not compensated for this item <laughs> this is the wow. first time I've seen this since 1991 not very flattering model however a brilliant facial reconstructive job by Clive Barker's makeup effects team and that was posted by the person that played Cordo. That's pretty awesome. Isn't Why that does crazy? it say Pete Antico at the bottom? I believe that's the person's name, Eamon. Oh, but who's Steven Cantanasta? Oh, shit. Uh, I, I, you know, I don't know. I, I'm lost. <laughs> I'm lost again. I, I don't know. Weird. That's a great question. Yeah, but this product has been on Amazon, it would appear, since 19 or 2019. Oh, so is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, you know, get on that uh, if you want to buy it. And I guess now you'll find out how much it costs. So, Eamon, how much do you think this item costs? $500. 500 All right. Kyle, how much would you pay for the Corda decapitated head? <laughs> how much would prop? you pay for it? $100. And I will point out why, it, and Pete Antico is indeed... Uh, the, the the actor who played Corda, but why I mean, did he give it five stars if he's complaining about being not compensated? That's like that's the theme, man. This is like last week's episode where we were reading people that were like five stars, Highlander Endgame. This movie has is poorly acted, shoddy directing. Like it's like what? Like five stars. That's this too. It's just because his name's it. on it. Don't get it. Don't get it. Don't get it. I don't, don't understand. It. <laughs> okay, so Eamon guessed five hundred. Kyle, you guessed one hundred dollars. Yeah. All right. Uh, the actual retail price of this gem is seven hundred dollars. Wow. Yeah. But, I assume this would be a bargain basement kind of thing, but no, no, 700 no. Seven hundred bucks, baby. Mm -hmm. That's a that's a rent payment. What would you if you bought something like this? Uh, what would you do do with it? <laughs> um, like. What How would, would you... I do? Yeah, that's right. People on Halloween. 
-hmm. like yeah like where how would you display something like this that is both like hollywood memorabilia and also like crazy and scary and disturbing i would like put it in a closet and then direct (laughs) direct people to the closet okay could you could you hang up your coat in the closet there sure and then there's a, a corda he- corda head, from mm-hmm. high- and then they'll be like, "Wow, corda's head from Highlander 2. That's right. Cool. Yeah. Right. Wow. There we what go. Find that's yeah. crazy. Is that crazy? Someone on Twitter sent that to us. So thank you very much to Eric H on Twitter. I love it. Yep. Oh, Can and who, who's best. with you right now, Eamon? There's a guest on the pod. It's Tina. Hey, Tina. Tina Tina's looks sleepy. Falling asleep listening to us talk about. <laughs> Oh, really? It's very boring. Like the rest (laughs) of our fans. Uh, Okay. So Uh, what we're going to do today is we have received a, you know, a whole mailbags full of emails, right? It's a ton. Uh, So we got to go through them. Uh, So we're going to do our best to like speed through them. Uh, You know, we might even set a timer at one point and just start like plowing through because we wanted we do want to get to everybody uh that wrote in and of course if we don't read your email on the show uh thank you very much for writing in uh we do read all of them uh and we really appreciate it uh so even if we don't get back to you either by typing typing whatever i'm doing here uh or reading it on the show we do appreciate it so yes sir kyle do you want to kick us off with the the first one with the first one, sure. And we oh, are- by the way, you both lost the game. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> that's, I should have mentioned that. Yeah. So we are going to aggressively edit these down because we got a lot of what I would describe as novellas from people. <laughs> so like shop gonna, girl. Yeah, I'm going to do my best to hit. We're all going to try to do our best to hit some highlights out of a bunch of these and move on because yep. I can't imagine you want this to go six hours, which it will. Yep. Uh, so. This first one is from Anthony E. with the subject, what the fuck is this movie? (laughs) Uh, Anyway, he has a lot of thoughts about the continuity and all these things. He starts off by going woof, woof, and woof. In any case. Speak of Tina's language, right? uh, Yeah, woof, woof. (laughs) This notes, this is 10 years before present day which as you know, it would make it 1990. In 1990, it would have been four years since Connor won the prize. So are you telling me that in four years, he has gone from the Connor we saw in the first film to this totally despondent pile of old man that we see <laughs> in Duncan? And when the hell was the third one set? Surprise, it's 1994. So you took a, a break from the sanctuary to go to Marrakech, adopt the boy, and <laughs> over? Seriously. How is it that no one who makes these films has ever seen another piece of Highland? <laughs> anyway, he goes on to uh, to note that Slan Quince died in 1992, so two years from the point of the hot dog. So at this point, in when the, this film opens, he should theoretically have like the hair weave and be with Tessa. Another no. worthwhile continuity point. I like uh, I like that in Highlander, like there's a nexus that exists and it's like perhaps the Duncan hot dog. Like that exists yeah. at the center of a graph that's like all like all the crazy Highlander histories are all like, where's it relate to the hot dog? Yeah. The hot dog is the fucking linchpin. That's right. But I, I did want to read part of Anthony's standoff here. He's like, so to wrap it up, in the first five fucking minutes of the movie, <laughs> we have a massive continuity issue and they fridge the first woman we see on the screen. Brilliant. <laughs> Good job, Weinstein. Good job. Uh, 
I was going to rewatch that film, but there are too many other things that make me really angry. I know I'm working <laughs> on assertiveness and anger management right now. <laughs> I'll leave it in your hands to continue giving this film a review it reserved 20 years ago and never got. Anthony E. Thank you, Anthony. Great. I like, I this, love- I like this continuity bits um, because, yeah, this film is a mess. <laughs> sure. Like, I, I think the only way it makes sense is that it needs to be set in the distant future and then 10 years ago is like the year 2000. Right. Right. And, mm-hmm. Ky- and Kyle, and you've mentioned many times that this is not a sequel. Like, this is a sequel to the TV show. Yes. Connor McCloud's first appearance in this universe, this, this Highlander Endgame's universe, is episode one, The Gathering. I think so. And then, and then it's fine. I agree. Everyone, every single one of these movies is like a reboot. It's crazy. Okay. It's nuts. Again, you don't know how to orient yourself. Like as a fan, it's like, which, like, they don't even tell me that as the fan, which like timeline to pay attention to. Right. Right. The multiverse. Right. All right. Eamon, do you want to read email four? I do. He does. All All right. But we, uh, I think we read email four. Oh, we read email four. I'm sorry. I didn't have that on my list as uh, crossed off. Do you want to go to email five then? Yes, sir. Yes. Five. All right. I'm sending a timer. Boom. Go. I'm going to tell you when you got like 30 seconds to wrap up the email. Yes. And this is another one from Anthony E. Who's sending another email, (laughs) but he just finished listening to the third episode. Remember the episode where we saw Teenage Mac back when he met Cassandra for the first time? Anyway, I remember in that episode, she said something to Duncan about Connor. Duncan didn't respond with, what? You mean that hellspawn bastard that destroyed the village 60 years ago? You'd think that Connor's name would have been absolute mud in the village after that little incident. And you'd also think that Connor would have been so thoroughly done with the clan that he wouldn't have kept the name after that. But whatever. The bottom line is that whoever wrote this did not take into consideration that Connor was the legend in the clan, and it wasn't because he went back and burned it all down and killed all their holy men. Seriously, I get that Gillian is a friend of the pot and all, but she's got some splaining to do about that shit show that is the continuity of this movie. And that's just the first 15 minutes. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, uh, I really... That's an interesting point. That... I, I, and to defend Gillian, that she like came up with the story, I believe, not like the script. So like, I don't want right. to you know, uh, give her any flack for stuff and who knows what was used and what was not used. And like, this is certainly cobbled together for sure. Yes. Absolutely. All right, go on, Kyle. Oh, I was just going to say, that is a great point that Duncan or that Connor's legend would have embraced him burning down the village. Like this right. should have been part of the story. Absolutely. Like, why would you tell the story about the immortal, ma- the immortal man and about the rampage of burning down the village that makes no sense right and hell that 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 version of the story seems to make more sense that the village would tell it i mean they cast connor out as a demon and then he comes back and does a horrible thing like oh yeah that demon that has haunted our you know like that's the legend they would tell also uh one of those reviews we read in last week's episode mentioned something about like oh the seeds of legend right and that's i guess in the opening dialogue right that's a weird line too like what legends, right? Were the seeds of legends. Like that might be interesting if they were like, oh, you know, King Arthur was actually, a, like all these historical figures, like, or what you think you know about vampires. Turns out they're they're actually immortals, right? Like why even have that line? The seeds of legend, Le- what legend? What are you talking about? Yeah. Like what That's the, and same thing. And even like with Connor's legacy, like is that part of this movie? No, 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 no. no. All right, great nope. email. I love it. 
great email anthony <laughs> e bring in the bring in the gusto that's right all right <laughs> email number six i'm gonna set my my timer here all right Boop. here we go uh hi guys I, for one, am loving the Endgame coverage so far. I rewatched the movie for the first time since 2000 this week, which was certainly an experience. But I do have a fond memories of being excited for this movie. I saw it in the theater with my mom and grandma, who are not really happy <laughs> with me making them go. Uh, to this day, when I go to the theater uh, at the Northgate Mall, I think of Highlander, and it makes me smile. That's a cool memory, right? Um, let's see. This person yeah. goes on uh, to wonder... Um, I had thought about Connor's mom storyline. I was wondering maybe if they somehow confused Duncan and Connor's moms. Mary uh, refused to tell Cantos. I ref uh, yeah, Mary refused to tell Cantos about Duncan. Uh, was vehement that it didn't matter who bore him and doesn't believe he's evil, even though he was cast out. I mean, no one is going to be okay with their mother being killed, but it makes more sense to bring a character we've seen for a big moment like this uh, than just throw Connor's mom at us randomly. If you pretend that all of these scenes with Mary McLeod happened instead with Connor's mom, uh, that makes the setup make more sense too. Her demon son had been uh, seen in the village somewhat recently. Uh, and yeah, so we had actually just kind of talked about that. Uh, I'm sorry to preempt your email, Amber. Uh, regarding like you know that uh connor would be a demon in the village uh which is crazy right. uh and i like that notion that they like switching connor and duncan's mom that seems interesting uh and we even talked about that it would seem like connor and duncan should be switched in this movie to some degree like to some degree i don't know i don't know thank you amber r uh amber you know. Oh, and she, she also says, after listening to your first episode, I really wanted a hot dog. Uh, so I had one with ketchup in honor of AP. That's awesome. Delicious. That's right. Watch. All right. All right, Kyle's uh, got the next one. This is, uh, we got some advice here. We got some take... <laughs> oh, I was skipping ahead to nine. Oh, you weren't going to read seven? All right. Oh, number seven. Hello there. Have a nice day. Do you need a good website? <laughs> Email us. Yep. Yeah, no. We get really a lot of those. Okay, good. Um. Uh, Jumping ahead to nine. Also, I want to welcome uh, Andrew P as a new Patreon supporter. We yeah. love you. Andrew, thank you, sir. All the Patreon folks, it's been very helpful. Roop, roop. Uh, anyway, this one's from Anthony C. Uh, and it's a bunch of scattered thoughts on what he describes as a children's doodle of the film. Uh, <laughs> first, he notes this confusion that we've had uh, several times about whether the, the term endgame is supposed to connote that the game is actually ending in the mm -hmm. final fight but i think we've talked about that um separately do we feel like any of the rules of the game matter in this movie at various points kel openly says he doesn't care about the rules defies the single combat rule doesn't murder a bunch of mortals on her does or doesn't murder a bunch of immortals on holy ground depending on the cut you watch and uh but then so much is made of the need for Connor and Duncan to face Kellen. Well, I understand the thematic weight of this moment. Why couldn't they just do on one of them? Since they have no reason to think the rules matter whatsoever. <laughs> uh, then uh, the, 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 the next question that's posed to us, though, that we should maybe talk about a little bit, is sure. do we think that some of the earlier versions of this script would have been a better movie? Yes. Um, thoughts? Yes. I think so. Absolutely. Yeah. Good talk. Uh, yeah. No, I mean it's just like yeah, yeah. We've we've said it all, uh, but it's it's incoherent. So there we go. Well, like the earlier versions of the script had more thematic weight to them, that, right? That maybe makes this land. Lastly, I get chewed out again 
for Never forgetting forget that, that James Remar played Raiden in Mortal Kombat 2. Yep. So, Mia Culpa. You Mia Culpa. <laughs> Right, I will say good. I will say this. Uh, James Remar does a lot more work as Raiden in Mortal Kombat Annihilation than Lambert does in the first We actually, actually fight, right? Yeah, he actually fights. <laughs> I think that's funny. It is funny. Because Lambert kind of just stands around and, and turns into like... money. Yeah. All right. Eamon, so you're I'm, up next. Am I next? Cool. Am I doing email number 10 from You're Dan doing email a? number 10. Ooh, he has a few <laughs> thoughts. Uh-oh. Really admit to being pretty forgiving to Highlander discrepancies in general. I don't use quite the critical eye that you have been. During the flashback scene in New York with Connor and Duncan, he got the impression that Connor called him to say goodbye as he was already planning on going to the sanctuary. He simply mm. lost the nerve to say what was on his mind and disappeared without saying anything. That's a good point. I sure. kind of like that. Yeah, I think we might have hinted that that could be a, a thing, but that's a good that's a good reading of that scene where he kind of just, you know, got cold feet and so just bounces speak. right and bounces, baby. When Mythos mentioned that he knew Connor just because Connor knew him, that doesn't mean that he knew he was Mythos, just like Lord Byron knew him as Doc, not as the oldest immortal. I think it was a bit of oh. trivia. Yeah. Not certain if it's official canon that Mythos founded the sanctuary. Interesting, in order to keep the game from ending. So Connor could have known as Mythos as the founder of his relief and escape. Mm. Looking forward to the next 12 episodes to properly cover this movie. <laughs> You're pretty pretty close. Interesting. Very good. Well, I, I, like I like the idea that Mythos might know about this because he helped found it. Um, that's mm -hmm. kind of clever, but not in the movie. But you know, that would have mean he meant he had an association with the Watchers dating back before Duncan was born. Sure. So, and I don't know that we can support that, but it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I cool. like that theory. Theory. That's right. All right. Next email is from Brian's Brian S. Brian, uh, and its subject is Endgame Wrestling. Uh, he says, I remember being excited upon uh, hearing the movie with both Highlanders. Even uh, the trailer was promising up to a point. Then I saw Adrian Paul and Christopher Lambert show up on the WWF Raw to promote the movie with Ed the Edge's involvement. Uh, that's when I got that sinking feeling. The, tra <laughs> the trailer was set up... Uh, set up the vibe of the Matrix and Mortal Kombat with clips showing a kind of magic scenes that did not play out in the actual movie. Also, I specifically remember AP being a guest on Keenan Ivory Wayne's late night talk show where AP presented uh, Keenan with a replica of Duncan's sword with a detachable dagger built into the hilt uh, that Duncan uh, was to use in the movie. Uh, sorry if I'm rambling, nice. blah, blah, blah. Uh, there we go. Uh, here's to you three, never lose your edge. Awesome. Uh, wow. Yeah, how about that? That's, That's amazing. cool. And the detachable That's... dagger. I've seen some like photos online of like the scabbard that has like a dagger, like a very thin blade in like the uh, in the side of it. Uh, but weird that it's not in the movie, right? What's that about? It is. I don't know. It's just a special gift for the Wayans. Thin blade. Thin Fears. blade. All right. Isn't that the Pacino movie? <laughs> yeah. Thin blade. Thin blade. Uh, am I back up to the plate here with number? Yes. Uh, with lucky number 13. That's right. Lucky number seven. Oh, before we move on to that, people want to know where Eamon get you can get your shirts. Yes. Or where Eamon gets his shirts. Your shirts are a hit, apparently. 
Oh, my shirts. Uh, shit. Let me look at that. <laughs> Let me. Well, while you figure that out, I'll what? Leave this email. <laughs> yeah. Uh, All right. This is this is from our buddy Jim. Jim. Uh, so we made a, a a reference to there maybe being a Confederate flag in the Silver Room. <laughs> what? We can't remember which one of us said it or why we said it. We did a little look and haven't been able to find it. We have not rechecked the theatrical release yet, but. Uh, I don't know. Did we just make this up? Are we just trolling you? It's hard to say. I'm pretty <laughs> sure I said that. And I don't know if I meant it was in this movie or it was just in the Silver Room in another movie. Huh. I'll, I'll have to do some digging, but I'll, I'll update it. Eamon, explain yourself at some point. Not right at now. At some point. At some uh, point. Um, if you just go to Tee Public and look up Bird Star shirts, you'll find my shirts. All right. Birdstar shirts on T Public, so, everybody. Thank you. Grab a shirt. Yes. Support. Grab a shirt. Amen. Yeah. You love to see it. Um, or do they just want to know where I get the t-shirts I wear in general? <laughs> nope. I'm gonna trans. I'm gonna. I do. Where do you get that? Plug. So plug yeah, time. They they want to know where they can get the Amen goods. Um, the Amen goods. Yeah, I just go to like the Gap or Baby Gap. Yeah, the Baby, baby Gap. Get um, a bunch of baby t-shirts together. Yeah, Jim makes a number of points. One thing he mentions is that he interpreted Duncan's return to the loft as being more of like a visit to your friend's grave as opposed to a an actual investigation. Sure, which is, I, I, I like that. Interesting. Yeah, that makes um, sense, right? That is good. I like mm -hmm. that. Uh, he then just has a discussion of some of the weapons and says, I don't mind the variety of weapons used by the immortals, but I was bothered by their outfits. I can't imagine that a crew going anywhere uh, in those clothes and not garnering a lot of attention. I don't care how avant-garde Kate's designs are. Those stupid looking outrageous outfits models wear on the runway stay on the runway. No <laughs> sane person wears them in real life. Um, there was a real movie in Endgame trying to get out. My biggest problem was that it looked so dull in terms of color. It also looked grainy. Say what you will about Highlander 1, but Russell Mulcahy made the colors pop and the movies look great. Endgame just looks dull and dingy. Uh, couldn't agree more on Highlander 1 popping, baby. Uh, yeah. I also agree that Jin K, who I thought Duncan recognized by name only, talking about honor, didn't fly. Maybe he was seduced into a cult by Kel, but that's... <laughs> That's head cannon. We don't know why a great fighter centuries older than Kel fell under his spell. It seems like they left some backstory unsaid, and that hurts this movie. Keep up Kel the good spell. work, Jim. Kel I agree spell, right? that we we justified his presence here because, as he notes, it really doesn't make sense. Yeah, it does not. I mean, that line he says, "Honor is in the man." It's like I think it, one of the the reviews we read last week mentioned that, and it was like, "What does that mean? Like, why are they talking about that? Is someone being dishonorable? Like, it, it's it's really strange." Doesn't nice. make sense. Amen. You're up to the plate, baby. Brian. All right, setting the timer. Boom. We're moving now, boys. I just <laughs> wanted to chime on in on a couple of things. The Italian Sword Academy was cool. It reminded me of the lesson taught by Nakano. You've already lost. It was a nice callback. Nakano definitely manipulated Connor's mind when he was training in the cave. Another point is the Silver Room ambush. Who brings a bat to a sword fight? The fight is very cool, thanks to Adrian's energy. The scene where Duncan runs and jumps off the wall would have been a thousand times better if Duncan had taken a head. Donnie Yen and Duncan's fight should have been saved for the for later 
giving Jin K a reason to fight Kel and lose instead of him losing to, ooh, see the deleted scene. Oh. I've said it before, but I do believe uh, Kate designed Keen's orange suit in Forgive Us Our Trespasses. <laughs> That's orange good. Is the new black. I like that. Forget all the unanswered questions so far. The big question is, why were the watchers carrying a circular saw to cut rebar? <laughs> Excelsior, my friends. Amazing. Yeah, why do they have that tool? That is very specific. To, uh, is that how they chop people's heads off? <laughs> Maybe, you never oh, know. Oh, boy, that's, yeah. that's, that's messy. That yeah. is very messy. That's yeah. Texas Chainsaw shit except with a circular saw texas chainsaw quickening that's the name yeah. of that movie right and the comparison to nakano is interesting except the only difference is like nakano really had like magic powers and like yeah, he, he like actually yeah. made him see things where yeah. this manipulation of the mind thing is kind of just in like name only like you know Manip attack me right like that doesn't become the way like Duncan beats Kel in the end. Like he doesn't. In fact, he defeats that move. The move that's supposed to right. manipulate his mind, Kel defeats easily with a, with a, a dagger. dagger. Surely a no one has dagger. ever had a dagger before. Right. No. Keith, I, nobody, you're up. nobody has ever had a dagger in films before. Anyway. No, we're yeah. crushing it, by the way, guys. We're hitting these these times on these on the the counter here. I won't reveal how much time we're giving to each uh, email, but it's uh, that's that's how the sausage gets made, guys. Hey, mm. let's do it. All right, next one. Here we go. Bloop. All right, this is, uh, oops, I just, uh, okay. This is from Eric uh, MH, and the subject is New York filming locations. Uh, hey, fellas, loving the endgame coverage. There's no way you could, you're you getting through this in eight episodes. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> one thing I wanted to mention uh, that you touched on a little, but almost none of uh, the New York scenes are actually filmed in New York into exterior shots. If I recall, according to the DVD commentary, the majority of those scenes, and for most of the film, they shot in either London or Luxembourg. Basically, unless you see an actual real New York landmark, it's probably filmed overseas. Right. Uh, which is so strange. Like, I think on the commentary, they mentioned that like they film uh, like the cab scene, like in New York. And I was like, that's not just stock footage of someone driving. I don't know. Really strange to me that they spent time and money to film just driving scenes. Uh, if yeah. that's true. Anyway. Sometimes they're even filmed at different angles on the same scenes in both locations, like Duncan uh, and Jin K and later Duncan Connor fight scenes. They jump back and forth um, from both locations, which probably explains the mismatching lighting color. Uh, it does in a way, but like Highlander 1 is filmed the same way. Uh, there's so many shots that are from either London or New York in like the same in similar fight scenes. Like they'll just cut back and forth and you can't tell the difference. Uh, and in most movies, they do that. They might film some close-ups, uh, you know, on a close set and wide shots, uh, you know, on location or whatever. And you can't tell the difference uh, in a good movie. Uh, the other thing that's right. always bugged me is when Duncan is in the cab to Connor's loft, the cab is one, driving over the Brooklyn Bridge, which is not how you get from JFK or Newark airports to Manhattan. And two, driving, <laughs> driving away from Manhattan into Brooklyn. Uh, you quickly see lower Manhattan in the background. So not towards Connor's at all. Uh, I get the need to show landmarks in the film to identify locations, but as a li lifetime New Yorker, this drive me drives me nuts. I'm surprised uh, you did not call this out, Keith. You're Mr. New York geography in most of these. Well, you know, I had some notes at the end of my fight. Like I was looking at like, I was like, where does the final fight take place? Because like, you can see like the twin towers in the background. And like, I was like, where are they? Like, I wanted to make sure they didn't flip the, because there was a chance I was like, they didn't accidentally set this fight in New Jersey because they flipped the, the the image or something. They didn't. It does seem to be in New York, the Skyline or in, in Brooklyn. Uh, but yeah, 
<laughs> but no, we did not talk about the uh, the bridge, man. That's it's just so strange. Like, That's come on. Funny. All right, we are getting uh, a, a message from a listener we haven't heard from in a little bit, Mark N, who used to send us three things about everything. So here's Ooh. his three things about Highlander Endgame. The first, the gang missed that Efron McAsh was in the 1712 fa- flashback. He actually looked really happy to interact with Adrian in his brief appearance, which I think we've determined that that is the edge sequence. Yeah, so I think this is Efron here. It's very hard to see him in the background. That's him, I think, getting punched. Yeah, there he is. Yeah, look at that. That's definitely his mug getting decked. Boom. Boom, baby. Yeah, that's great. Excellent. Good pull. Um, All right, anyway, anyway. anyway. Regarding... Duncan's curse. I have two outs. For one thing, the gypsy scene happens in 1848, and no dialogue from Carmen spells out that it means Duncan would never ever marry or would never marry from that point forward. Also, Duncan and Kate were officially married less than a day when he, spoiler, I'm not sure how it would really count as a marriage. Also, regards Carlos, I told you I was going to cut you, Gaff, in the, D- in the DVD work print. They did bother to add him saying off camera, extra dialogue of him saying, come on, let me cut him. Four <laughs> words to that effect. Wow. And like all the other dialogue added to the work print, it does not sound like him. There's just so, so much to nitpick about this movie. <laughs> yes, there are. It's true, Mark. Thank you. Yeah. For- your three things love it all three of those things were worth knowing they were and they were three things there i counted them there were three uh-huh. good job e-money another email from our friend jim s he has a few notes uh why can't i identify connor's head i always thought it was because everyone in the sanctuary had very long hair be- hair and beards and long fingernails were the watchers going to shave the heads to get positive ID? Yes. And they know who was there. <laughs> At least they're supposed to. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. And why the body miscount? Again, I always thought Kel killed all the watchers who knew how many bodies were there. My guess is that it was a secret operation and all the paperwork was kept on site for security reasons. In a deleted scene, we still see Kel kill the gatekeeper, who is that weird like guy with a sandwich, I guess. <laughs> It's the sandwich man. Mm-hmm. The sandwich man. Sandwich man. Okay. For the ear and eye covers, it was to reduce the amount of stimulation hitting the immortal senses. Even with the magic blue juice, they are still immortals. Their very bodies are designed to recover from injuries and damage. Even mortals can be jolted awake by a loud noise or kept awake by bright lights, even if their eyes are closed. Imagine what it's like for an immortal. You guys are right about the geography. Maybe the sanctuary was built 400 years ago in the wilds of Connecticut, or almost uh, one of the most unknown regions of the world, but still <laughs> accessible by ship. And no, they didn't need to build toilets in the rear of the stands that held the immortals. They weren't feeding the immortals food, so no defecation is being done. Okay, good. I'm glad <laughs> somebody emailed us about this. Yeah, about my... Uh, <laughs> That's a good point, though. They don't have to eat. Sure. But, you know, immortal doo-doo. Thank you, do you think? Do you think the New York Times missed that uh, in their review of this film? They did. I think yeah. they did. Okay. They overlooked it. This is uh, uh, <laughs> reminiscent of Immanuel Kant. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Thank you, Jim, for correcting me on my doo-doo. Mm. Okay. Keith, 
Next up, all right. Uh, this is a little bit of a lengthy email from Dan A. So I'm just going to pull out a couple questions. Cut it uh, down, baby. That's right. Okay, starting the timer. Boom, here we go. Uh, was the purpose of Faith calling Duncan just to get him to start searching for Connor so that they would reconnect before Kel killed Duncan to continue what? the uh, the torture of Connor since he was the last person that Connor cared about? What? Is that Yeah, is that why Kel finally revealed he was the puppet master of Connor's suffering because Connor was out of connections in the world? Interesting. It was such a convoluted Rube Goldberg way of explaining things. Uh, and then a bit later, let's see here. Um, it's definitely that. Yeah, I guess so. Is that what you think? Like, there's just or no. Like one... It's definitely complicated Rube Goldberg. -y. I don't know <laughs> if it's. I'm not saying it's correct. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. What do we think about that? Is that that the reason? I guess we kind of posited something like that. It really doesn't make a lot of sense, though. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that it's when Kate connect connects with Duncan, it's. She's doing it on behalf of Kel, not like that Kate was like, I want to see if I can reconnect with Duncan for like personal reasons, right? Yeah, I think she's like, she's, gone she's part of the scheme. Do you say she's yeah. gone rogue? Or no, she has not gone rogue. <laughs> oh, okay. So many people go rogue in this movie, guys. Constant. Constant. It's like Constant. James Bond. That's right. <laughs> he, uh, what's that? Oh, so prompting you forward before your timer runs out. Oh, no, that's it. That's it. Although I can oh, read it. it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Although I can you read a quick, I can read a quick message from uh, Patreon from James R. Yeah, uh, he it. says, I've got a question for you about Kel's victims in the rough cut of the film. Do you think the French Duchess he killed is supposed to be a reference to Sarah Barrington in Highlander 3? If that's the case, it makes you wonder what happened, happened to Alex Johnson and Max's own adopted son, John. I like to imagine Kel completely ignored John. We all know Connor sure did. <laughs> Keep up the great work. Uh, that's great. Fuck I think you, John. I, I don't think it can be a reference to anything because as soon as these movies refer to anything, it introduces 100% of the continuity problems that we've been talking about. Right. It is just kind of weird that John is completely left out of this movie. Sure. It was, it was a weird choice to create John and yeah. a weird choice then to unmake him. <laughs> yeah. Like, cool. I don't have, I don't have a son anymore. <laughs> right. I mean, certainly he, it's possible for him to fit into to this story. Like, I don't know where my dad is. Right. Like we can see yeah. a grown up, uh, John, perhaps also John, does John know about the immortal game or anything? Good question. Well, he does oh. after being kidnapped by fucking, uh, Oh, I guess so. Yeah. Right. But like, I mean, hell, don't we, don't we want an audience surrogate in any of these movies? In most movies, you want some, like anything that has like games and a plan and like just new rules. Like John might be that character. Uh, cause the watchers certainly aren't that like they usually are in this movie. Uh, right. Yeah. But yeah, John can investigate. He could become a watcher. He could find out what the sanctuary is. Ba 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 ba. Man, Tina, you're killing me with cuteness. That's good. Tina is so cute, and she's also falling asleep. <laughs> yep. Very good. All right, Kyle. All right. This is another one from Jim S. He calls out a couple of points, some of which are interesting, some of which are shrug. Uh, <laughs> okay. I'm just kidding. They are all interesting, but they are all things that we have talked about. Uh, one question, he to, in an attempt to answer our question of why on earth is faith with Kale, he comes up with a, a reasonable answer to that, which is simple. Misery loves company. With Kel, no one is trying to talk her out of hate. Kel encourages it. To, to quote Stanley Tucci from an episode of Wise Guy, a show that featured the great Jim Burns, hate Ooh. is a very nutritious emotion. People yeah. can live off it for years. That's a good line. Yeah, that I think that's line. interesting. Um, 
And she is a, a, a miserable little lady that Lisa B. Well, and uh, also we had had that question of the take care of what's important um, line that Duncan drops on Kate. Jim posits that perhaps that line was in reference to like her grudge. Like if your grudge is what's important, go back oh, okay. to Kel. He also notes that like churches being built on sewers are probably a more recent thing, but shrug. Uh, sure. And then, you know, posits, I'm not sure I agree with this, but posits that perhaps, you know, if we're supposed to read Kel as like a cult leader, maybe Jin K is there just as like a victim of the cult. Like thinking that like in a moment of weakness, he gets sucked into this thing. That, uh, that would be interesting if there was cult thinking that happened. Like we don't, we're not, yeah. not that none of that's demonstrated to us that like, oh, these people all like are convinced of something. You know, I mean, like, hell, like, looking back to the series, we had, uh, what's his name? Uh, yeah, uh, I almost called him G Gorlock. That's not his name. <laughs> Gorlock. <laughs> what? Uh, Gork Gorka? 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 Yeah, Sebastian Gorka? Gorka? Gabriel yeah, Gorka. <laughs> Lorka? Gorka? Yeah. Gorlock. Gorlock. <laughs> yeah. Aren't those the uh, people who live in the sewers and the X-Men? Yeah, the Gorlocks. The Gorlocks, right. Callisto and the Gorlocks. Okay. Uh, no, but my point is, it's like you see him like deploy a device to convince young immortals like, hey, I brought you back from the dead. Like we actually get to see people get twisted. We don't get to see Jin K get twisted. We don't get to see Kate twisted. Like if he is some sort of like cult or religious leader, I want to know his like ethos and like, what is he doing and how does he get people to join him? It's we not that hard. It's like yeah. a few lines, but like. We don't get it twisted in this movie. No. Nope. Not like T, the T, twisted. Never mind. Sorry. Yeah. That, I've seen a mortal fight with a twisted T. Right. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, thank you, Jim S., for your points. Keep them coming. We love it. As always. That's right. All right. I'll read this next email from King C. This is a, a big boy. You might need to cut this one down a little. All right, Keith, yep. start the clock. All right, it is going. I'll give you a one-minute warning after you get one Hello. minute. So it's from Scott, who's a longtime listener who's been catching up. So thank you, sir. Uh, this is still better than Highlander 2, 3, and The Source. Interesting. <laughs> I don't know if I agree with that, but to each their own. Uh, I was listening to part seven, and it became clear Youthy didn't get the symbolism of both the in-film scene and the deleted scene between Jacob and Faith. Jacob in this film was supposed to be a stand-in for the Antichrist. That is why he and Faith in their action is so vile. While he came to have found her as a whore, Faith is a stand-in for the most common portrayal of Mary Magdalene, a prostitute who follows Christ till the end for his capacity to love and accept. Faith huh. is right. Interesting. interested in and follows Jacob for his capacity to hate and destroy. Even Jacob Kell's acronym is similar enough to the title of Jesus Christ, but isn't. Uh, it's oh, right. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. I didn't think about that. JK yeah. instead of JC. Oh, that's, he's JC, baby. That's great. Yeah. I love it's it. All right. Uh, you got one minute. A version of the title. Got it. The deleted scene further confirmed this as he is very clearly developing a temple, not a church or a chapel, a temple, which means it is uh, not of a God he would be praying to beforehand. Mm. What? I okay. don't know. Oh, I get it. <laughs> Like meaning he's not building like a new Methodist church or something like this is new. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. Okay. The whole evil live 
and live devil thing furthers it along interesting those are some interesting parallels that we did not talk about there that are pretty interesting yeah let's let's talk about it we're we're about out of time uh for this email anyway so yeah let's let's dig into this mary magdalene thing i've got some thoughts on it because i think we did at some point this email might have come before our episodes addressing all of that stuff who knows but uh Mm -hmm. i do think that seems appropriate i guess mary magdalene right like that she's a whore and this and that but like is kate a whore like i don't he says she is but we never see that yeah like she's a fashion she seems to be a very popular fashion designer she like i don't know i i feel like yeah it's only just mentioned that you're supposed to be this way and like they don't do any of the work to i don't know flesh it out or something like i don't know well the thing about the thing about this is like I, I like this idea and I, I think I agree with the points he's making, but it seems like the filmmakers decided to throw this idea out and not right. develop it. Definitely. Yes, that's you, very true. They're like, mm, no, mm-hmm. we're good. Because like we're we're diving into it and we're like, you know, getting on everything, but like really you can't bring up a deleted scene. You know what I mean? Like right. it's not in the movie. So like, yeah. I mean, you can, because that's the point of this podcast, but it's like they threw that out. So like right. the average viewer isn't going to pick up on all this stuff so it's just sure. kind of sad that it is it's definitely uh it's got down. that ring of head cannon to use a term yeah. that came up earlier yeah, yeah. but and that's a good just, point I like it would add a lot of uh, emotional weight to all this too like if there was a scene where like for instance like after kate is murdered or whatever and she like flees like i would like to see kel find her and like yeah. You know, like, again, we can see that switch in her thinking. Like, she's been with him. Maybe she's been with him for hundreds of years, like, on some weird, I don't know, hate quest or whatever. We don't see any of it, so. Yeah, yeah. And if these people are supposed to be, like, disciples, too, once again, I don't see what they're doing as any sort of, like, discipleship for Cal. All right. Love it. All right. Kill me. I'm up next. All right. This is called Bless You Guys. (laughs) Um. Let me start the old bless, timer. Bless Boom. this child. That's right. Bless this child. Watching your coverage of Highlander Endgame has been really entertaining. When this movie came out, I was about uh, to turn 21. So for my 21st birthday, me and my best friend, who was also a Highlander fan, went to watch this movie. Oh, boy. We were stunned and numb when it was over. When did the amount of heads being taken become a thing? It was uh, the series that had Duncan uh, shitting his pants over fighting Grayson, who was 1,200 years old based on his age and uh, prowess, not the amount of heads taken. Why was Mythos even there? And how did Joe not look about uh this crazy bunch of watchers that were actively interfering in the game um we took it for what it was and found reasons to enjoy it uh enjoy this film even though it was a dumpster fire of a movie um i did not come to enjoy this film until my son began to watch it uh and actively not only quote it uh but he is the only 13 year old i know who can do the sword choreography wow interesting Uh, uh, he's cool. really good at it, but I unfortunately had the dad duty of letting him watch the source. Uh, when a 13-year-old says, Dad, what is this crap? You kind of embrace Endgame and his shortcomings. Um, there we go. That's cool. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty fun. Uh, you know, I think that there. I, I always am heartwarmed to hear any kind of multi-generational Highlander story. Sure. Like, that's just great. And the, the, <laughs> that's just the, great. The Grayson, it's just great. It's just great. The Grayson point's a good point, and I actually thought of that with the Kel thing. It's like none of this Dragon Ball Z like power level stuff came up 
nope. in that episode. It was just kind of like Kel's just really powerful and old. And it wasn't yeah. like he has this many heads and I have this many heads. So I have to do math and like blah, 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 blah. Right. It just kind of comes out of nowhere. Yeah. The age thing is a great way to just hang out. Like, I mean, you would assume Mythos is more powerful than Duncan, perhaps wrongly, right. I suppose, yeah. uh, when they get into some of the characters. But like, that's a quick way to just like an ancient immortal is here. And it's like, oh, that seems scary, Done. right? All right. Yeah. But they made the decision to make Kel effectively younger than Connor. Right. At least yeah. in the immortal sense. So they can't really do that. Right. Uh, in terms of age but they could just do it in terms of like he's a fighting badass like that sure. would work anyway I... <laughs> uh all right this is from george t have we ever had a message from george before no i i've been loving there's a lot of new people that wrote us in uh so thanks everybody for taking the time uh it's obviously great that we you know we've got regulars that write us and have been writing us for years which is incredible but it's always nice to see new people joining the fold so we hope you continue to write yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and actually, he notes that he had actually was one of the people who sent us some email scans of the original Highlander catalog. So I was wrong. George T., you are actually an old friend. Oh, great. Awesome. Uh, I finally caught up and listened to your wrap-up podcast of the series yesterday, hearing your... Uh, your voices from the other fans is amazing. I just want to thank you for all the hard work you've put in over the years, bringing the show back to life, and looking forward to watching the Raven coverage. Ooh, uh, thank you. From, from reading the rest of this, this is actually mostly a series-related email. Um, so I don't know if we want to get into the rest of it here. No, that's but. okay. But we appreciate the uh, the well wishes, and we're glad you know you've enjoyed the show, and it's brought you back to Highlander and stuff. That's cool. Yeah. We love to hear from you. Thank you so much. I hope our end game coverage didn't uh, ruin it for you. <laughs> right. All right. All right, Eamon, you got a book to read. This is the longest email I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, baby. So this is from our friend, Jim S. All right. Timer starts now, buddy. Bloop. But he has some compliments. Great podcast. A couple of observations. Uh, so this is about the food. We complained <laughs> about the good, food in good, the Last good. Supper. Uh, not to forget the practical aspects of why a seam is filmed the way it is. Bread doesn't start smelling under the hot lights the way meat or sauce-heavy foods might. Sure. While the scene only lasts a couple of minutes, they might have spent a couple of days filming it. If you've ever had to have a scene with food filmed, you would understand why you don't bother with other foods. Interesting. Uh, I suppose... <laughs> sure. I, like it. I mean, also yeah. the la the Last Supper thing obviously makes sense, bread and wine. But they've also thrown in this like Olive Garden element where there's like side salads, and I'm like, right. huh? Like, what it's, is what is, the iceberg represents? My <laughs> like, I don't know. This is these are I, my cheesy breadsticks broken for you. Right. Yeah. Also, I will to interrupt this email. Uh, I will say that the Last Supper, aside from being just visually iconic of being a last supper doesn't have any real significance in the film like there's no like i don't know in the bible right there's like take my body is this like there's there's a a ritual that goes with that like it's a it's symbolic of something i'm not sure what this last supper is symbolic of other this than bread being, is your body that i will now eat yeah i don't know <laughs> 
because also like Kel's not a sacrificial character. So like the these these things don't really make sense to me. Is it uh, supposed to is it supposed to be a whole inverse thing? Like they are sacrificial characters for him? Oh, I love it. Now I'm on board. It's the best yeah. movie ever. Five stars, ten stars, IMDB, ten baby. Stars. Ooh. IMDB review. Sorry. Anyway, All right. Eamon, keep it rolling. All right. You oh, got a minute, Eamon. Go. Oh, one minute. Uh then he mentions he spoke to David Abramowitz at the Highlander Leeds Armory Con in 2006. He had a film crew with him, and they were asking uh, con goers about uh, their favorite episodes. And he mentioned Under Color of Authority. So I think that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To meet Mr. Abramowitz. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he also agrees with our point that Connor was suicidal. He just spent a decade under sedation. I imagine that muscle atrophy is a thing even for immortals. And Connor did not want his last best friend to die because of him. His suicide by Katana killed two birds with one stone and put an end to Connor's suffering and gave Duncan a fighting chance. That's an interesting point. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Love to hear it. Once again, that suicide comment though. I mean, we, we, we were talking about that. Like this movie is bleak, very yeah. bleak at the end of it. Rachel is blown up. Connor's mother's dead. Uh, Kate in the theatrical cut is murdered. Like it, it's Connor's murdered slash commits suicide. Like this is horrible. Like yeah, what, what a note, dead. like that's how you leave the theater. Like, uh, I don't know, it's very strange. Uh, part of me almost wishes in retrospect, like there's no moment at the end of this movie that's like, what adventures will we get up to next? Other than like this mm-hmm. love scene, but it doesn't feel like hopeful at the end, the way like nope. Highlander one does. I don't know. Yeah. Suicide by Kel. Yeah, like there's no setup for a sequel in this movie, which no. is a bit strange, I guess. I mean, why not, right? Yeah. Like the adventure continues. We're more Duncan. Yeah. yeah. All right, sorry. Weird. Yep. Great, Jim. Sweet. All right, I'm up next. Reset the old timer here. Uh, this is a question about power levels from Anthony E. Anthony. Anthony. Um. So, there we go. Uh, he says, they hang such a lantern on the kill numbers being something that matters, but doesn't that mean that your power could grow exponentially when you take someone's head? If you've killed uh, 300 brand new immortals who have never taken a head, then you... Uh, what? And then you take an immortal who's killed 300 immortals who have never taken a head, then doesn't that just mean you have a power the power of 600 immortals and not 301. Duncan is uh, taking down two of the oldest immortals in the world, Silas and Kronos. Um, he also took the dark quickening from Coltec, uh, who had been collecting powerful evil immortals for centuries. Objectively, Duncan probably uh, has thousands of immortal heads if you add up all the head counts. That's right. Um, That's a good point. Yeah. Let's see if there's anything else I want to just drop in here. Um, let's see. Yeah, it's just about this head count thing being like, it's just arbitrary. <laughs> yeah, it's it's all very arbitrary. Uh, so I I think that the way that it works in this movie, it's almost inconsistent, right? Because it clearly is counting the heads on like a head by head basis. Because as right. he notes, there's no way that Connor right. or Duncan's numbers would be so low if that's the way it worked. But then it posits that by taking Connor's head, he has a fighting chance, which seems to reverse the logic and say that you could add the numbers together. Right. Doesn't matter. There we go. It's broken. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. That's a really good point. Because wouldn't wouldn't it dead to just be Duncan has one head? Yep. Yeah, so the the movie's internal logic contradicts itself. 
Yeah. Remarkable. Unbelievable. (laughs) 10 stars, 100 stars. What if instead Duncan and Connor went on a head getting quest and like they had to like kill (laughs) 600 immortals each to like beat Kel? Oh boy. That's the movie I want to see. We all do. All right. This next one's from friend of the show, David G. He says, Rewatchers, this was the peak of the movie, The Death of Connor. I teared up watching my Highlander die at the hand of his best friend slash Klansman. To me, this marked the end of an era. You have to remember that at the time, actors were relegated to film or TV and rarely crossed over. Rarer still was a character from TV making its way into the film played by the same actor. You had the cast of Star Trek, the OG series, and X-Files, but now Duncan was poised for cinematic glory. I mean, it didn't work out, spoiler alert, but that's a story for another day. <laughs> uh, he then goes on to note uh, how kind of wonky the the sword move was uh, and notes, it reads better to me if Connor made it so that Duncan was forced to kill Connor out of self-defense. Maybe in the hundred of years since Connor showed Mac the move, Mac forgot how it was done. Who knows, Highlander? Who knows? Hmm. Um, also, does anyone ever buy that Connor is the superior swordsman to Duncan? Duncan's whole deal is martial arts. Connor's the scamp who got who gets on by charm and skill. But he's not devoted to it like Duncan. Could you hmm. see Connor opening up a donut, JoJo? He's a schlub. He's like Bugs Bunny to Duncan's <laughs> Batmac. Wow. Uh, I love it. Um, As the Last Supper, as is the case with this movie, it's seeded with interesting moments and ideas that never quite hit or bear promised fruit. Donnie Yen killing himself was the smarter move. The other people just allowing Kel to kill them makes no damn sense. (laughs) Nope. Uh, And like some of some of them look happy when he does it, which I know we touched on a little bit, but yeah, they're make like, sense. hey, well, see, yeah. that would make sense. Last Supper scene, like, where's yeah. the line of dialogue about that? Like I said, like, oh, you take of the bread to be like, you know, mm-hmm. like there, obvi- there is something here, right? Like yes. you, you become like you, you ingest me, right? As Jesus, well, he does right? say you, you nourish my soul. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe it's like, it's like kind of there. It's like, it's, it's. It's more there than I thought it was, but it's still clunky. Amy, do you want to real quick read the next email? Because it follows right up with this special move comment that David made. Absolutely. This is a YouTube comment from Kevin A. K. F. Ron McAsh once talked about the point uh, was that it's a kill or be killed option in regards to the special move. The defender, guy with the sword behind his head, has to take the headshot on release or the attacker will do so on the turn. It's a bind. That, Connor... That's not an unstoppable move then. <laughs> sword fight. Obviously, you will always take the option of kill the other person. That's like definitionally right. what the deal is. Go yeah. on. Connor forces the position and leaves Duncan with killing his mentor as the only route to survival. Lots of problems with this movie, but I thought that was one of the better setups. Nope. <laughs> hard hard disagree interesting see you know what i actually i don't mind the the sword thing as much as you do kyle so tell like you you just are like the the logic just makes no sense to you and you're like yeah i can't get behind it well the the logic straight up makes no sense because again uh there's the inconsistency between whose head the thing is behind and then again if the if the core logic of the move is that it's a killer be killed move it's not unstoppable it is imminently stoppable that is not the definition of an unstoppable move. Uh, like, 
it's like, that's isn't that true of every sword slash it's like oh well if you don't block it or kill me first misses this sword attack will kill you i, I don't know maybe i'm being reductive about it but this does not read to me <laughs> very good okay uh what i'm gonna do i'm gonna skip the next email and i'm gonna read these next two in a row because they're pretty quick uh all right do it, do it. this one is uh from josh v uh on patreon early eps uh and he's wondering if uh we could maybe post our youtube episodes early uh that might be possible i'm not sure uh it depends on sometimes our production schedule on these things uh is like down to the wire uh so it's not possible to release them a day early but if we can start doing that maybe we'll try uh but maybe by the time we get to the raven and we're you know recording more episodes in a row uh that might be yeah. possible so that'd be cool as a thing for the patreon members yeah, um, yeah. And this is from Brian's Late Night Booty Call and Bread Making is the name of it. Uh, here we go. I remember watching this particular scene at the theater when Duncan asked Faith slash Kate, why did she come? There was a loud, audible groaning and laughter from the audience. <laughs> it seemed to me that there were odd sexual innuendos sprinkled throughout this travesty of a movie. Uh, even at the last feast, Kel sounds like he's getting off. I think at some point the writers just start throwing in lines uh, to pad out the film. It would have made more sense to have the posse fight each other uh, to prove to Kel who was worthy to join his justice crusade, only to have Kel take the victor's head as a reward, thus by uh, thus uh, by being betrayed thus betraying them like judas i guess oh interesting. that's interesting um just like kel this film doesn't care about the game a good plot or writing until this franchise is born reborn slash rebooted that's very funny <laughs> Bacon, it. breaking bread brian's good love it love it love it okay rick, rick p i'll read this by rick p this is on youtube this movie was a huge disservice to the series fan base. I remember walking into the theater beyond excited and walked out hugely disappointed. FYI, it was literally in the theaters for only two weeks where I lived. And my friend and I were literally the only ones in the theater when I saw it on a Saturday afternoon. Based on how this movie went, I'm predicting <laughs> the source is going to be like 20 episodes. <laughs> we'll try it to it in. I predict the source will actually be less because like, I think part of the problem with this movie is it has so many seeds of something real and mm. also it purports to be like a, a full movie in a way that <laughs> I don't remember. It purports to be a full movie. <laughs> in the way yeah, I- Yeah, that 95 minute runtime. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I don't know that the source really and truly does. Right. But we'll That's get to true. it. We will. We, we don't know how upset I'll be, so yeah. I, can, I can stammer on. Uh, very good. Um, I'll read the next one. Sure. Do it. All right. And then we'll go back around the horn. Uh, all right. Endgame super short length. And this is from Eric C. Um, I've been really enjoying your Endgame podcast. It's a really bad movie that I still somehow love and never thought I'd get to dis uh, hear discussed for 20 plus hours. <laughs> uh, one problem you've mentioned is the odd edit choices making the film too quick and short. I believe this is because at the time movies are still distributed uh, as physical reels of films films to be played in the theater these prints were very expensive um i had read it was three million and up for a wide release movie wow um and i bet they had to stay under a certain runtime to control this cost i think they made more cuts than they would have uh liked to adjust for this uh certain length of film um wow how about that yeah that's an interesting extra explanation i know we had talked about it in terms of runtime in terms of how many times you play it play but it but uh, yeah cost of producing the reels that's pretty interesting and now of course with digital movies you know like I guess theaters are just like emailed uh, a disc or emailed a disc. What am I talking emailed about? Emailed a disc. 
emailed yeah, a file. Uh, a hyper secure file that they send. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're emailed the disk. Email the disk. <laughs> <laughs> I am an idiot. All right. Very good. All right. Uh, this one is from Bram F. It's called Engame. Engame. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, Endgame was the first DVD I ever bought. I wow. bought a DVD player just so I could watch this movie at home. That's how important it was to me at the time. In hindsight, it's just such a colossal <laughs> opportunity. Woof. I love Highlander 1 and the series so much, and I enjoyed adored the playful version of Connor we got in the pilot. There were these kernels of that playfulness in the flashbacks in Endgame, but it wasn't enough. You guys did a masterful job over many, many hours of explaining why this movie is such a disappointment. Here's a very short list of elements of the film I cling to as justification uh, for its existence in the Highlander canon. Okay, okay cool. Nice. One, B.D. Edney in this, is in this movie. Two, good. Duncan's leather trench coat looks very good. On point. Good. Three, I love you, Connor, still makes me tear up. Nice. The soaring music that plays when Connor is beheaded is heartbreakingly beautiful. Don't remember that, but I, uh, I believe you. I don't think it's yeah. okay. <laughs> It's like MIDI music, so no thanks. Yeah. Five. This movie looks like an Oscar <laughs> contender compared to the source. <laughs> Speaking of the source, I can't wait for your coverage of that trash, but I dread forcing myself to watch it again. Oof. You guys remain immensely enjoyable. Thanks for all the fun. Bram. Oh, that's very nice, Bram. Thank you. Yeah, love it. And I like right. your list. I, I would agree with most things on that list. And I love your book, Dracula. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Love, love Dracula. You don't need a lot of Brams. No. no. Raisin Bram? Every morning. <laughs> yeah, every yeah. morning. Anyway. Raisin Bram. All right, Eamon, you're up next with email right. number 33. <laughs> This email is about five pages long. So, Eamon, you got your work cut out for you on this one. We're not okay. giving you more time. I will. That's I right. Will, Here we go. I will do my best. From I'm going to tell you every time you hit 30 seconds. All right. All right. The subject is great. Six editors, eight producers. <laughs> I loved hearing your thoughts on Highlander Endgame. This movie is absolute dog shit. This movie had six editors, and none of them caught the end fight looping back on itself. No, I think they caught it and they, they that's intentional. They, they, yeah. they edited it on purpose. They, they made it that way on purpose. Catch up. Bold there, Duncan. Uh, the home movies with Connor and Rachel wouldn't have audio. So this person is writing like notes as they're watching yeah. the movie. So they're yeah, like little like bullet points. Consciousness. Right. The McLeod sword Connor uses is the one from the Highlander catalog. The actual sword is at the Mopop Museum here in Seattle. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, you can see Christopher Lambert's boxers when he gets knocked in his ass after falling to save his mother. <laughs> hey, now. Hey. Learn that from the quiz, baby. That's right. The, the quiz. quiz. The uh... All of the incidental characters are ADR'd. <laughs> uh, let's see here. I'm not sure Peter Wingfield's voice is used in the con conversation between him and a Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> I think he does. Cracker Bob does have some dialogue. Oh, we know that. Uh, uh, I, not in every cut. That's true. That is not a, strictly speaking true. You can see Adrian's boxers at one point. That's interesting. Really? I didn't pick up on that. that yeah. seems like something I mean, who needs to see his boxers when you see like his entire his butt? Rear end. <laughs> that's yeah. right. Those buns. Gotta get those buns. That's Duncan's right. kata in the dark warehouse is reminiscent of the practice scene between he and Duncan. I think we mentioned that, but 
that was cool. Six editors and they couldn't stop themselves from looping the end of the fight. We talked about that. Uh, yeah, so just some cool little observations. And he's looking forward to hearing us talk about the source. Oh, and somehow Kate's dead in the source. <laughs> Wait, there's a, there's a comment here where he says, Duncan says, brother, come on when running at Kel. Is that real? He does yell, come on. I did not hear the first word as brother. Neither did I. Let's check it because I'm like fascinated by this now. Also, why would an, an immortal need a tourniquet? <laughs> Wait, where's the tourniquet? That's like when he's fighting Kel uh, and he, there's like a brief, brief respite when the, he's going to, the watcher's like going to snipe him. He's like, Duncan's tying like a tourniquet around his leg. Right. I some. mean, it makes sense that he doesn't want to bleed out, but as we've mentioned, who knows what, how people heal in this movie. It's things that a movie mm -hmm. should tell you. All right, let's see if he yells, brother, come on, or whatever he says. Watch your name. Are you going to run? Oh, boy. Do you? Are you going to hide? Run. He says run. Wait, wait there it was. Hold on. I think he just says, oh, come on. Oh, wait, what? He does, yeah. I don't think I went back far enough. Oh, come on. He just, oh. it's just a. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> All right. It says, come on. Blah, come on. Get right. over here. Mortal Kombat in theaters. Pretty sure that's not in the original game, right? Get over here. Oh, I don't know. I is think it? he says, come here. Come here. I don't think it's get over here. Interesting. Oh, right. When anyway. did he change it? Huh, how about that? But thank you, Bob, for your many observations and compliments. That's right. All right. I'm up next. This is a little long. Uh, let's see. This is from Chipum. Endgame Chip Thoughts. Em. All right, I'm going to read quick. Hey, guys, as I mentioned in previous emails, I'm one of the few who actually enjoys Highlander Endgame. I think it's mainly a nostalgic liking uh, because this was the first Highlander movie I had seen. Cool. I agree with that. I feel you there. Uh, this is not to say that I'm ignorant on how bad this movie really is, uh, but for whatever reasons, I still like it. If you take any B-rated or worse movie and break it down like you guys do, they will never hold up. That's true, for sure. Uh, Very true. All right, and I have a couple thoughts uh, to go with your coverage of the movies. One, in-universe timeline canon. You uh, all discussed when this would have taken place in relation to the series, and the last time we saw Duncan uh, with Connor. The way I reconcile this in my head is, one, the first two movies are in the same timeline. Highlander 3 is standalone, uh, with Connor not having won the prize in 1985 with Kane and is still goon still alive in the cave. Then there's Highlander the series, and then Endgame can't be part of any uh, can't be part of the series because of several changes. Connor in the Gathering episodes less than 10 years before this, Duncan marrying Kate, and Duncan's first death slash meeting Connor for the first time. But you would have to know the series to fully appreciate and understand who Joe and Mythos are. So Kyle, this is blowing like a hole in your thing, which is like, this is a sequel to the show and they're pointing out like, it doesn't even work that way either. Interesting. Because of, yikes. Uh, <laughs> huh. 
Uh, and he says, lastly, there are several scenes you have all shown uh, in your podcast that I've never seen before, like Kel and Faith looking out over the city, talking about uh, building his temple. Thank you for taking the time to play them. Uh, I watched this movie on Hulu right before your coverage started, and there's no hot dog scene in the beginning. Uh, after the Lambert's opening narration, it goes right to Rachel walking into the antique store. Uh, very good. Yeah, I think that that sounds like the theatrical version. Right. Oh, and then the last question in his postscript um, wonders, was there any intention of using Amanda instead of Kate? And did it just not work out? And we should have looked that up ahead of time. I don't know, right? Someone I, else write us in. Or Eamon, what do you got? I did read that uh, um, like they wanted this to be a Raven like bridge. And then for some reason that didn't work. I don't know what the reasons are, but I think they did want to get Amanda in this and it just didn't. Didn't Interesting. For some do you do you know if at the time they were thinking that this would have been a Duncan Amanda movie or a Connor like now like three entire universes combining? That's a good point. I don't mm, know. Interesting. But yeah, I think they wanted to do that and couldn't for huh. reasons. Interesting. Huh. Fascinating. Raisins for, for ravens. Um. For ravens. That's right. All right. I think we've got what three more to go. This is exciting. Kyle, you're really, I can almost taste it. <laughs> this is from good friend of the show vince s hope vince's. you guys are doing well vince's enjoying the end game rewatched it's been years in the making as for my take on the movie i remember being excited to see this done and completed I already knew from my early internet days that was having some issues <laughs> so i was kind of bracing for that but still stoked to see an actual highlander movie in the theater with duncan and connor mcleod i got into highlander from the tv series but loved the first movie as well um after watching endgame we walked out of the movie and was like that was decent i mean not blade but decent what a pull <laughs> what a pull i blade thought it was, is awesome yeah i thought it was decent as well but i thought it could have been so much more more of a search for connor movie with kel as his thugs against connor duncan and mythos in the grand finale something like that yeah rock on uh but still having them both together at the theater was a big deal for me uh so while I do agree with most all your critiques of the film, I look at it with the broad spectrum of a niche fandom of a movie and TV show, getting to see it at the movie in a big screen kind of way, which makes me a fan of the film. When I saw in the theater, the ending with Duncan and Connor's grave and that terrible CV, C, CGI image, but when I watched it with the date a few years later on DVD and the ending was with Duncan and Kate still alive, I was like, what the f or WTF <laughs> like Dave was just looking at me incredulously and I had to explain to her why I was shocked she just laughed bold move Vince playing this movie on a date I, I'm, yeah I'm did, was this played this after Highlander 1 or was this just like the first hey, one let's watch Endgame yeah, right? <laughs> love it anyways I take my Highlander too seriously for some P.S. Wouldn't it have been better if after Duncan took Kel's head, he would have said Duende and clapped his hands three times? Duende. I think I would have liked that much more. Yes. We're almost there. Amen. Ooh, from Allison L. Endgame. Allison L. Allison L. My favorite soccer team. Did I absolutely think Endgame was the source until I sat down to watch it? Yep. <laughs> Imagine my confusion waiting for a lot more mythos than I was given. That's disappointing. With no memory of seeing Endgame originally, except for a lingering, disgruntled feeling over how Connor died, I dove in. The big issue, 
What a weak premise on which to lose Connor. No wonder I pushed it out of my memory. It should have been an emotion, emotional and tragic or heroic and grand. Not math on a screen dictates a numeric possibility <laughs> of victory if one of them doesn't force eat the other. <laughs> Good point. Why yeah. not up the stakes if Kel is breaking the rules? Have the honor boys break them as well and let's experience the consequence of those actions. I do have a problem with Matt killing Kate without even floating the idea of an immortality past her. It does make him just another man taking what he wants while turning her into an object. Poor yep. optics. Agreed. Yep. I'm with yep. Kifo in his critique of the editing. I would have accepted the barest scrap of a scene connectivity to get us through. Insert David Burns once, upon, once in a lifetime because I was also <laughs> asking, how did I get here? <laughs> <laughs> I'm perplexed why most of it is shot like an episode of TV. Did budget play a part? I can't recall if you guys had a conclusion when it came up. In the plus category, the fight scenes were wicked, both between Connor and Duncan and Duncan and the bad guys. Donnie Yen is amazing. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, speaking Gaelic in the cemetery gave us a momentary glance into what the film could have been. Yeah, that and, is oh, actually kind of a neat... We didn't really talk much about that. It's kind of neat. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, Ooh. I do too. And I get a, I get a, a shout out. I do have to thank him. <laughs> I totally stole his mispronunciation of Endgame in normal conversation and had everyone laughing. I promise I gave you credit. You don't have to give me credit. Just steal it. Whatever. <laughs> awesome work as always, guys. I can't wait till you dive into the next one. Allison all. Thank you, Allison. That's very nice. Allison all. And not just because I got a special shout out. We all know that's the only reason, Eamon. That's, That's right. The only reason. And Agami. I was just looking uh Allison's comment about like, hey, this is shot like a TV show. Like mm -hmm. for the most part, uh, I'd say that's true sometimes. Like it's just like two shots, yeah. you know, it's like it's not a lot of coverage on the scene. It's 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 a little boring. Uh yeah. I was just like looking googling like a list of movies that like how much did cheap movies cost that are like mm -hmm. great. Like uh Get Out by Jordan mm -hmm. Peele is 4.5 million dollars. Wow. And that's in like 2018 money or whatever, right? And that's a great, gets a great critically acclaimed, audience acclaimed film. Right. And granted, well, and that, has, that has some special effects. Uh, Moonlight, $4 million. I'm just scrolling through on the internet here. Uh, what else we got? Uh, Saw, $1.2 million. Wow. Yep. Jesus. Saw, that's like a huge franchise. Yeah. <laughs> that's, fuck, yeah. It's that franchise though. I don't like it. But what about the new chapter from the book of Saw, Kyle, starring Chris Rock? Oh, boy. I, Wait, really? I am not familiar with this. This yes, is Napoleon like... Dynamite only costs $400,000 to make. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. All right. Anyway. Very good. The final email. Oh, the final. The end, the end game. The end game of emails. All right. This is from David G. David Game. David Endgame. David uh, Endgame. <laughs> friends, you did it. Yeah, it's not very good. But as you all pointed out, it had the bones to be something. Failures on Duncan and Connor's part rooted the story in tragedy. And though it's uh, never quite successful in expressing it, the idea that Connor and Duncan are polarities of immortal polarities of immortality was a wonderful idea. Um, it is a movie that works better in the minds of the viewers, sadly. I'm slightly more favorable to it. In fact, it's tied with Heimleader 2, the original version, uh, for my favorite sequel. But yes, it's not that good. 
Agreed. AP gave it his all and then some. I wish it had translated to the natural evolution of the franchise. Instead, we got the source. Wondering if you have any thoughts on covering The Shadow or that one Mulcahy, uh, or that one movie Mulcahy and Lambert teamed up on. I think Mulcahy is the secret sauce for this whole enterprise. Thank you and looking forward to what comes next. Your pal, David G. The Shadow is a movie I really like and I would love to talk about it. I love that movie. It's fantastic. It looks yeah, great. It's fun. And Mulcahy does, like, he gets something about this that helps. Like, the way he shoots Highlander 2 is more compelling than anything in the way this film is shot. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Highlander 2, you know, is horrible, but it has some interesting things happening in it. Sure. This does not really. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Uh, Do we have any other final thoughts? We've, We've gotten to the end of our email before we just wrap this all up. Thank well, you I just, for sharing with us. Yeah. Yeah. I can't That's, believe it's been this long. Uh, I'm sure there's been some lulls in this series, but it's all good. Kyle's yeah. like, yeah, there's been lulls. Lulls. I just want to thank everybody for listening. And, you know, yeah. this was, I think this might've been our most divisive series, sure. um, but a lot of people liked it. And, you know, even the people that didn't are very nice in their uh, criticisms or, you know, communications with us. So I just yeah. appreciate it. Nicer uh, than I've been. Yeah. I Good mean, enough. But, you know, thank you all for listening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And definitely. Have. And I'm excited. We got new stuff on the horizon. Uh, so what's coming up next for the Highlander Rewatch podcast? Um, of course, we're going to be hopping into The Raven. Uh, so that'd be cool to get back into, like, you know, uh, a TV series, you know, with episodic <laughs> yeah. TV stuff. Uh but also, we're, we're probably going to take a little bit of a break. Uh, Endgame's been uh, a bear to get through, and we've done a lot of episodes. Uh, also, you. if you haven't heard our 35th anniversary show yet, that is going to be released. Uh, we kind of we didn't release it as part of our podcast feed. Uh, it was released on our Facebook feed, um, but just because we didn't want to interrupt our coverage of Endgame. Uh, but yeah. that'll that'll be coming out soon, uh, so you can check mm-hmm. that out. And we teamed up with the Blood of Kings podcast and Highlander Heart to do that, and uh, so that'll be fun. Uh, yeah. Anything else? No, there's the big hits. That's it. Very this good. Be the best. Go back and listen to our Christopher Lambert interview. Um, yeah, that rules. <laughs> that. Totally, yeah. Or check out our. I I haven't listened to our Highlander One podcast in a very long time. I'm curious uh, how that compares to this. Uh, and of course, well, I know we're all shorter. <laughs> it's much shorter. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, I don't know. Should we do a super? We've never done a supercut that might be like I don't even know if my com- computer can handle it. Right? <laughs> I don't know if SoundCloud can handle it. It's like here's like a 14 hour podcast. That would be interesting. Yeah, we get a, a call or something. We get kicked off a of SoundCloud. Can't mm-hmm. can't put these big files up there anyway email a disc email a disc to them i should email them a disc. that would be the way to do it wow uh yeah thanks everybody for listening uh thanks for putting up with my nonsense and me probably being a little bit too hard on this movie uh i was still like who was it that wrote us at the end that was like was it vince s that like i still have a soft spot for this movie or i saw this in theater like i 100 percent agree with all those emails like this was the first like highlander movie that came out in my time right and like like i said i that person who said I bought a DVD player to like watch this movie, like that's very similar to the interaction I had where like, I like freaked out about the DVD player, like, and worked yeah. on it for an hour. Like this movie it, uh, does uh, hold an important place. Uh, I think in everybody's heart, that's a Highlander fan. And uh, as we learned from those numbers last week, you know, those fans are the ones that are keeping this going, right? Making that's, those, making those $12 cool. million. Dollars, uh... That's right. Hell that's yeah. Right. All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, we've been your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. Bye. Bye.